listen, we are so glad you made it here, but I've got to tell you a few things before you go on. The following is an early episode of the One With The Films podcast, and this is a podcast run by two best friends who connected through a mutual love of film and an unfathomable desire to share that with others. Just note that all of our podcasts have been recorded live while we stream on Twitch, and we really didn't have a set structure early on, which means some of these get pretty long. There may also be a few technical issues, as this kind of thing was entirely new to us, but we're having a great time doing it, and we're so happy to have you along for the ride. We hope you enjoy these very special, very early episodes, and thank you once again for joining us on the journey to become one with the films. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. If you are hanging out in chat, um, welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Oh, hold on, I'm playing it in the background in too. Um, Shut up. Welcome. Ladies here we go. All right, sorry, I'm screwing myself over here with um, stupid setup. <laughs> but um, we are live with Movie Man Opinions right over here. Say hey, Movie Man. Hey, everybody. Beautiful. And Spen, say hello. Hello. Hello there. General Kenobi! <laughs> sorry, <clears throat> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Some kind of visceral reaction. Um, guys, if you're... being response at this point. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> guys, if you're in chat and we have any issues with audio or anything like that either, if the music's too loud or you can't hear one of us, please let us know. I'm trying my best to manage it from my end too, but I definitely do get distracted a lot of the time um, with all of this. Um, yeah, so welcome to what is currently being, uh, what's called, referred to as One With The Films, a, a fairly new podcast uh, where a bunch of friends jump in and chat about whatever the hell they want, which is currently Star Wars, because that's what everybody wants to talk about right now. Um, Movie Man Opinions, do you want to do a quick introduction? Absolutely. Well, for anybody who was uh, obviously returning from last time, my name is Movie K Band the Third, and I am a TikToker as well as a YouTube creator, uh, and love Star Wars, love film, love art in general. So always here to talk about things, probably too deeply, but that's just a little bit about me. Wonderful. Zelos has come over from TikTok as well. Thank you so much for coming to hang, my man. Yeah. Person? My person. I'm going to say because I'm, I'm unsure of uh, the internet is you know gender neutral until proven otherwise. Um, welcome. Everybody's a dude. Yeah, like, dude is just, like, my go-to, so, uh, like, yeah, yeah. gotta change that. Non-gender specific dude. That's it. So, it my people, the... welcome. Thank you for coming over from my TikTok people, as well. I hope you have a fantastic <laughs> time today. Send us as many questions as you like, because we'd love to talk and engage with you guys as well. Um, obviously, for myself, for those of you who aren't aware, of, I go by the name of On Second Thought, um, and my whole scenario here, <laughs> it's all good, bro. I call everybody dude. That, that's it. That's the play. Um... But yeah, as I was saying, so I go by On Second Thought, or, or Naf for short, that's always fun. Uh, Thor name's Nathan, but you know, I don't know when Naf stuck. Sound is a little low, let's turn it up just a touch, thank you, a little insane. Um, our spin sounds a little low, so maybe just bump your I mic I sound a little, a little low, I can't, I can't go up anymore, but I can get closer to the mic. <laughs> awesome, I can actually pump you up a little bit here too, keep talking for me, big man. Talking, check, check, one, two, it's like super loud for me, I'm like... <laughs> You're okay. You're hearing um, yourself through there. <laughs> Uh, I think that you're good now. Hey, we got a follow from Zell Samara as well. I actually should kick in my alerts. Oh, I muted Hello, my man. alerts. There we go. Oh, the alert popped up. So Zell Samara oh, has been chosen oh, as a Padawan. I love it. Cool, I right? I love it. <laughs> um, and if we get subscribers or anything like that, we've got a pretty uh, setup, a pretty cool setup for that too, which is epic. Um, but thank you so much for the follow. I hope you enjoyed today. Um, we've got a pretty wicked agenda uh, set up for you guys. Um, like I said, um, obviously I've been doing this for a while. We've been setting up with uh, Movie Man, which has been fantastic, and we've brought Spen on as a guest today. Spen is on his uh, on the path to becoming TikTok famous. It's beautiful. He's actually doing that. better than both of us. We've got another follower. Um, thank you so, so much, Adriasti03, um, and Dirty Martinis in chat saying hello as well. So as we were saying, Spen is on his path to becoming TikTok famous. He found his niche. He stuck to it. 
and he's killing it. So, Sven, why don't you give us a little bit of a uh, introduction to yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Sven Kenobi, and uh, I've been on TikTok for about a year now, a little Sounds over a year. Sounds like a, um, what do they call it, like a, a meeting for like TikTok Addicts Anonymous? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's, yeah, it's not it's, bad. It's an addiction. It's, it, yeah, it is bad. Who am I kidding? ETA, yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, eventually, somehow, I ended up becoming, uh, accidentally, a, um, a kind of uh, the, the one of the TikTok uh, sources about uh, Star Wars music, analyzing the themes, looking at the connections between, um, between all of them, you know, uh, you know, breaking them down uh, in terms of music theory and... Um, everything like that yeah it's been wicked to watch as well and i know that uh, we were talking Absolutely. about this just before we started the stream how like one of the, my favorite things about getting you on today is that i love your content like just there's there's no element of like oh let's just get this person on just like cause yeah like yeah. i love your content so when i saw the video we became friends recently and you did a video for your mutuals going hey guys <laughs> um I have a microphone and a camera. If anybody wants me on their podcast, let's do it. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm just going to message him. We'll see what happens. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad because uh, the stuff that you love talking about, I love talking about as well. So I'm glad that we're going to have a lot of stuff to do there. Um, so obviously your channel, like we said, is mostly around about like Star Wars music, talking about themes and all that kind of stuff. But obviously it's Star yeah. Wars as a whole too. I saw you doing some reviews for like Brotherhood, I think you put one up recently. Yeah, yeah. If, I'm, if I, I have a... I haven't finished that book yet so i had to skip i haven't video. either I, I i just kind of was like excited about it because i started it and i and i loved it so far and so i was like okay i'm not finished but i just want to tell you guys how i'm feeling about it so yeah. far oh well that's good to know maybe i should go back and watch that then because every time i see i get caught up in spoilers like i just everybody's talking about stuff and i'm like i'm so behind i have a pile of star wars books on the ground behind me that i haven't read and i'm just like Same. and then shadow of the sith comes out i don't know if you guys <sighs> have read the excerpts from this um, oh, Adam, no, I haven't. So Adam Christopher, the writer, posted two excerpts on Twitter, and he posted a new one yesterday, um, which is a scene from Lando in a bar where he's basically sitting in a bar, and he's just chilling, getting a drink, and he hears a voice, and he hears someone talking about stuff. He turns around, and it's Ochi, the um, the assassin from Rise of Skywalker, and he's like, oh, I'm in league with the Sith on Exegol. I know how to get there. So like Lando and Luke are going to team up to try and find Exegol, which will lead into the Rise of Skywalker, and hopefully expand that out heaps more. Oh, um, I love that. That's so cool. But there is a um, an excerpt that he put up about a month back from a, a scene in the book where, um, if, if I can go into just a tiny bit of spoiler ter territory for you guys, I can let you know what this was about. So, oh, please, go ahead. Basically, Luke is sitting on a seeing stone, and he's trying to have a vision. And then he's, basically, his mind is teleported to another place. And he's sitting on this place. He doesn't know it's dark. There's lightning. He's like, I don't know where I am. But then these, like, ghostly figures show up. Like, kind of think of, like, the Nazgul, like, the Wraiths. Um, they show up, and they have lightsabers, and he's like, um, what the hell? I have this feeling of, like, I'm not here, but I am. If I die here, I'm dead. So he pulls out his lightsaber, he starts fighting all of these guys, and he's cooking them, right? He's bang, 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 cut them in half. But as he cuts it, the, the, the smoke dissipates and then comes together again. So he can't cut them down, right? And then he's literally fighting them to the point where he's exhausted, and he's, he's like, I'm gonna die. And then he starts talking about, he's like, I saw this light come down from the sky. This this blue light came all the way down. And I look at this man, and it's a Jedi. And I think, Ben? Like, this is Ben who's come to save me. Like, he's, he's one with the Force. He's come, and 
he's 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 come back to save me and then as he looks at him he's like he doesn't look like ben he's he's younger he's he's got long brown hair he's got this this beautiful blue lightsaber anakin skywalker (laughs) and i was like oh my god we're gonna finally get a ghost anakin story or see him in a in a story like this is uh, one of my my biggest missed opportunities from the sequels is you know that we didn't use many ghosts like yoda showing up in the last jedi is probably one of our favorite scenes across the entire trilogy but yeah being able to see an anakin ghost in live action this is this is something that needs to happen. So yeah, oh, the book is yeah. going to be Luke and Lando teaming up to try and get to Exegol, and they're hunting down um, Lando's daughter because apparently um, Jana isn't his daughter. Which I thought that was uh, heavily yeah. hinted at in Rise of Skywalker, but it's not. Yeah, it, it, like it definitely was felt hinted at in, in that movie, but obviously, like uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like with that character you didn't have as much as you could have to go off of anything with necessarily yeah. that part so yeah. it's like so it's like that was the interpretation because it felt like there wasn't as much opportunity to give other versions of it but i still love that storyline and, and jana was a real like i w- what was her name again jo- yeah it was jana, jana, like, jana? Uh, yeah regardless yeah. i lo- i love her character i thought it was a really cool way to tie in finn's storyline like with how he inspired other people you know yeah. around the galaxy uh, and it's kind of funny because the new characters they introduced, I was like, "Oh, that's a really cool concept." I almost wish we got this a <laughs> movie that. earlier yeah. and to yeah. grow to grow with it, like because it's none of the concepts were necessarily bad. It was just more a matter of like it's time that I wanted with it. Yeah, I get you. Um, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Like, and I think yeah. that's what, what most people who love the sequels end up thinking about. It's like again, none of us is sitting here going, "All oh, those films are perfect," but. You know, we usually focus on the stuff we like more than the stuff that we don't. But there are still missed opportunities that we can talk about. Mental. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, that, that if we're talking about a uh, constructively and creatively, then it's all good as long as we're all having fun and we're all we all recognize that at the end of the day, this is beautiful stuff that we love. It does, it, and ultimately, it, sh- it it shouldn't ruin your day. You yeah. know, sort of thing. Yeah. Like to, like. This, we're all just here having fun. None of us are right. None of us are wrong. That's it. It, it is what it is, and we can have fun with it. Right. What do you feel think, about that, Ben? Yeah, I think you can. You can be um, like I've heard. I heard one podcaster say it this way: um, uh, Enjoy Star Wars like a like an like a child, and then um, critique it like an adult. Mm, yeah, you know? I love that. I like uh, that. We can do that. Like I think that the reason that that like it's not that you can't like it there's this huge like you know obviously discourse going on right now amongst the community of like oh what i i can't i can't complain about you know i can't i can't uh critique the the this show or this movie whatever it's like no absolutely you you can but just you can be mature about it and you don't have to be like you don't have to act like it's the end of the world and every and everybody's against you and disney is against you and lucasfilm is against you like it's not a personal attack on you if you didn't like it <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right we've got a first time chat from uh adrastia i'm so sorry if i'm saying that name wrong um and they reckon they wish they went into more detail with the dyad that seems really cool yeah and i think that that's the general consensus to that all well, that's one of my favorite aspects of the sequels, the way that they explored and expanded on the Force. I know some people were yeah. like, oh, Force time uh, breaks canon. 
but I hate this <laughs> mentality or this conversation of things that break canon. Like, I actually, I talked about this the other day on TikTok where I was like, I personally feel like every single piece of Star Wars content that has ever come out has broken canon to a certain extent, to the point where it's not breaking yeah. canon. We're expanding stories, guys. You can't expect yes. it to stay the same. And the dyad element was wicked. I love how it took that idea that started in Last Jedi that I really loved and gave it some sort of reason, um, which is yeah. awesome. Well, ultimately, and I guess I want to kind of uh, approach this because obviously I think transitioning to Obi-Wan, you know, uh, talking talking about this, when it comes to that concept of breaking canon, because I think that you put it really well, Naf, where it's, uh, I like the idea that how you phrase it is that every single film, because ultimately it's entering this, whatever's in this film is about to become canon. It, it Full stop. Like, if it breaks something, it breaks something, but it is about to become fully canon like again ultimately until empire strikes back we didn't know the force could be used to pull a lightsaber towards you that yeah, was yeah. never established in a new hope i mean again until empire strikes back we never knew darth vader was luke's father like there was no establishment there if you go back to new hope arguably vader looks cool but he's not necessarily a compelling three-dimensional character he yeah. just isn't another it's one that the, i saw recently was which that... breaks canon to make him three-dimensional <laughs> um yeah Here's, here's another one for you. Like, in A New Hope, Darth Vader's first name was Darth. It wasn't a title, it was a name. And you know yes, this because right. Obi-Wan refers to him as Darth. You know, only a master of evil, Darth. Um, yeah. So, there's so much that have changed over time that, yeah, you could sit here and go, it breaks canon and all this kind of stuff. And going back to what you were saying, you, you look at, at after um, Empire Strikes Back, you go to Return of the Jedi, and in Return of the Jedi, Leia is all of a sudden Luke's sister. That breaks canon. They made yeah. out in the last film. What are you talking about? Yes. Like, and the whole reason that, that he went off on that journey in the first place was because he saw her and thought and was like, I'm in love with her. Like, that was the reason that he went off on that journey. Not because he... Not any other reason, really. It's uh, the Oedipus oh, yeah. complex. He was like, she looks like my mom. I don't want to fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> um uh the mortis arc from clone wars and the world between worlds are my favorite See, this is why people come here for hot takes this this <laughs> yeah. is the content that people want is yeah, legit. Uh, luke Skywalker had an oedipus complex that's the, <laughs> that's Intense. that's the quote so far that's it. that is the winning quote of today um and adriasta says that today. the mortis that's arc... what star wars is about that is, don't that's, clip that's, that you whore <laughs> You're giving me too much power. That's that. <laughs> um, that's. Uh, I hate you. Um, but I know. Don't worry. I'm gonna put a marker. I'll only there use well, it so for mutuals. It. But uh... um, yeah. So Adriasta says that the Mortis arc from Clone Wars and the World Between Worlds are their favorite, purely because it's an expansion of the world. And we are gonna go into detail about our favorite Clone Wars arcs in a bit. So remember yes, that we're gonna have a wait. massive Clone world Wars between chat. worlds. Yeah, I'll have to add that to another thing that we gotta talk about at some point. Yeah, we've got to do some Rebels conversation. I don't, I don't do enough. Yeah, but yeah, definitely yeah. we got that. Um, so beautiful. All right, well, let's quickly just um, move on to the next point here. Spen, quick question for you. What's yes. your favorite Star Wars film? I say favorite, not best, because I don't like saying best to worst. I go favorite to least favorite. What is your favorite okay. Star Wars film, and why? Um, it's whatever one I'm in the mood for at the time. This is the. Voice. I know that sounds like a cop out, no, but I honestly right. feel like each film, um, and obviously more so, more some than others, have their place. You know, they they. Uh, scratch a certain itch in in me in my heart they fill a certain place in my heart and like so sometimes i'm sometimes i'm like 
Um, sometimes I'm like, yeah, this one's my favorite. Sometimes I'm like, no, this one's my favorite. But it's like for different reasons, you know what I mean? And it changes depending on what mood I'm in. But um, I will tell you that I have a, uh, I have a kind of one that I uh, will go to battle for. And um, this one, because I feel like it gets uh, crapped on a lot, and uh, and not, I don't, I understand the criticism, but I, when I watch it, I just I feel so happy and warm inside, and that is um, Attack of the Clones. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's just like it's it's there's there's just something about it, and uh, like there's it's. One is the music. The music is, I think, is incredible. Some of the saga's best. And then, um, it just, overall, it has this kind of, like, feeling, this sort of vibe. I can't quite describe it. Mm. Um, it just, it just, it feels really kind of dark and mysterious. And I like how they're trying to kind of, um, evoke a, a 1940s noir. Yeah. And, yeah, gotta, um, I think that makes it really unique. Um, and, I, and I also think that, I also think that like the those movies like uh, like Attack of the Clones and and Phantom Menace like pre like Clone Wars, they give you a kind of like Star Wars slice of life kind of yeah. thing. It's yeah. like not everybody has to be fighting all the time. Like here's just some people living in Star Wars, and I find that um, kind of comforting. I love that, and no I find way. that one of my one of my favorite things about Star Wars, and particularly one of the big, big takeaways from the Rise of Skywalker, and again, Rise of Skywalker is I've arrived to learn what high ground you're willing to die on. Welcome, Inferno Helix. We are going to talk about that, and you shortly. will not be so, disappointed. Yes. You will not. We all have some great takes for you. So, oof, and we're going to die on these hills, yeah, on these high grounds. So you won't be changing our minds anytime soon. But feel free to tell us yours in chat as soon as we start talking about it. But coming back to that point, yes. one of my favorite things about Star Wars is when it feels adventurous, when it feels bolsterous, and they're just kind of going on an adventure. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, for example, yeah. people hate the Hobbit films. The first Hobbit film, I am obsessed with. One of my favorite films of all time. I just find that this element of this character, you know, it's, it's basically the hero's journey, right? Like, it's it's so beautiful. And I find that the one of the things that the prequels don't get enough, um, and particularly Attack of the Clones doesn't get enough uh, like praise for, is how it does that really well. You know, you have Obi-Wan yeah. going on this adventure and uncovering this mystery. Um, and when I talk about, you guys have heard me talk about this quite a bit, where I want Star Wars to dip into different genres. I don't just want, you know, fantasy space opera. I want war film. I want space heist. I want, uh, fucking, I want a musical, man. I'm not even kidding. I want a Star Wars musical. <laughs> I need this to happen. I would love to see a Star Wars musical. We were talking on stream on TikTok yesterday how if we got, um, who was it? We were saying Hugh Jackman to play Zeb. <laughs> and uh, the guy from... Uh, Legion to play Callus, and they did like a musical, oh. like Les Miserables, of the two of them falling in love. We watched the heck out of it, um, and I was like, um, Hugh Jackman. Originally, somebody said Hugh Jackman as um, Callus, and I misread it, and I thought they said Hugh Jackman as Zeb. And then that's we were like, to me. Like this, this is great. <laughs> Didn't know it was 2002 and High School Musical. The musical was a thing right now. Yeah, honestly, I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, oh, I, just, I want Star Wars to explore everything oh, it possibly can. Awesome Why as not? Star Wars telenovela. I just want it to be about though, like a Stinjar and growing up at home. Oh, that would be fun. Just some sort of like exactly. Just I would imagine just like you have this 
or it's like whatever Andor tells us, it's the prequel to that, and it's just yeah. a home life. I feel like Andor's it's, gonna it's, cover different timelines too. It seems like no, I, it's I don't want to go in. That's what the telenovela is. It's Poe Dameron growing up, dude. I would watch the heck yeah. out of this, and especially because at a certain point he. Um, like we've got stories about his mum and dad. Like I think it's yeah. I think actually shattered empire. Um, exactly. This, this tells the story of his mum and dad. This is sealed. I haven't read it. Um, but we've got so much stuff there that can be explored. Um, that's why the Mandalorian is so good at kind of genre hops. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about it. it yeah, the Mandalorian is going back to the Lucas era of Star Wars, where you get to play, and this is why I love Clone Wars a lot too. Clone where... Wars, yeah you have many different genres showing up in clone wars this was the opportunity for george to go what would godzilla look like in star wars sure what would a, yeah. a zombie film look like in star wars and yeah. what would saving private ryan be in star wars like, like what is yeah. like oh, man. i love it so in short Sven, i absolutely agree with you and and with you as well movie man that attack of the clones is severely underrated um overhated um as well i should say and while mm -hmm. it does fall sort of lower on my ranking it breaks my heart that it does um, and this is what I've always found difficult because I look at something like Attack of the Clones and I go, cool, the scenes of Anakin and the Sand People, not so much the murder stuff, but like the emotion behind it, the conversation with yeah. his mum, seeing her for the first time, hearing Qui-Gon's voice. There's a shot in Attack of the Clones where um, Anakin is on his bike and the suns are setting yeah, yeah. and he's, yeah, oh, yeah. and I, when I tell you, this is one of the most beautiful scenes ever put to screen. <laughs> Like, some of the cinematography in Attack of the Clones is unparalleled. And the way that it pushes forward visual effects, you know, again, things like Avatar wouldn't exist now without Lucasfilm and Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones particularly. Oh, um, yeah. nothing would. Lord of the Rings, nothing. Yeah, like, Attack of the Clones was the of... first film shot on digital. There you go. And now every every film does it. Um, but yeah, I mean, now we... like, not to get even, like, kind of really movie nerd about, about it, but, like, movie technology nerd, but even the fact that Lucas developed the Avid, what we now call the Avid software for film editing, like the I, the concept of editing was revolutionized by by George Lucas by the idea of him taking what was a linear process where you literally would be cutting actual strips of film, so you had to go to the real, you had to go and do that, like that was all legitimate. But then Lucas and team revolutionized it by what if you could scan all this put it in a computer and access whatever scene you want and i just think i think that that's just such a cool again it's just cool technology that none none of us would have we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing now or cut together tiktoks if it wasn't for star wars ultimately yeah like you know it's kind of a really funny thing when you really track the history of it and yeah, I think for us as like um, Star Wars nerds and sort of primarily film nerds a lot too. Like I made a minute, I made a video about this on TikTok the other day as well, where I was like, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that most Star Wars fans are also pretty big film fans. And yeah, the significance of Star Wars in the film industry isn't lost on us. Have you guys listened to the podcast Blockbuster? Yes. No, you have. I haven't. I love your movie, man. Uh, Every uh, single time, uh, I'm uh, like, do you love this? You're like, yes. <laughs> Um, Sven, <laughs> I'm recommending this podcast to you. It's called Blockbuster. It's on all your podcasting things. And what it is, is it's the story of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg as they were growing up. Well, not growing up, but like as they were breaking into the industry. Um, it's not a podcast where people talk about it. It's a fully voice acted audio drama. So there's a, like a George Lucas voice actor, Steven Spielberg voice actor. Um, John Williams shows up. So it shows like the first time that Steven Spielberg heard the score to Star Wars. And how he wow. reacted. 
Um, and it's wow. incredible. It's this beautiful story that sort of time jumps as well, and it talks about how they struggled with the production of Jaws and the production of um, like all the films of that Star- Spielberg was making Wars, around yeah. the time that Lucas was making Star Wars. Because is that um it, that's that sounds like this podcast I'm trying to remember, but they did like they did one about The Exorcist. And uh, it I, talks I about like the true story that. behind that, and it like it's it's like that, like you said, drama. I know what you're talking about. Um, I yeah. have heard that podcast too. This one is different. This is specifically just okay. on the blockbusters, and they talk gotcha. about how yes, yeah, Star Wars was the first blockbuster at the, the Chinese theater. I think it was the first time that people looked out the window yeah. and they were like, "There is a line around the block for yes. people to see this film," and it's beautiful, man. Like it's it's a phenomenal story. And then they wow. do a second season with James, James Cameron, Cameron yeah. I, I, which was really. I it, 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 puts a lot, it makes you respect, especially if anybody is really interested in being like a creative. I know it's just something that's really inspired me every time I listen to him, where it's like you just hear it and you think about, oh, that's it's not these overnight successes. It's not the and it's it's cool to hear about the stuff that's like it gives you courage to stick to your ideas when you know how these stories pan out yeah but you see how easy would it have been for any of these guys to just go and say fuck it i'm done yeah like you know it's there's so many points there where i mean in jaws especially when you listen to that podcast there's so many points where spielberg should have given up honestly oh yeah they they had an animatronic shark they had like five of them and they made a shark and they put it in the water and they're like why doesn't it work oh yeah there's salt in the water and that's gonna fuck with the mechanics like oh don't get me started on that like dude that is the film i know the most about how it, like like it I've was like a it. religious experience you've not seen jaws i've not seen jaws. ever ever summer is a good time to watch it like for the first <laughs> summer time. is a really good time for me, to watch it's winter, movie. so well, it, for, well oh, yeah. not, oh that's fair so wait <laughs> till summer the world, guys come on and so uh well I, I was gonna say you're in australia it's a documentary but it's uh you know it's <laughs> Your life is Jaws. Uh, exactly. Oh, no. Like, every day is going into the ocean. <laughs> like, but uh, This is why I'm scared no, of the when, ocean. When you when we get to your... You know, honestly, that's going to be a thing, Naf. We'll do a watch-along party with your first time watching Let's Jaws. That, 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 so that'll down. be... Like, when it gets to your summer. But, uh, honestly, like, when I was a... It was, the, it was a film my parents showed me, and I, I guess, I don't know, this is why Spielberg always stuck with me and why, ultimately, he's my favorite director. It's just, like... He has all those films, right? And there's so many different ages of Spielberg and he keeps coming out with bangers. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like, how, how do you do this? Yeah. How do you like you, you have more iconic films. Like the only other person that could arguably have just as iconic of a resume is John Williams. That's it. Yeah. It's you two. And mostly it's because you work with each other. Work together. So yeah, it's right. like, it's like, it's like, screw you both. Like most people would kill to have one of those films on a resume. He has like seven and it's just like, yeah. Um, yeah, you're yeah. right on the money, man. Like I, I gotta, I gotta stay on topic, but th- you brought up Jaws and that's like, no, I no, know beautiful. way too many stupid facts about that film. For sure. No, I just clipped that as well. I thought that's a, that's a really nice thing to talk about. Um, Adrastia hasn't seen Jaws or Jurassic Park or Indiana Jones. All of those, you are in such a great like. I, I'm I'm always of the mind. There's so many classic films that I have not seen that I'm always of the mind of like. I'm so, I get to look at. I'm like, you're so lucky yeah. that you get to experience this for the first time. Yeah, you're so it, like like anybody that shames people for having seen it other than just fun jabbing is like yeah. I just don't understand it. It's like 
you just get the joy of being able to go experience this for the first time and to see something incredible that hopefully will bring you a lot of like a lot of joy and will make you yeah. like it's it's just a cool experience and if and once you do let us know what you thought because i'm just curious what it's like to watch it for the first time um yeah man i, I mean i couldn't put it better myself that was beautiful um Absolutely. the we'll, we'll jump back on topic here for a minute and then we'll probably expand a lot. this is the best thing about this we we have an idea and then we just talk about everything else on the way there yeah it's like the epitome of a Star Wars story. We're just like going, all right, let's talk. We want to get from here to here, and we've got to go all the way around. There, it looks like OBS crashed on us. Um, can you guys see us okay now? We're good? We should be back live? Yeah, we, we look good. Uh, yeah. Awesome. We're back up. We're back up and moving. All right, beautiful. So, um, I mean, that's a good uh, segue for us as well. Uh, to jump on over to the next point where we obviously covered Spen's favorite Star Wars movie. I would love to know what yours is off the top of your head too, Movie Man. Right now, uh, obviously I, I, I put together, I know we're going to do a ranking later. So I, I'm kind of like like Spen as well, where it's it depends on what point in my life uh, I'm watching. Because I feel like Spen, where you experience Star Wars. And when I was a kid, Star Wars was a world to me that I didn't have a concept that a Star Wars movie could be bad like that that was an illogical right. thing to me where it just it was star wars all of it yeah. was one thing and if i wanted to go watch stuff from tatooine i'd go to like the original trilogy if i wanted to go and watch you know the general grievous i would go to revenge of the sith it's like there was no difference to me it wasn't until force awakens where i could watch something and actually have like an educated film point of view and i'm like okay i can get why for some people, it's a little bit harder to suspend disbelief or th uh, things like that. But for me right now, the one that resonates with me the most, and I keep coming back to it, is uh, is Rogue One right now. Wonderful. Uh, it's a tight, it's a tight race for a couple, and I'll go into the other ones uh, as well. But Rogue One for me, just in the standpoint of the subject matter that I'm fascinated by in Star Wars right now, isn't always the Jedi. It's more the, as you said it earlier, Nav, like the uh, everyday Joe look at the galaxy. Like, who are the people that aren't, like, fortunate enough to be a main character in Star Wars? Like, who's, who are the people that are the people that we pass by? Like, what's that guy's home life like? What's that thing? Like, I just, I've always been fascinated by what it's like to live in a galaxy far, far away. And to feel that sense of, like, we as an audience know what's going on. But what is it like to live there yeah, what is it yeah. like to endure and i think Jyn Erso to me has always been one of those characters that i've identified with in a standpoint of as you go grow up and you're like oh you you find hope in one thing then that thing kind of hurts you and you're like i had hope in it i loved it and i still agree with the theory behind it but i don't agree with how it's being done right now and then and you and you really don't know where like you're, you're kind of finding your allegiances or your your personal beliefs shifting until the point where you realize fuck it i gotta do it myself yeah and i and yeah. and that's what i find so compelling about rogue one is it's that but a microcosm for everybody is they're just trying to believe in what they believe to the fullest degree yeah you're right on the money yeah. and um I, a thought came to my mind while you were saying that and I like this aspect of like seeing how does the galaxy affect these people rather than sort of how these people affect the galaxy. Um, 
that's always really interesting. So that's one of the best things about this group in Rogue One. This is all about people who are feeling the injustice of the current system of things and they feel like they need to do something because they, their life is being ruined rather than Luke who's just a farm boy who goes, uh, let's let's go, let's go save the hot, the hot yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So that's really interesting. I think that's a fantastic choice. And what I like about talking with like-minded Star Wars fans is that we're all the mentality that like your ranking should change. Like, it should. Mm -hmm. Your favourite films of all time, yeah. if you have the same favourite film from when you're, like, one until, you know, later, you could still enjoy a certain film for a certain reason, the nostalgia it brings to you. But to be stubborn to the point where Empire's the best and nothing else is good and the sequels suck yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Like, being able to take really great moments out of this um, is an absolute success, an absolute win. Um, um, so, yeah, like, it just... I think that that's something that, that needs to be discussed more. Um, that your ranking will change the way you move. And I'm anticipating when I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday, and I'm going, for me recently, Return of the Jedi has moved down on my ranking a lot. Um, where it was one of the ones that I saw sort of last, but because um, I saw them in a ridiculous order when I was growing up. But I loved it, and there are aspects of it that I adore, you know, like it's beautiful. Um, the music is incredible, particularly that f the final act of Return of the Jedi is one of the most flawless in all Star Wars. Everything leading up to that, I tend to struggle with because I'm like, okay, it's like it's slow. The visual effects feel like a bit more sloppy in Return of the Jedi for some reason. I don't know what it is. I, I watch it, and particularly as like a film lover, I'm like, it's not as pretty as Empire and A New Hope. They feel timeless in their visual style, and Return of the Jedi doesn't. Um, and that's when it moves down for me. But I'm seeing a lot of people have it number one on their ranking, and I look at their profiles, and they're all dads. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. The way that this uh, movie is going to affect me the day I have a kid is like, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it's going to go, and I'm going to be like, oh my god, no. I need to do everything right by this kid. I need to make sure I have every minute possible because, like, we think about how Vader was redeemed by Luke, but, and I'm just giving another scenario where I cry again. <laughs> um, we think about how, how I can feel it. it coming. Let's get those likes. Let's get those likes. This mentality yes. of, like, Vader was redeemed by Luke. But at that point, like, he's not the evilest man in the galaxy anymore. He's a dad who not just goes, oh, no, my boss is hurting my son, but is looking at all the time that he's missed. He's seeing himself yeah. in this kid, and he's going, wow, because I wasn't there for him to show him... Oh, here we go. <laughs> because I wasn't there for him to show him the way and what not to do, what not to be, I nearly lost him too. And this is his opportunity to finally be... A dad. The only moment where Anakin Skywalker truly got to be a dad was at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, and I think that that is absolutely beautiful. And it's yeah, also see, just when he's able to finally have that. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Spen. Yeah. I was going to say, I have a, I have like a, uh, the opposite viewpoint, I guess. Like, like as not from the viewpoint of a father, but from the viewpoint of a son who has not really had a great relationship with uh, mm. my father. You know, that, that scene in Empire where Darth Vader is is like launching at all the all the things at Luke and he's trying to he's trying to, you know, bat him out and and he can't. Like that's kind of how I felt like as a child with with my father, you know. So that part of the story um I always kinda I've always very much identified uh with. So seeing like Return of the Jedi and like oh there, you know like like there is there is hope. Sometimes you feel like this person 
uh, you know, maybe you don't have the best relationship, but you know, you have hope that one day it'll, it'll be better. And, and, you know, you kind of always have that hope as a kid. So that, that eventually you can get to that arc the same way. Like you can yes. eventually, no matter how much distance there is between you, there's a possibility of overcoming it. Yeah. Yeah. It's right on no, the money. And I, I think that's something that the, I love the Jedi that. does really well. Um, but yeah, like, hello there. Oh, we got another follower. Um, my two credits <gasps> has been chosen as a Padawan. Thank you so much for the follow, my two credits. We really appreciate nice. it. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. Feel free to come and, and chat as well. Again, not calling you out or anything. Like, please, you don't have to. Yeah. But if you feel the need to ask any questions or you want our opinions or anything, please, we'd love to. We'd love to engage with you. Um, thank you so much for the follow. Um, Spam, absolutely. That was so nap- absolutely beautiful. Oh yeah, good going. Honestly, ahead. I just. Yeah. That, that was beautiful. I love that perspective um, that you have on the story. Um, and yeah, from the perspective of somebody who like, I like, I, sp- I don't have like an amazing relationship with my dad, but like, you know, he's my dad. He's there. We were, we were fine. Um, it's, oh, my two credits has come over from TikTok. I know this, yeah. I know this person. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for the follow and thank you for coming and hanging out. We really enjoy doing this. Absolutely. Stuff, so. And make sure you follow Spen as well with all this. I don't know if you already do, but just he's, he's, phenomenal and again yeah. all this stuff we just love love talking about with genuine passion about this stuff that that's it if you love what yeah. i do these two fellas do it better so just just go follow them <coughs> excuse me <laughs> i still have a touch of the covid um but yes ben that <laughs> I, I totally understand their mentality and that's one of the things that i find really interesting is that people's different um people's different uh life experiences influence which film they love the most so this mentality of going to somebody's ranking and going l or wrong is like and i find that now that people are being called out a lot more for being assholes online the narcissists are really showing themselves i'm finding that you see people who are taking on board what you're saying you know where you're going hey respect my opinion it's my channel i didn't ask for it but they're not really respecting your opinion where they'll come in and be like i respect your opinion but you're wrong and you're stupid and i'm like Okay, this isn't how you have discourse. Um, again, we're like sort of, I argue we're kind of almost polar opposites in, in the film in that sense, where there are elements of it that I love, but your love for the film is so much higher. And all I can really do right now is genuinely just appreciate how much that film means to you. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we've got Rogue One. Yeah. Favorite for Moon. Yeah. We've got Attack of the Clones. Favorite for Spen. Um, yeah, for me, yeah. same deal. Mine change all the time. I, I recently just did a rewatch with my partner and um, we we did our rankings together of every piece of Star Wars media to figure out what's what's where. Um, and uh, for me, like my favorite piece of Star Wars media is still Clone Wars, like above all else. It, Star Wars is my favorite thing on the planet and Clone Wars is my favorite Star Wars because it just it itches all of those, it scratches all of those itches that I have. You know, the concept of the, the glupshittos of it all. Um, yeah. The the fact that we get to explore different genres. The animation style is beautiful. Animation, if, if you saw our last episode, Spin, is very near and dear to my heart. Like, it's it's just, it's one of the things that brought me and my brother closer together when we were younger. He started doing animation and I followed up and, and started learning how to animate things. Um, so, I, I've always loved that. I've had a love for that that craft. So, Clone Wars hits up the top, but if we're talking films... My last rewatch of Revenge of the Sith affected me in ways I've never been affected by a Star Wars film. Because now I have not just my perspective of a lover of the prequels and Clone Wars, but um, I have 
this newfound appreciation from watching, introducing my girlfriend to it and seeing her reactions to these films and watching how these moments broke her in Clone Wars and then going back and seeing the the female gaze of it all. Um, and not not just the, the perspective of Anakin Skywalker is hot, um, but like this mentality <laughs> of, for example, maybe this is something that was common uh, knowledge to other people, but to me, watching Revenge of the Sith for the first time, when, An- when uh, Padme and Anakin are talking to one another right at the start and she mentions to him that she's pregnant, um yeah in the first few watches i was like yeah she's scared that he's pregnant like what are they gonna do in the most recent we watch i'm looking at that and i'm going is she scared about what's gonna happen or is she scared about anakin because he is shown to be a borderline dv kind of person um i believe the technical term is red flags yes um so i just there are elements of that that I didn't pick up on the first time, and that watching it again, Obi-Wan is hot. Thank you, Lou. Um, Expert opinion. <laughs> constantly reminds me that yes. I'll always come second. Um, but yeah, like there are little elements like that that I pick up on, and I'm just like, the the, the way that this can be interpreted so differently. Hold on, we've got a, a weird song playing right now. I need to change it. That's some dubstep <laughs> happening. Just I'm talking about sad <laughs> people being scared <laughs> about their partners. <laughs> And back on. <laughs> um, but the, the, the way that Star Wars can be interpreted so many different ways and that a scene can be interpreted so many different ways. Something else that I came to love quite a bit as well. Um, I'm sure you guys can probably attest to this too. Both of you are married to my understanding. Um, yes. So I'm not. Not yet. Um, sorry, Lou. But... Um, <laughs> You know the scene that everybody kind of shits on George Lucas's writing for with Anakin and Padme? It's like, oh, you're so beautiful. Only because I'm so in love. No, it's because I'm so in love with you. Like, now that the I've been in a, in a long-term you? relationship, <laughs> I look at that different now. In the past, I was like, oh, this is stupid. This is cheesy. And now I'm like, I have stupid conversations like this with my girlfriend all the time. Yeah. And like, it, do- it doesn't scream to me bad writing. It screams to me uh, like subtle fantastic relationship understanding you know where yeah right. it's, it's cringy but i'm like if i recorded all my conversations with my partner at the times that i said stupid shit to her um it would be right on that and i've had a stupid conversation like that before um so little elements like that that are lifted up for me quite a bit um and then we come back to the little layer of it all and how that affects the obi-wan scene now um and going okay these people these babies these children that have just come up have some kind of memory of this woman and I understand why and they have a memory of this man and I understand why um I just find that the tragedy of that film is unparalleled to almost any film from our generation um Revenge of the Sith is a work of art um in the sense that I think that almost no other Star Wars film um can what's the word like sort of match um, you've got yeah. your Last Jedi's and your um, your Empire Strikes Back that are you know your phenomenal art forms uh, and, and Star Wars at their peak, but there's something about Revenge of the Sith that it just the way that it's paced and it builds up to this you know all of the themes of the final act, the volcano erupting and the Senate being falling apart, like the visual storytelling in this damn film is just well above anything that Star Wars was doing previously and probably has done since. 
and for those reasons right now it's just not to mention order 66 like the, the themes in this film um and again i mean i'm not i'm not american either but like the way that I've seen that this film ties into like American politics and things that have happened yeah. in the sort of the 20 years leading up to that is, yeah, I mean, we've got it right on the money. Revenge of the Sith is prime space opera. It is. Yeah. I, I Again, saw... I've heard, I've, I've heard it said so many ways with everybody saying not to interrupt you enough, but just to no, simply please, yeah. the, the thing of going, if you were to read the plot of this film like take all the dialogue out so take all that stuff out like e again even though i agree with you there are some things that like don't bother me like yeah it's not great but it's it's there but if you take the entire plot of this film and you read it and you told it to someone it's so brilliant mm. of this side again one of the lines that i still think you can argue maybe it's a little bit on the nose but i'm like i think it's actually very poignant is still Padme's line of uh, so this is how Liberty dies with thunderous yeah, applause because I'm like that stuck with me as a kid and I'm like I still think about that as I grow up and I'm like it's the 1984 like kind of idea of like yeah. this idea of it's freely given mm, it's yeah. this idea of we allow we, it yeah we did this to right? happen like, yeah like it's, it's not it's not it taking over it's there's a certain element of choice that we have and yeah. And it's we've been gaslit into believing that this is this is the right way and this is the way it should be. Um, because and, also, it's like if that's all the information you're given, how can you mm -hmm. not generate that conclusion? Absolutely. Like if if like it's it's also a thing where it's like I think people will go, oh, people are gullible, people are stupid. But if that's all the information you know, how why would you expect anything less? Yeah, you're right. On the like way. if you don't know this, to, and like one of my favorite things is also I think Order sixty six is something that we take for granted now because it's been used so much, but the concept of at the time that was absolutely out of left field. That's how it happens. Like I don't know, was that like like yeah. I wasn't into comics at that time or anything like that. That was just I, yeah, it, it took Order me a while to fully appreciate. And so and then. It's kind of funny because my, my buddy said the same thing. It's like Order 66 is still the most ballsy thing Star Wars has like ever done. <laughs> yeah, man. It's Absolutely. And, it's, and that's why they keep using it is because it's a decision that was already made. Mm. And it's like, well, we can ride this. We don't have to make the balls. Like we can make the ballsy decision of how we go about it, like in telling it in our stories. But we don't have to tell that, you know, decision, you know? Yeah, you and I'm just like. And uh, I know that and, uh, previously. Uh one of the the conversations of you know breaking canon my understanding is that before attack of the clones and revenge of the sith the clone war wasn't a war where clones fought for the empire it was a war where the republic fought against clones that's what people thought it was and then george lucas was like nah and then the right. way that like yeah and then coming back to clone wars and how that expands it and seeing you know cody now man i imagine that film's going to stay high because imagine what's going to happen to cody in bad batch are we going to see is he going to have, for example, his chip removed and then um, have to come to terms with the fact that he potentially killed like what, his best friend in general? Um, or is yeah. he going to be like Crosshair, where chip gets removed and he goes, nah, this was right, Obi-Wan was nah. a piece of shit. I'm, I'm so intrigued to understand his, his headspace. I think that that's, that's, that's beautiful. Well, should we transition into that? You, you gave us a perfect thing, so I know that we want to ask. Like, So, uh, Spen... What's your favorite series of this whole, like, like uh, of obviously, like, right now, anything? Like, live action, animated, anything? Well, um, 
So this goes along with uh, my journey as a Star Wars fan. And uh, I think that after after the prequels came out, like I really was a huge fan. But going online and seeing all the negativity at that time, it kind of it kind of turned me off a little bit, you know. Um, it it turned me off for quite a few years, and um, I didn't get back into it until about um, twenty fourteen. Uh, you know, after the the purchase, but the after the Disney purchase, but the reason was because I ended up finally being like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out the Clone Wars, and I was like, this uh, this is legit. Like this is it's uh, it's not just like a, a little side kind of like oh you could like which is I think how I took it before. I took it as like. Uh, there's no Star Wars movie out right now, but this is like an appetizer or something like that. No, it's it's part of the meal. It's it's an essential, uh, you know, Star Wars vitamin that that you're taking. And uh, so absolutely, that is, you know, something. Watching that, and and when we talk about our favorite arcs, I'll get a little bit deeper into that. But like, that's something clicked when I was like oh this is how this is how it feels this is how star wars feels you know and um so i owe a lot to the clone wars you know i owe you know everything that i'm doing everything with uh <clears throat> with the TikTok, everything uh and my excitement and fervor about it today with the obi-wan series it's because of watching the clone wars and being so in love with it I think that Clone Wars did that for a lot of people too, um, which is just the fact that George was able to pivot the way he did after the the prequels, and you know, obviously copying all of the, the flack there and, and creating a show that's basically universally loved um, is yeah. is fantastic. Um, and I love the point well, that you mentioned at where the you time. said, "Well, yeah, you're absolutely like, right," and it shows. And, and it's that's what I think people Wars. forget about it is again, it's it's the classic cycle of of Star Wars hate is what's new. Okay, we hate it until yeah. ten years later, <laughs> after bullying everybody off of social media. Wait a minute, we I actually like this now. Yeah, you know, it's right. a, it's a yeah. thing of going. It's the class like it's, it's classic it's, Star it's, Wars. The, it's Star Wars one hundred one. It's classic Star Wars. It's stuff, stuff that people don't. Yeah, and and granted, it's like it's a it, it it's just funny to me that people forget that. Like the idea, I remember growing up with Ahsoka, and I remember having that. Like, not I I stopped watching before like. I think it was season uh, four or five. Like I just, I, I didn't have, I just, it wasn't part of my routine anymore going right. and watching all the episodes. And I remember not knowing what happened to Ahsoka, but didn't know what was going to go down with it. And it wasn't even until I heard an offhanded comment when Rebels was starting about ah Ahsoka being, I was like, oh, she Ahsoka survived Order 66. And I was, I was like, oh, Ahsoka fights Vader. Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. I was like, I just didn't yeah. think that they would do that. Like, yeah. it was it was stuff that I was like, oh, okay, okay. And I stopped watching like anything for a while because I just didn't know. I just was like, eh, I don't know. I didn't ha didn't exactly have the ability to watch it. Uh, and so anyway, continue on, Spen. Like for me, was... it was coming. It was uh, like learning that that Maul comes back. Like mm. because oh I, yeah, I was like. Oh, Maul comes back? That's that's crazy. But I thought that he died and, and he was he was like when I was thirteen or whatever, he was my guy. So mm. watching that 
that whole arc and then um and seeing uh you know how that it added so much um so much more substance to his character whereas you know before if he's if he just dies in phantom menace he served his purpose but this gave him so much more insight into his character and uh, made him uh, such a better character and villain. Um, oh, you're, yeah. you're right on the money, and there's there's two points that I want to touch on um, there as well, because um, the first is where you mentioned how uh, Clone Wars is part of like the meat in the sandwich. It's not just like a side yeah. dish. Um, and I love that about Star Wars, how every element can be enjoyed by itself, but when enjoyed together, it elevates it beyond... In my personal opinion, Star Wars is miles ahead of the MCU for the way that it ties in everything. We have books, comics, shows, movies. We have every... We have audio dramas. Every yeah. piece of media Star Wars exists in, and it's connected. Some people are out here being like, cool, the MCU is like the biggest interconnected universe. It's like, no. <laughs> it's literally not. Um, right. And there's that element of it where you can come in as a fan and enjoy the original trilogy and nothing else, and that's fine. You're going to have a fantastic yeah. time. If you open your mind to some of the other bits and pieces, the books, the comics, all you're doing is elevating your experience, but you can still enjoy everything without it. I think that that's, that's beautiful. And this yeah, is why I've one never of my favorite things about book. Star Wars was... Like... Well, yeah, exactly. We've got people from all different walks of life. Some have enjoyed everything, some haven't. That's fine. Um... But another key point that I want to touch on that you, that you mentioned is, like, purpose. And I find that this is a, a theme that's permeating through all of Star Wars recently, and it's about people finding their purpose. We talk about, you know, found yeah. family and all this kind of stuff, and that's awesome. But the way that, for example, something like Bad Batch and even um, Clone Wars with Ahsoka, to a certain extent, goes, what am I now? When my entire life I was a Jedi and I'm not, what am I now? For Mole, my entire life, I was raised for one purpose. Now what? The Bad Batch, yeah. bred for this, now what? I am loving the way that Star Wars has been challenging the characters by forcing them to find purpose where there wasn't one yeah. necessary. Ezra, finding purpose. My parents are gone, I just want to find my parents. My parents are dead, now what? Um, yeah. It's These are the best kind of stories. Ray, what's my purpose in this story? I love that yeah. element of her, where I feel like, to a certain extent, Luke was always kind of set in his path you know he was like, all right from when he left home to when he finished the journey at in return of the yeah. jedi he's somewhat set in what he wants to do is, i'm gonna save the galaxy let's go um but then you get to the last jedi and we challenge the i am luke skywalker the legend but the galaxy doesn't need a legend so what am i what am i when yeah. you when you take all that away um that is my favorite element of star wars storytelling and i love that like and so, so Spence, so your favorite is Clone Wars. Clone Wars is, is the one that you, you obviously right now, like obviously it's favorite. It's your, your, your feeling about it, right? With everything there. And the correct answer. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm oh, coming for you, movie man. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. I mean, you're both wrong, but continue. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I respect your opinion. But here's why you're and just yeah, right, right, right. you whore. Um, can we just you're pause for a second before we continue as well? My two credits mentioned that um, this this concept of Cypher Diaz and how he's all come out from a typo um, in a, in the script yeah. from Sidious and how 
I, I wasn't aware of this. This is really cool. Um, and again, it comes back to that element of like peak Star Wars storytelling. People are out here being like, plot hole. And I'm like, no, there will be a book in five to ten years right. that will explain it and explain it perfectly. Um, right. Yeah. And I just the... imagine you like a bad, like a like a uh, a bad home, uh, like what was like realtor, like yeah. basically yeah. going. It's not a flaw. It's a feature. It's, a feature. <laughs> it's just it's, Apple marketing like, like, I get you. I'm like exactly. It's like it, this is not a plot hole. It's an opportunity. It's Dude, just. That's it's... It. Hold on. I'm gonna clip that. <laughs> it's not a plot hole. It's an opportunity. That is the tagline that, for today's that, episode. Yeah. That that's a, that's going on our t-shirt. That's um, uh that's. That's, that's beautiful. Off. That needs to go on the t-shirt. <laughs> um, the the concept of so for example, Cypher Diaz as a character. Um, obviously we got, we explored him a bit more in Clone Wars, which was interesting. But there is a book called Jedi Lost, which is the story of Dooku when he's part of the Jedi. Yeah. And this details how Dooku was actually best friends with Cypher Diaz. I don't know if either of you have read this one at all. I, I well, actually, it's uh, I've listened to the audio drama. Yeah, same. Which is originally it's it's. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so I just finished it um, a few about a month back. I finished it and I listened to it on the way to work. So audio drama for me too. I wasn't able to actually find the book, but even when I listen to audiobooks, I don't tell them I listen to Light of the Jedi. I read it, okay? <laughs> I read it. I can read. <laughs> Um, oh well, I'm over here. I'm Naf. I have time to read. I don't know how to read Naf. That's how. That's a problem. <laughs> um, on, on that point, so my two credits mentioned solid, Bad not spectacular. For a writer. Book. I, I I agree. Um, I think that for me, the Jedi Lost book overall actually presented more questions than it answered. And when it started exploring themes that I really liked, for example, young Qui Gon and Dooku, and young Sifo and Dooku, it would time jump to the next point, and I'd be like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you? Go back to that for a second. Um, but yeah, there are elements of that book that are fantastic. And one of the things that I really enjoyed is the development of Cypher Diaz and how in this book, he has visions constantly of... Um, he has visions constantly about the future and he has visions about Order 66. And he, he has this vision of, of a grand army of the Republic and the wiping out of the Jedi. And these visions from the start, when you meet him, he has like dreams. And by the end of the series, uh, or end of the book, when you see him on screen, or not see him on screen, but when you hear about him or you read about him, he's yeah. basically a different person. He's reserved. You go talk to him and he's like, no, I can't, I, I can't. No, he, he can't function because of the way that these visions came up. Um, and it leads to him searching for the hunting of the, finding an army to protect the Republic because nobody's listening to him. And... Um, you also see an element of he has a vision that comes true. And after that, the Jedi start listening to him or respecting him a bit more, but also not. They're like, no, it's it's too in motion. Um, but this yeah. element that he was hunting for what City became Sidious's plan basically was incepted by this view that Cypher Diaz had. Um, and how si Sidious then finds Dooku and manipulates him to the point where he finds Cypher Diaz and causes the crash and takes his identity and goes to Kamino and like it's this story that in watching Attack of the Clones on its own you're kind of like hold on what is going on who's Cypher yeah. Diaz what is this but these additional points is mental and yeah my two credits mentioned that he wanted to know more about Cypher, Cypher than, than Dooku and I'd agree yeah. and you probably would as well um, spend you the think they're going to touch on that in T Tales of the Jedi yeah do you think like well, I mean, I the, mean the side of things I think well I mean clearly but like I'm like I bet that I don't know how it's gonna be like I know that people saying it's an anthology series where it's like a bunch of just basically taking chunks of episodes about different Jedi 
and I, which I think was a brilliant idea because you have Absolutely. so many of those that's like it doesn't need to be a linear series like you don't need to have like you can show the most interesting parts of Kit Fisto's life Plo Koon's life like you can go I want in that show where the hell is Shakti where oh, yeah. did she Shakti? die which of those four deaths was true which <laughs> which yeah. which of the like my headcanon is it still the Tarkovsky Clone Wars is that moment they specifically never touched on it in clone wars because of that that yeah. is my theory that's my headcanon is yeah. that like well, it's I mean, not you, a death got, but it's like you've got two deleted scenes from uh revenge of the sith that show her dying in two separate uh points oh exactly um, for me her canon death uh canon i should say is in uh the force unleashed yeah i was just about oh to yeah, i love force unleashed yeah okay did you guys hear there was an initial theory like this will go into uh one of my favorite uh star wars series uh but uh did you hear that there was a th there was an initial plan to put star killer as an inquisitor yeah to to canonize star killer but have him be an inquisitor that was yeah. dave or... filoni's initial idea for rebels rebels wow. and the fact that you could like, bring sam whitwood back to do it and he would that, in that a was, second. yeah that was the theory the fact uh, that he was already there he was already working as maul in that show yeah and it's like there's so much what opportunity. I what i thought was so cool because i went that would have been brilliant like i like again ultimately they didn't end up doing it because i think that they were like worried that you couldn't then give him his conflict later on like again i heard dave filoni talk about this but they don't want to bring any character into star wars unless there's 100 percent a reason or they can do something that's close enough to what the character was in the eu mm. that they don't want to which i respect personally personally i'm a fan of, personally i'm a fan of adaptations so there's stuff yeah. that like and again maybe it's a character that somebody people care about that i just didn't like i didn't know shit about thrawn at all like i just i had seen this blue guy with a lizard on his shoulder in in like merch and stuff i i didn't know what anybody was talking about i was like i don't know who this guy is i don't know anything about this it was the same thing with the knights of the old republic stuff i was mm -hmm. like i don't know anything There's an but really i'm just like thing where um sorry to interrupt you there um oh no go ahead just yeah. on the the force i don't know where I was going. um me either i'm kidding um, so <laughs> we mentioned here, and my two credits, I, I have read Ahsoka. I don't know if either of you have read the Ahsoka novel, but I agree. I have, yeah. Um, that, that scene from her in the, I didn't get to see the trailer, but I saw screenshots from the, the actual event. And I think oh, that yeah. that is, that's going to be how she crafted her, her white lightsabers, which if people don't know that story, really interesting. That's one of my favorite I'm aspects I'm really of that excited. Book. Um, but on the Starkiller thing, my understanding is that they did a novelization of the game. And in the novelization, they actually scaled his power down quite a bit and made him more of like an Obi-Wan kind of character, like in terms of his power level, um, okay. which is interesting. But a novelization of the game exists, which was canon up until, you know, we basically moved the, into the, the Disney, Disney purchase. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, that is something that could be adapted to film. The issue you're going to have is when people come in and go, I want to see that version of Starkiller where you can't expect the game to be that similar, which is probably to the point where something like Fallen Order works really well because it takes the elements we see in the movie and doesn't really enhance it too much. Psychometry, we've seen. Um, so that, uh, what's it called, uh, ability that he has works fine on screen. If you turn Fallen Order into a yeah. film, you could probably do it exactly as it was. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, the games that came ha- came out before the new stuff, it was very much like, where can we go with this? What can we do? What can we try? And really pushing yeah, the boundaries of the force. But then again, that like going back to what you said about visions last time, where it's like for me, I go, I also feel one of the best parts about the concept of legends. Like, let's just take this idea. I like that the Star Wars world, and one thing that I think that maybe hasn't been played with enough, and it, it got touched on in The Last Jedi, and I thought it was really brilliant, but it was uh, the concept that within the larger scale of the galaxy, there are these legends. Like, they hear a story of a Jedi that pulled, uh, like, a Star Destroyer out of orbit and changed, like, it, they're... That didn't necessarily have to happen. Maybe they destroyed a part of it and it crashed on its own. Something I've, I've like heard that. a really good theory about about that. About yeah, like go, go, go. Yeah. It could have actually happened. So he mind tricked the driver or the pilot into into crashing it. And see, exactly, and that's see, that's cool. like like again. But then the concept being, what does the galaxy think happened? Yeah, yeah. And that that idea of again, you hear the story. I mean, think about social media. Kind of thing. Well, it's the idea of of think about social media. One event happens, only a couple of people were there, but then everybody has a camera that has a specific point of view or yeah. hears about it from somebody else, and all of a sudden they're talking about something that never happened, that yeah. was blown yeah. out of proportion, that never occurred, sort wow. of thing. And I, I and I love the idea that that could happen in the Star Wars like universe. You know, well, like, yeah, that I the best. Thing- or one of the best examples is uh, the legend of Darth Plagueis. Exactly. You know, like Palpatine is an unreliable narrator. We know this. We know that he's a liar because of you know that uh, uh, he uh, you know was able to create life. You know, like and and all that. <laughs> you know, was he wasn't actually uh, you know he wasn't actually Anakin's. They didn't actually create Anakin, but he's just mm-hmm. kind of planting that seed in his head. How much of the rest of that story was true and and how much of it, you know, was kind of his twist on it and, you know, like, uh, and what do, what do uh, the followers of the Sith think about that, about that legend and story? Yeah, you're right on. And the way that Jaden actually says it in chat there where he goes, it's Chinese whispers. Um, A little bit racist, (laughs) A little bit racist, but... um... Um. No, I'm kidding. Sorry, but, I'm not uh, familiar with that phrase. Uh, oh, maybe it's an Australian uh, thing. So it, it was a game Jayden. that we would play where um, you'd sit around in a circle at school and the, the teacher oh, would telephone. give you a message. That's, we have yeah, we would call it okay. telephone. Telephone, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We would call it Chinese whispers. Apparently we're like an innately racist country, I think. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know where <laughs> I mean, the name came from. We don't have yeah. a leg to stand on. So Very there's true. not really necessarily a uh, an, like something there. But, um, uh, yeah. but, but, but yeah, yeah so no, exactly. this concept of, of how I told you a story and how did you tell that story to somebody else and how did you tell that story on and on and on until it became he influenced the midichlorians to create life where it's like um yeah. he made a coffee with it you just you never know where that really came from um exactly it's just it, yeah it's really interesting and I think that that element of the Force Awakens game being a retelling of like the 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 legend of Starkiller, who really was yeah. just some guy, is infinitely more interesting than seeing that on screen. Yeah, exactly. And I love I love you know Starkiller was always a really interesting character to me. That I I, I don't know if I want him 
like the only thing that I thought would be interesting, and it's my theory about Bad Batch season two or three or something down the line, uh, which will transition into like uh, right now, Bad Batch is my favorite show. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, like, that's what right we were talking now. about, huh? Yeah, but but, but I'll but I'll oh. transition this theory into there. Uh, but like Rebels was before that. I okay. like Clone Wars. I like it a lot, but Rebels was what made me re-fall in love with Star Wars. I hadn't seen anything from Rebels until uh, I actually started watching Mandalorian. And I watched The Mandalorian, and I had just got on Disney+, and there was no way for me to access Rebels or Clone Wars at the time. So I hadn't got caught up on Clone Wars or things like that, and I was watching Mandalorian, and I'm like, is any of this stuff established in canon? Like, this kind of, they don't take off their helmets, there's something... Because I, I just didn't know, because Mandalorians were always a blind spot for me, because I didn't yeah. care about Boba Fett. <laughs> I didn't care at all. I was just like, again, the one bounty hunter, a guy who loves bounty hunters, did not give a shit about Boba Fett ever. My sister loves it. Didn't give a shit. Like, just, uh, but my uh, feeling about it was, I was like, okay, let me go back and watch these shows. And I watched uh, all of what I missed on Clone Wars. And I was like, oh, that was kind of interesting. And like, all that stuff was like, ah, I liked it. And I started watching Rebels because I was like, uh, you know, and of course, the first season is a little bit the kind of iffy stuff, but it wasn't until, and I was uh, just at the time I was in my senior year of college and I was uh, building like a Le Millennium, Lego Millennium Falcon that my uh, my wife had bought me. And it was one of the big, it was the big one. So I was like, just putting it together as like a therapy time, like at the end of a day. And I just would put it on in the background and just radio listen to it. And it wasn't until I got to the Zeb and Callus episode. It was funny you brought that up oh, earlier. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't until then that I became obsessed. And it's, it was just one of those things. It's a special <laughs> uh, episode, that one. Um, where yeah. my first watch through... I, like, I honestly, I didn't even remember that episode. And when we watched it again recently, I was just here and I was like, um, what is going on? Why do I love this so much? And why why are these men in love? And why is it fantastic? <laughs> um, See, right. it, was, it was funny. I never got the, the them in love thing. Like, I found Neither out that I. Like, I found it funny after... Like, it's funny to hear that it's a ship like that's the thing i find very funny like i saw it as just like a great i'm like i'm not against it but i was it was more of things i was like that wasn't my take but all right i know that for me where where i started th seeing things that way or thinking about it that way was in like the finale where he kind of like yeah, he, he takes absolutely. him to the home planet and i think zeb's got like his hands on his shoulders and he's like look at this oh 100 and i was like at that point yeah, yeah gentlemen is this, oh, is this exactly. where we're going? This is beautiful. But yeah, that, that mentality Gentlemen, of that. I pronounce you husband and husband. And like, what's, just what's really interesting of... is um, that Zeb didn't give him away at all. You know, like he could have said, yes, I was on this planet with Kalos, but he left him and he said, you know, the Empire is going to come and save you. That's fine. And he planted the seed. He planted yeah. a he seed. He didn't do anything, yeah. <laughs> um, he... that, that, yeah, that shot when he gets back to the ship and you see him going through at <laughs> like the, and like seeing everything gray and everything just like a uh, uniform and then he sits and then he sits down and you yes. like there's no words spoken but you can just like it's it's just well, one of those cold. uh yeah it's just one of those star wars like art moments well, just, correct yeah, me if i'm wrong here but i think that at the end of the episode two he actually sees zeb get on their ship and sees how they react yes. to finding zeb alive yeah yeah and then right. he goes back and like okay cool we found you you failed miserably go back to your office and i was like yeah. Oh my god. This is incredible yeah. storytelling. This is beautiful. Um yeah. Adrasia says that they got fruity vibes from Zeb and Callus straight away. Textbook enemies to lovers. 
Oh, textbook en enemies Love to lovers, one hundred percent. But like, it was oh, just at the time. It was like it, I just I, it wasn't my. But now I'm looking back and I'm like, listen, I ain't against it. Like uh, I'm I'm right they there were meant for to it. Be. And two of my favorite characters. But you're absolutely right. And I go, there are just some moments in those animated shows. It's why again we talked about this in our last stream. I pity those who who don't think that the animation is really a part of the story. I'm like, yeah. I honestly would say right now. And I put it with all the live action shows. I would go, there's nothing in any other Star Wars thing that's been as impactful to me as stuff that's happened to the animated stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they, they just have a an ability to understand their characters. And again, not saying that the other stuff doesn't. It's just for me personally, I look at it and I'm like, that scene where I know exactly what I'm talking about. like that frame tells me everything I need to know about this scene. It's like just this guy who sits alone in this cold gray space that he used to love and he just goes and it's just he sits there he saw the grass and was puts green. that rock and he puts that rock yeah. on there and it kind of echoes a similar thing with crosshair and so here's the reason bad batch is my favorite because it's it takes all the elements of the found family of rebels right yeah. it takes that entire element but puts it with the Clone Wars level of complexity, political intrigue, and morality-based decision-making with a through line similar to Rebels, where Rebels had a thing of like, this is the story that we're going to be following. And Clone Wars, it was like, yeah, it's the war. It's kind of anthology a little bit. You're going to jump around. You don't know where you're going to be week to week. And some of this stuff might pay off later. Some of it might not. You never know kind of thing. And... It wasn't until like I saw clone, I saw Bad Batch, and I was just loving what it is. And the clones, especially in Rebels, it became clear to me the clones kind of became their own species after the after the war. You know, like it, it's a thing of like initially they were whatever the Star Wars equivalent of human is, like a humanoid or whatever they were. They were Jango Fett, like, but after the war because they didn't exist before then they, they are now their own thing it's like they are a species that has a tragic history hmm. that like it's honestly one of the greatest stories the star wars told was the story of the tragedy of the clones i hope that 50 years time we'll be talking about so many different species that have been given this treatment yeah. Because I think that that like the clones when you when you mention the clones I think it's why you saw people tearing up at the shot of that vet in Obi Wan. Yeah, it's like if if this if Obi Wan had come right out after event Revenge of the Sith I don't think we would have gotten that same reaction. Absolutely. But since Clone Wars had happened, and hell I don't even know if they would have put it in there. Mm, like because right. now we just have that emotional attachment to these things yeah. and to these people. And and that's what Bad Batch has done is it's basically focusing on these people that, as you said, now what? And it's also showing the tragedy of those that are now also being the one thing that they were built for. They are now being edged out of that world. Not just yeah. the Bad Batch, not just the ones that are like quote unquote traitors. Commandos are being edged out. They're being like everybody is being forgotten and replaced. Yeah, they grab the commandos and, 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 and go, you can train the new recruits and then gone. And, and then yeah. you think they're not going to be killed? You think the, these commandos are not going to get... And they're not just going to chuck them to the side. They're going to they're gonna take these guys out. Like, that's what the Empire does. They don't like loose ends. Yeah, you're, you're I think, honestly right on the money. But I think, though, two things... I, 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 if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Because 
initially I thought if the Bad Batch was going to be one season, I thought they were going to do the Camino Uprising at the end, like from Legends, where the clones oh, yeah. did the whole uprising on Camino. And I thought that that was what was going to happen was the Bad Batch were going to lead like a whole revolution. Like we are like right. we we are autonomous. We are this. And they were going to essentially kick the Empire out of Camino themselves. Yeah. From the uh, original uh, Battlefront 2, right? Yeah, I think so. It was uh, like from the original Battlefront 2 or something akin to that. I'm like, yeah, I just thought that that would be an interesting thing, whether they adapted it or just did something different with that concept. But now I have a feeling that what that clearly whatever they're doing with mount tantus or all that stuff is like the heir to the empire ish like storyline stuff that they're kind of trying to lay in the groundwork for what the sequels did with palpatine like clearly that's kind of at least what i see as being there i also think it there's potential here for them to include a star killer-esque character from force unleashed 2 where they're trying to perfect the idea of can we clone the force can we create force sensitive clones which i believe i don't know if omega was the first but i do think that there was a reason omega was created that we don't fully yeah. know not just as a backup well yeah she's a genetically modified clone which is clear and that genetic modification well i mean at the end of the day i don't feel like the genetic modification for her would be that she ages normally that doesn't feel like enough for them to point it out my first they thought is that, that she has some level of force sensitivity like there's there's something there that that's that, that something bigger to Omega that we don't understand yet. Maybe when she meets Gunji, he feels something like that out of her and goes, mm, "Wait, yeah, Jedi? I don't know. It could be a number of things." There's one thing I want to touch on, just based on a, on a point that you made previously as well, Movie Man. Um, animation and how uh, it feels like. I guess the easiest way to say it is that in animation, everything is important. And every piece on the screen was placed there for a reason, which is something that it's harder to do in film. People people it can is. do it; it, it works, um, but it's more difficult. And a lot of that is left yeah. up to us to just interpret the scene um, the way that we see fit. But the great thing, or one of the reasons why, again, I go back to animation a lot, is is this mentality that every single thing that you see on there has been perfectly crafted and created for that shot which means every single thing on screen is important every blade of grass every character every everything um that's an interesting point too i don't remember omega's powers being mentioned in the bad batch 2 trailer maybe the extended one probably um but uh, yeah it's just this mentality that like this is why i love animation so much and particularly in star wars where there's just a level of, of exploration that you get to look at the the, the way that if they replayed the scene for Dave Filoni and Dave said, nah, Callus should feel more um, conflicted. How do we make him look more conflicted about going back to the Empire? You know, there's the sad, there's the angry. I want him to feel conflicted. The fact that they can go back in and go, all right, let me just alter this part on his face and then re-export um, like, re um, mm -hmm. or re-render it and try again until they get the perfect place. Once you film something and you go back and you go, fuck. We gotta either do reshoots or I gotta try and figure out a way right. to, with the music, tell the story that I want to tell, or add in visual effects somewhere in the background to tell something. Or CGI, or, yeah. This person didn't look sad enough when they were saying this story, so let me cut to the alternate person because they look sad hearing the story, and that's gonna give me the emotion. But in animation, you just you just go back and you go, let's change it. 
Um, and so yeah. it has this ability to tell a story that feels much more um, consistent with the tone constantly and feels um, like preemptive and planned just so much better than, than something that live action could ever be, which is why it breaks my heart that animation isn't given the respect that it deserves. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you absolutely hit, hit it there. And obviously, Spen, I, like, what do you feel about that kind of with the versus live action? Like, I guess just the, the reputation animation gets. Not just yeah, with it, Star Wars fandom, but obviously film as a whole yeah it's it's unfortunate um because and especially among star wars uh i think that the animation really stands up to the film like uh we were, we were talking about rebels earlier and uh, one of my favorite things i think in star wars is that episode you can probably guess what i'm gonna yep. say knowing what, yeah. a, what a fan what i'm a fan of is that twin sons episode like it that when that came out i was just like like I am so glad that that this exists and um and that it's as as good as it is and I just like watched it over and over and over again and um and I love all the details that like Sam Witwer talks about oh, about you know yeah. changing changing the lightsaber form and what that says about these characters you didn't need a a big uh you know a big sweaty battle between these two guys it was just a quick bam and that told you everything that you need to know about these characters and um and i don't know if it would work as well in animation i mean i'm sure in some action, i'm sure mean? they could do it yeah. uh yes yeah, yes mean... sorry thank you oh, um yeah. i i think that somebody could do it um i wouldn't mind i don't know i kind of cringe at at seeing like a like a, a cgi like de-aged um uh alec guinness i don't i don't know yeah. i'd if it sure. works then then uh i would really love that but like i think that just that in animation the way that it is is perfect um i'd love to talk I, about I twin sons for just a second as well where um this was one of the scenarios for me where at that point i wasn't enjoying rebels right like it just yeah i was very much caught up in the you cancelled clone wars for this of it all um oh and when i started seeing the points of like obi-wan's coming and maul was my favorite character and for me, I was like, why? I think I was actually at a Lord of the Rings marathon when the episode came out. So on the breaks, I watched the Twin Suns episode. And I remember just like staring at my iPad and being like, you fucked it. Like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. What are you, what are you, are you kidding me? That this is how you decided to end the story of my favorite character? And it was this, um, rather than taking it for what it was, it was taking it for what it's not. And I had to come back and understand yeah. that okay, these are the storytellers, they understand the characters. Why did they tell this story instead of the way that I wanted? I wanted a bombastic fight. Now, I don't. I think Twin Suns is one yeah. of the most perfect Star Wars stories we've ever gotten. But it's that mentality of that internal stubbornness that I've tried yeah. so hard to overcome, particularly with Star Wars, where now anything that comes out, for me, I'm going, all right, I'm going to... Anything positive that I can take out of this, I'm going to take it. If I see a man walking through yeah. um, an imperial base with a, a, a small girl hidden under his trench coat and nobody sees it, <laughs> that's not going to piss. Me. That, honestly, that's classic Star Wars. I'm I'm sorry, right. like, people that are complaining about this and they're like they can't see him. Like there's an episode of Rebels where Rex puts on a stormtrooper helmet and goes, "I can't see anything." Plot hole fixed. Shut up. Um. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Also, they. I mean, not. This is a whole other, you know, uh, rabbit hole to go down. But like, uh. They let them go. They were letting them go. She put a tracker on the mm. droid. 
you know it's it's the classic thing of of going and 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 here's the thing like i will go and i will say uh like i guess let's transition into our talk about kenobi as well as you know obviously episode four and just over it as a whole Uh, and and personally here's the thing Uh, like i am hoping to be in the film industry and it is something that me and my friends are very much like which we want to get involved we know a lot about this stuff and it's something that like uh like spent i don't know with the youtube composing for films and stuff like that as well like uh short films and things like that um it's mostly just a kind of hobby kind of thing for me. oh gotcha understood I, well i think you should yeah i, I, I will know, do like a, actually do i that. i write music um i write uh my own music kind of indie um uh singer songwritery kind of things love like, it for fun i'll kind of I, lately i've been breaking into kind of like taking uh doing my own spin on different on different uh themes and stuff like that and i've been really enjoying it. it's been a certain flex on on uh the creative muscle that, that oh, being I love said, that. um i don't know if you've seen his videos in that uh, movie man but he's actually been doing some videos where it's um taking themes and swapping them from major to minor key and going okay yes. he's oh. like, i think it was um i don't remember which one it was across the stars and how yes, you could yes. make that like a happy um, love theme rather than being like the tragic love story, which was beautiful. Oh, yep. um, and you also composed a theme for Kanan and Hera. Yes, yes. So um, there's like a, a there's like a rebels uh, theme, which is actually taken, uh, which is taken from you know this is a little side note. It's taken from yes. Return of the Jedi. There's a track called um, Into the Trap. It goes. Yeah, I love that one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who was at the Battle of Endor, Hera? So you know, oh, it's just a yeah. kind of connection That's... that I made. Oh, and, I uh, love that. I kind of that. slowed it down a little bit, gave it a little bit of um, a little bit of like uh, um, different chords uh, behind it. Um, made it uh really brought in my my influence from like um joe hisaishi like the uh, miyazaki kind of compositions which is one of my favorites and um and yeah it's one of my favorite things that i've done on my on my tiktok i love it oh well i'm gonna have to see it and i'll send it to you after too movie man but if you guys yeah if you're listening and you're not following spen on tiktok and stuff yet again let me just reload those overlays so you can actually see where his stuff is um, but yeah, you'll see uh, his uh, what's it called socials just under his beautiful face there. We've got his Instagram and his TikTok. Please go and follow him on TikTok. He's some phenomenal content. If you guys can see, obviously how passionate he is about the music already, and he's making his own Star Wars music. Like it doesn't get much better than it's that. So cool. All of us want to do create have... something for Star Wars. But yeah, absolutely agreed. And do you have uh, links to your like your own personal music with that? Like, do you have like stuff? I'm sure in your like on your accounts, like you have stuff like. Uh... Do you have Spotify, SoundCloud, like stuff like that? I do. I'm on. I'm on Spotify. It's uh, my actual Fantastic. name, and I. I can't. Uh, I can't. T- actually, I've been meaning to say this. Um, if you are on in chat, uh, I've been meaning to say hi to you, but for some reason, it's not working for me. Um, <laughs> the, I don't know why. The chat isn't working for you. Yeah, yeah. Like it's working. I can see your guys' comments, but for some reason, I can't. Uh, You're not I can't... commenting. I can't chat back. It asks me for a phone verification, uh, and then I go in and try to try to enter it, and it won't it won't let me um, it won't let me do that. So that is probably um, my we, fault. I have um, set it up because when I was streaming previously, you get like bots and stuff come in a lot of the time. So I set it up to oh. a point where it, it only lets 
like people who've been either following for long enough or um, I think it's if you've been following for a week or something like that, um, then you can come in and chat whenever you want. But if not, then you need to have uh, had a, uh, what's it called? Uh, a phone verification. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, no, feel free to pause okay. us at any time to respond that. to a message. Um, that'll be that'll be fine. Um, Absolutely. What we say? But yeah, oh, let's I think get, I found let's you get on your Spotify. let's get your uh, let's get your Probably. details and we'll give it to everybody because we uh, oh, obviously yeah yeah sure. just because man that's what that's what this whole thing's about and and also guys like anybody in the chat uh, obviously let us know there are other people we're trying to the goal of this at least what Naf and I love about this and again obviously with you Spen and you know obviously we're very new at this but the goal of it is to kind of just share about whatever. And it's to talk about the stuff that we're passionate about and to learn about yeah. a little bit about each other and how, again, share your perspective, change your ideas, like, uh, you know, expand the horizons. So uh, it puts put people down if there are other people that we should talk to. Uh, just side note. But anyway, continuing on, Spend like with your stuff, like, absolutely. Let's uh, do you like have. I guess we could do that probably in the break, but I, we want to make sure that we get that to everybody so we can get uh, yeah. your uh what is your i'll put it in the chat if you just spell it out for me sure it's uh uh i have a i have a very weird last name so you'll have to it's it is not actually kenobi although oh, what maybe i should that was it. It. damn it <laughs> i'm gone sorry guys yeah. just... <laughs> that's done he's done absolutely uh, it is uh it is a spencer and then uh with a uh, last my last name is uh lociavo l o s C H I A V O. Got it. L O S C H I A V O. Yes. I yes. love maybe it. Maybe it was. I, I kind of maybe think that it was a mistake to go by that. I, like, as, like, in hindsight, I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe I should have chosen something simpler. Stage name. Because, uh, you know, man, it's, it's a great name. That's a great name. Like that. That's like, it's a great name. No, I like, Oh, I it, love um, my name, but. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, people, people are smart. They'll get it. Like they didn't. <laughs> so it, maybe, love, it was, maybe it was a mistake in hindsight. One of my favorite things about like this kind of experience too, is that like we get to be, again, people that are super like-minded again, me and movie man, like honestly, every couple of days we message each other being like, how, how is this a thing? How are we so similar? How do we like all the same stuff? It's the best. Um, but it's crazy that, that you mentioned that too, because like listening to Blockbuster is, is still crazy to me. I'm still reeling. La anyway, last continue. week, I don't know if you like last week. I gave him a recommendation based on everything that I love and everything that he loves. I was like, we haven't spoken about this show. I have the perfect recommendation for him. He's gonna love this show. So hyped all week. I come on the podcast. I'm like, here's my recommendation for you. Here's all the reasons why you should watch um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. He's like, I've seen it. I love it. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um but like same deal with yourself man like it's great to talk to somebody again who's like-minded in their sort of like star wars love and that sort of wholesomeness of it and then the flip side man i i write and sing indie like music as well like i haven't put anything wow. on spotify but like i've got a set of seven guitars here um that originally when i built my rig it was to do music and then it transitioned into games and podcasting um, but I have heaps of like songs that I've written that I'd like sort of semi-recorded and left on my computer so it's just it's wild that like this the, the paths cross also i was um I, I went to a comic book shop yesterday and one of the one of my friends on tiktok one of my mutuals um uh, messaged me and was like hey is this this comic book shop and i was like yes where do you live he's two suburbs over from me wow and i was like cool so like we're gonna do like a surely like a local uh creator meetup Glad. at some point when we yeah. get a bit bigger 
uh, which could be awesome if I find a lot of other creators. But yeah, this like this guy that I just followed randomly lives up the road. Um, it's mental. Um, and yeah, it's all that kind of similar stuff. But I love that. Um, I think if you guys are cool with it, like we should maybe pause and take like a five minute break, get a drink, bathroom, that kind of stuff. And then we come back yeah, and maybe dive great. into Obi-Wan episode four. I'd love to talk about the score with you there, Spen, and get an idea oh, of, absolutely, yeah. of your mindsets there. And I have a bit of a, um, like another sort of like theory thing that I've been working on that I'd love to get your opinion on. Um, so I want to cover that when we come back as well. So Sounds um, great to guys, me. if you're in chat, we're going to take about a five minute break. Um, just, you know, stretch our legs a little bit. Um, and then pop back in and continue where we left off. So please don't go anywhere. We will be right back. My camera presence is just, it's phenomenal, you know? I just, I, I was made for the screen. Movie man. You're, just... you're a sh like, absolutely. <laughs> we, are, we are back it live. Was... Um, All right. But yes, you're not wrong. I just, I, I was made for the screen. I'm too beautiful to not be famous, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, you got a face for radio. Fucking bitch. <laughs> you whore. Dude, on, honestly, I honestly I say because you got you got the that like classic Kylo Ren vibe, like where I'm just like I'm low-key jealous. It's the vibe I'm trying to just to develop. I'm like, you're like like I uh I give I love an Adam Driver vibe. vibe. Um that yeah, makes me man. insanely happy. All I've ever wanted is to be Adam Driver. So I was thinking Ezra. That's an absolute win. Ezra oh. That's good too. Yeah. It pissed me off too. for a long time. Annoying child. I'm hearing you, Spen. I'm hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you'll I, go from annoying like I... child to emo child in apparently a couple years. So that's, that's so you got Adam Driver. You got that. So I think that's a pretty good balance. I don't think it has battery plots. Oh. oh, nice. That one's hot. That's oh, Check it out, that's ben. good. Oh. Traitor! Sorry. Um, awesome. You should definitely do that cosplay. Um, honestly, like when I've been growing my hair out, I've been actually considering it quite a bit, and I feel like a you Kylo should. Ren cosplay can go really well as well because there's so many intricacies to the costume. Um, did you guys see um, what's his name, Adam Savage from MythBusters? Yeah. He did a screen accurate Kylo Ren cosplay, made the costume from scratch, um, oh, and yeah. then he used. They sent him. They have screen accurate props that you could buy for a while when the when the sequels were coming out. It's like a, you know, eighteen hundred dollar Kylo Ren helmet, screen accurate, um, and he was wearing that and then made the rest of the costume, um, and then went to uh, Comic Con and did all of that together, which was just it's mental. That's awesome. Um, I people love, are insane. Like, it's also just I love seeing like the the clone, like cosplay, like like anybody that's in the five yeah. first. Like I love I love the whole that whole legion of just see, kind um, of going in uh uh codename fulcrum on tiktok he did a rex cosplay i think i followed that at some point i forget he's the uh, bold guy i'm like i i must have followed i don't know why he stopped popping up on my feed but oh uh, that would be just like kylo is a see, padawan my, <laughs> my favorite was i saw some people do a hunter cosplay at celebration oh, this year and i was so like cool. That's just, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Like that's, no, I'll, I'll save that. I'll say, I'll save that. That that, that might He's, be a hill I decide to die on. Maybe, it uh, is, maybe it is. Um, well, let's let's jump into uh, Obi Wan. Obviously, we're four episodes in at the moment. How are you guys feeling about the series so far? Um, Spend obviously. Go ahead. Yeah. Please. Okay. Thank you. Um, 
I uh, I love it. I I really think it's some of the. I really think it might be some of my favorite of this era of this Disney era among the films, among the you know every everything everything put together. Now, partially that might be because it kind of like I've been waiting for this forever because he's my favorite character. And uh, particularly Ewan McGregor's uh, portrayal of it, and and it feels like such a love letter to the prequel era, and also some of the stuff that I love, which is kind of bridging those two. Um, you know, pun not intended. <laughs> if you're thinking about Azor Bridger, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> you're the worst. And, like uh so i uh and um yeah so i i um i respect all the criticisms out there but i just don't agree i i i absolutely adore this show and you know uh who would have thought like we had speculated that we would have seen leia right that maybe like a little glimpse right but who would have expected that she would play such a huge part and not only that she would play such a huge part in the story in the series but that it would bring so much depth and uh, and so much emotion to both the original and the sequel trilogy, when you think about you know her naming her kid Ben and uh, just everything. And I just I just uh, I, maybe I'm a mark, maybe I'm biased, but I just absolutely adore this show. Yeah, I am. Um, I I absolutely agree, like wholeheartedly. There's just and I mean we can probably still uh, agree that it's obviously not perfect, like any piece of Star Wars media. Like there are probably some small sure. missteps, but I look at it in the same way that I look at, um, for example, some prequel stuff. Right, like the yeah. way that Star Wars currently is pushing the boundaries for like TV um, storytelling or storytelling on television is phenomenal. Obviously, we have animation. We now have like I was talking about before, the things that you can't do on screen, we now can with the LED volume. Um, yeah. So like the way that that enhances the storytelling, I've seen you and McGregor talk about how they, they struggled with the original, with the prequels, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of, particularly yes. two and three, there's a lot of blue screens, like the entire time it was blue. Yeah. And we see the final product and it's awesome, we love it, but at the time, it's just frustration. And I don't know if you guys ever saw that behind the scenes footage of Ian McKellen on the set of The Hobbit, where he's actually brought to tears by the director. Um, because he's he's telling him like do this do that do this like and he's literally on a blue screen on a on a tree that's swinging and he's like I just I don't understand what's happening here like I'm like this is just he's out of his element um, and it's wow. heartbreaking and to feel that that probably happened to some of our favorite actors in the prequels is like it makes sense um, yeah and you know at the end of the day in the prequels it shows to some extent you know there are elements of people looking in the distance and you're like what are you looking at and things that don't line up but it's 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 part of learning and pushing the boundaries, which is something that George wanted to do for ages. And these new yeah. shows, Mando, um, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan as well, um, and, you know, Boba Fett to a certain extent too, is pushing the boundaries of, of what can be done on television with regards to, like, a sci-fi show in a way that's never been able to be done before. Um, I think that definitely being a big fan of The Clone Wars um, influences my love for this show too. Um, in a way yeah. that it kind of allowed me to forgive things that I wanted to see. I wanted flashbacks. I wanted Clone Wars flashbacks. And now I'm pretty set that it's not going to happen. But what I came to understand while watching the last episode is, what would they bring to this story that Clone Wars hasn't done already? And that's my mindset right. now. I'm like, 
what what could they have done? Like, what would it have been? A conversation with Obi-Wan and Anakin? Maybe? Maybe a young Ahsoka? It'd be cool to see. But what does it bring to the story? Their relationship is fully developed. Um, we have everything we need to feel the heartbreak that we want to feel. And when I tell you I'm feeling this heartbreak, I'm feeling it. Deborah Chow said she yeah. wanted this to primarily be... It's a, it's a love story about Obi-Wan and Anakin. And I think that that's what we've led into now. We've gotten the teasers and the tastes, which I want to talk more about in a bit too. But we're leading up to a final two episodes, which are bound to be, I think, personally, more emotional than action-heavy. And I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we've got someone over from TikTok, I think. Quandarius. Welcome. Oh, fantastic. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Hello uh, there. I, 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 yeah, like... Uh, and, and to go off your point, Neff, like, here's my view on it. Right now, there are things that are sticking with me that are bothering me, not plot-wise necessarily, because what I want to do, because with obviously our talks, I want to remain as positive as possible within the realm of not necessarily uh, uh, being disingenuous with so, some of the things. Right now, there's stuff that's working for me and stuff that's not necessarily. Uh, I disagree with people who have huge problems with this i was talking to my buddy about it it's like listen if people said that they they like it and like fantastic if they say they love it awesome if, if people say that they hate it i would ask why fully like because yeah. i'm like it, it's one of those things where i'm like it really would depend on people's viewpoint there because i'm just like i personally feel there are some things like i i would go yeah i i was fully on board with let's wait until seeing this to judge the makeup for like grand inquisitor or some of these other things I'll go now that I've seen it, I would say, yeah, I think that was a misstep. I do think it's unfortunate. Not that it doesn't have to be perfect or like it has to be exactly like it was before. And again, who knows? Maybe we'll get to the end of this and be like, oh, that's why he had this huge fight scene at the end that justifies yeah. why head. that makeup was there. Yeah, and I'm like, and maybe, <laughs> maybe as like, a biased oh. But maybe as a biased thing, I'm a person with a large head and I just, I, I joked around when Cat Bane was the same way. I, like I keep going, stop stealing my representation. You made Cad Bane a round-headed actor. You make all these things. Like I'm just like, listen, we exist. Like, I imagine this, you this, love the, Dooku like, in Clone Wars. Then, oh man, every character, like Rebels, anything, everything that they just took the heads and they just went thinner, thinner <laughs> and longer. And I'm like, me and Benedict Cumberbatch, we felt seen. And you know, it's just one of those. Uh, oh. Thank you, thank you for the the porg is my favorite thing. Get from my sister. Uh, and but uh, back to Tiny my thing with the show is I'm like yes, and my my whole feeling with with the show right now is some of the best directed of any of the live action Star Wars at like full stop. Like there's no debate there. I also would go some of the best acting out of anything of yeah. this. I uh. Uh, sorry, just to button I... for a second. Quandarius asked, and they uh, actually uh, claimed points for watching. So we have to answer oh, yes. his question, or their question. What is on your shoulder? Uh, this is uh, Charles the Porg. Charles! Um, the baby Love Charles, it. yes, absolutely. And it's it's so... Uh, he's, uh, he's my friend, uh, my companion on this journey. Uh, we travel through life together. He is, and through he is light my, speed. Uh, through light speed, absolutely. And it's just, you know... He's uh, he's my co-pilot, and you know it's just a deep bond that we have. I love the pool. So that's they're the, so cute. Oh yeah, the you know again, it people might call it merchandising opportunities, and I'm like hell yeah, and I bought twelve, and I'm like <laughs> hashtag we love Charles. We all knew what it was. Yeah. We all knew what Star that Wars was. is a merchandising but opportunity. 
exactly. Like, it's like, and anyone who believes otherwise otherwise has fooled themselves. But like going back to what I'm saying is, uh, it, it, there, what I, I, and I, and it's hard right now for me to separate the discourse from the show. Like in the sense that like the discourse, I'm like, I, I get people's point of view. And again, as I talked earlier, it's hard to also listen to people that are combating that point of view. And I'm just like, I don't want to fight. I just want to talk about it. Like I love talking about it with you yeah. guys. And honestly, I love listening to you guys and going, yeah, that works for you. Yeah. That, like it didn't hit me as hard, but I agree with yeah. where you're coming from. Like some of the scenes, like one of my favorite cuts was that cut to Vader in the back to tank. I was like, that has never been so scary. Is that was at the end of episode moment? two? Episode two. Oh yeah. It, it, like it was just such in the music there, that musical sting of just this like it's not human. It's in like this inhuman feeling of just uh, Sorry, you guys have stuff in the background such... and people are calling it out. I wanna just say I have Vader here as well. He's super cute. There he is, you can't really see him that well. Let's see if I can line him up a tad. I have cool gonna... stuff too. <laughs> I'm just gonna put IG88 right there. I uh, just, <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm gonna cut him out of your uh... frame. <laughs> I need maybe another shelf up here with everything. Oh, yeah, that's what you did, you did to do. But uh, that's so with with the show. I go there are little hills like that. Um, that I feel <sighs> it. it, it little things i'm getting caught up on but honestly i don't like to judge this show before it's ending because i'm like i could call out criticisms with story all day long but it could end up being solved in two episodes or it could be opportunities mm, later and again as yeah. you're saying like i think you you turned the idea of the clone wars flashbacks around on me like for me i go it would be a good thing for people who haven't seen clone wars to see clone wars flashbacks and perhaps a reason for them to join into it so that was more my opinion on it but it's not necessary like it's not a necessary thing to it like it, it was a thing that i thought would be very interesting but i'm not disenjoyed like and overall i'm like i think the show is really good like us talking about the third episode the third episode i really liked especially after yeah. talking with you about that quinlan moment i realized how much i enjoyed that moment was this whole idea of obi-wan seeing some of his friends are actually possibly still alive it's it that was moment in the hero's journey if... where um, he he kind of his faith is restored a little bit in a sense where he thinks he failed the galaxy and everyone's dead and everyone's gone, but yeah, people survived and they're my friends and my friends survived is is beautiful. Imagine if we ever heard on screen. I would just love a moment of Obi Wan knowing that Ahsoka was alive. I would just I would oh, love yeah. I would love to see that on screen. I think yeah. one of the things that I wanted from um from this in terms of like flashbacks and i think the biggest takeaway that i wanted is i want hayden and ewan to talk about ahsoka on screen it's a selfish love but i just feel like yes we have ahsoka in live action now awesome but outside of a conversation in with with luke that she has in episode six of, of boba fett she doesn't feel connected to what we had previously and i just feel like yeah, it would yeah. come full circle but again, like you were saying, movie man, it's this concept of I'm not going to let what it's not impact my enjoyment of what it is. And, and and to go with what you're saying, I do think if they are going to do flashbacks, which I do feel there's a potential for it to happen next week, like the in the sense that narratively you're thinking this. Hmm. Well, Obi Wan has kind of reached this moment, and it's getting this dark 
you know, we're seeing this uh, potential for where this is going. And Obi-Wan seeing like, oh, we got to get Leia back. I got to do this. And I, I think that there's got to be a reason for him to go have that, you know, huge fight with Vader that we've been hearing about. Like, and I think it'd be a moment of him thinking about that concept of, and there is that scene, that deleted scene from that one Clone Wars arc about them talking about Ahsoka. Yeah. And I, I heard a lot of people theorize that's the flashback they're going to do is get Hayden and, and Ewan to do that scene, which I think would be, a, I would agree with you, like, Naf, that that would be really cool to see them. And I feel like that'd be the one thing that's not done in Clone Wars that could be done in this show that wasn't already added by Clone Wars and could actually be there. But I would love to see that. Yeah, if, uh, the, that, that episode of Clone but, but Wars, the, the unproduced... Yeah, the unproduced Utapel arc is actually fantastic yes. as well. And honestly, I think if that episode was produced at some point, um, it could be great. And it also expands, like, the Rogue One lore. Like, it's the first time we saw a kyber crystal being used to create a weapon. Like, um, yeah. and you know what this tells me? This tells me that George had the idea for the kyber crystals powering the Death Star long before Disney took over. Um, I don't know if it was mentioned in any previous media, but... Yeah, it's just sorry. The guys are just simping over Ventress in the, in the chat, and it's <laughs> me amazing. Too, me too. Um, she just oh, she's just a gem. Yeah, uh, but love, I'd love just cool. your insight on this too, Ruben, because I know that obviously you've directed stuff and worked a little bit um, in sort of like the industry, even on on your own. One of the, the the common complaints that I'm hearing about the show are bad writing, bad direction, and people don't tend to elaborate on that at all, right? But right, I, yeah, I disagree with the bad writing. I feel like it's Star Wars writing. It's it's classic cheesy everything that star wars has ever been and for whatever reason i find that people are holding the trying to hold the disney stuff to a higher standard than they'll hold the original people will sit here and be like the prequels are the best thing ever and then go kenobi suck it's bad writing bad direction and i'm like guys come on if we're gonna have a conversation about this let's be serious but i'd love your insight right why do you think people think the directing is bad i think that people confuse what directing actually entails mm -hmm. I, I think people again they don't know a lot of the positions on the film set so i think that people go director like whether consciously or subconsciously people think the director does every single job or has control over every single right. thing and i and i would argue that yeah the director should be kind of also it's it's the idea that um i think there's an adage in um film where it's where it's saying uh uh like if it's good they'll if, if it's good they'll thank the they'll praise the actors if it's bad they'll hate the director like it's kind of a thing of uh which which um i also don't fully disagree with and i also don't think that's a bad thing i think that it ultimately your job as a director is to get the best performance a director is more just the head of the ship they have a vision they go forward with it but ultimately writing is a key part especially in tv yeah. and i think that that's the thing that uh is sometimes lost in the disney and marvel stuff is the concept of what a showrunner is mm. and now listen there's a lot of stuff. It's also why I feel hesitant talking about this stuff because I'm also like, I've been on the other side of this. I know that there are people that have been going and I'm sure fighting for certain things to happen. And then maybe a higher up says, no, you can't do that. Or we have to, and they have to cancel this. So I'm like, I can't go over here and tell you, oh, Deborah Chow didn't do this. It was her decision to, it, for all I know, it, it couldn't have been her decision. And Lord yeah. knows we know Disney likes to have their hands in things. And, uh, 
it's not to be too pessimistic about it, but that's also why I think animation gets away with a lot more is because people see that as lesser, so they don't give a shit what they put in there, and it's, it's why you can sword. execute civilians in <laughs> execute civilians in Bad Batch. Yeah. And no one no one even pays attention to that part. But then they're like they'll they'll get up in arms if you do something like that in Kenobi. And mm -hmm. I also go, do you think for one minute this was not the most heavily focused on thing at Lucasfilm? Because I'm like, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi we're talking about. Do you not think that this was the, like, for better and for worse? It's the thing that everybody is going to have opinions on. Yeah. So it's, so it's one of those things that I felt, I feel when people look at this, they go, what was the direction? What was this whole thing? And uh, I go, I think people just want to have somebody to blame if they don't like something. Hmm. And I think that I think that they they think a director does more than what they do, and they don't understand how to articulate their points well enough. And again, there are people that probably do call out some direction and go like, "I felt Dave Filoni's directing was not his strong suit." Mandalorian episode, like season one, it was not his strong suit that season because it was his first time directing live action. Hmm. I thought his episodes were some of the weakest of that first season. Uh, like especially that Tatooine episode, I thought it was it was not well directed at all, and I can say that because his Ahsoka episode in the second season was one of the so best good. directed ones of the whole thing. Yeah, so and that's, I think Dave Filoni so, did the the premiere too, didn't he? He did the first. episode. He did that one was better. I was gonna that say was, I like the I, first I, episode, but I agree the the gunslinger episode. Yeah. It was also the one he I really wrote. liked that episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, and I just, more power to you. Like, absolutely. Like, I'm glad you did. And ultimately, what's ironic about that episode is it literally became the most important episode of I, Mandalorian, yeah. like season one. There's there's <laughs> elements in the episode that I really enjoy. I think the biggest takeaway for me is the guy who plays the gunslinger. I didn't I didn't like him, and because he's the focus yeah. of the episode, that takes away from me. Um, but yeah, like I mean, overall, I don't think there's any episode of the Mandalorian that I that I didn't like. Right. And so, and so, like with that, that's more what I think is. I think people don't know what a director does, so it's the it's their point person to call out. It's the same thing of going, okay, well, I don't know who to blame, so might as well blame the actor, like sort of thing. Like it's mm -hmm. this idea of there are people like there again a lot of people that want to dive deeper into this. They find the concept of okay, film sets are multi layered. It's not an actor's fault if they're told to do this a certain way. Ultimately, it's their job to do what the director does. And the director, in my eyes, should be the person that's keeping track of what the vision is over all the departments. But you should let the department do what they do. That's how at least I approach it is like I bring on an art director. I bring on a production designer because they're talented at what they do. They read the script. They understand. I tell them what I'm looking for. They go and bring their artistic capabilities to it and they come back. And if I see that, it's like, oh, no, that doesn't work because this character is going to go this way. I try to give them a direction in that way, but they're creative artists unto themselves. Not everybody approaches it this way, but I think it, that's what makes film a collaborative medium. And that's why I thought, uh, I, I think that the direction is what people look at and they just don't know. It's the same idea of people using filler incorrectly or any other critique like word it's a word that they use they find that it's interesting and they they learn maybe i don't blame the actor but if i blame the director or i blame kathleen kennedy 
or I blame these things. That's like, it's like when, when it may not even be like anybody's fault. And that's why I find it so hard to go and say it's these things, even though behind closed doors, I like, I try not to do the same, but there are times where I'm like, I honestly think there's this issue, but I'm right. But, but so from my humble and limited experience, that's where I come back to from it. That's why. And I think that there's other ways to handle that. And I think people can kind of more analyze their own feelings about it and articulate, what about this didn't you like? Because maybe it's not about the directing at all. I think that that's, <laughs> that's really interesting. And one thing that I've sort of uncovered with you talking just then is this mentality of like, people want to be heard. People want to feel validated. And they're understanding now that if they don't bring receipts, they're not going to be validated. We're going to go, no, shut up. Right? Like you need to be very clear about what you did or didn't like. If you're going to come out here and tell me that something that I like is wrong, you better bring your receipts. You better be ready. Um, but this mentality now where they're, they're taking these words that they're going, okay, I've heard other people talk about this. I've watched three video essays of somebody talk about directing and, and writing. So I'll say that the writing is bad, that the directing is bad, that the lighting is bad. Um, where potentially it's not, potentially it is. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of the time people are sort of exactly what you said, Movie Man. It's, it's misunderstanding... Um, sort of exactly what their roles are. And for me, the vision of Obi-Wan um, that Deborah Chow is bringing us, like this, you know, this emotional ride, this this Revenge of the Sith 3.5, you know, episode 3.5 yeah. of Star Wars yeah. is insanely interesting. And for me, it makes the most sense, uh, like, story-wise, to bring Leia in than Luke, right? It doesn't yes. make sense. Luke is everything that he sees in Anakin, right? And this is what he feels he he failed. And he's probably looking at Luke and going, I want to train him. But I still have this mentality of, you know, he talks to, to Owen at the start of the series and goes, when the time comes, he must be trained. And I'm like, you are not ready yeah. to train this boy. Yeah. You're holding on to this hope that you're going to train someone. You couldn't train him if you tried. If we gave you Luke right now, Force-sensitive kid, you would not be able to train him. He would fail miserably, probably die. Um, my two credits are on, on for a little bit longer still too. I know that Spen's um, probably going to jump off in a little bit, um, but I'm gathering that Movie uh, Man and I will probably continue for a bit. And if not, we'll be back on next week and throughout the week on TikTok too. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't stress too much. Thank you so much for coming to hang out. Um, Thank you. But yeah, this this mentality of a broken Obi-Wan, a faithless man, a man who has a crisis of faith yeah. and needs to be sort of reborn into that to become the man that he is in Rebels and then of course in New Hope. I, I'm loving it. I'm really, really loving that aspect of it. Um, Absolutely, from a from a, like a canon perspective, like the like Luke is not really. It doesn't really seem like he knows uh, Ben very well when yeah. we get to him in A New Hope. Um, there's a He's part of the radio drama. Yeah, if you guys remember the radio drama, the NPR, like there was a, a scene where where. Um, Luke gets lost in the uh, in the desert, and Obi Wan comes and saves him. And um, and uh, it was just like a really quick kind of vague, like, well, I think I I remember he he came out and and saved me, but I I don't I didn't really talk to him. And so um, you couldn't you could do it, but it wouldn't really make sense to to have the like interconnected relationship to have them form a relationship which is the heart and soul of of this show is between ben and leia I, I would love now to also see in sort of the expanded media how that relationship influenced leia and her decisions moving forward 
Because um, yeah. I, I disagree with the mentality that it doesn't make sense for her regarding A New Hope. I feel like, based on what oh, we've yeah. seen in the movies, this is, it fits canon perfectly. But we also have yeah. um, expanded media like, you know, Princess of Alderaan and Bloodline, yeah. where, I mean, I'm guessing she, I haven't read those two books specifically, but I'm gathering that she doesn't talk about Obi-Wan in those, right? But yeah. there's also an interesting point where they talk about Leia's design from, um, Leia's design from Revenge of the Sith for her lightsaber is based partly on Ben's design for his lightsaber. And the the prop makers for that came out oh, on Twitter, yeah. shared the photo and said that. They're like, this element we took from Obi-Wan's lightsaber and this element we took, obviously, from Kylo's to show that she was influenced by Luke's lightsaber, which was influenced by Ben's lightsaber, and then Kylo was influenced by her lightsaber. And I'm like, this yeah. is awesome. My two credits yeah. said, my very brief note from the rewatch, the Padawan they zoom in, on, zoom in on in the hallway is one of the Padawans in the flashback of Order 66 from yeah. part one. I'd care if people piece that together. I haven't seen it yet. I actually went back to yeah, rewatch that piece and I couldn't tell if it was him or not because looking for the horns, but I couldn't see because it was really yeah. dark. Um, but if that's him, awesome. That's a really great um, connection. Yeah, yeah, I wonder no, I, if... I love that. Yeah, I wonder if... Um, like, obviously this is just speculation, um, so take this with what you will, but um, I wonder if that's going to connect to Riva if mm. we're going to find out that she had to sell out her her other youngling uh, in order to be where she is. I um, think that would be a really interesting ooh, ooh, He says if you watch the credits, it's the same actors too, so that, that's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah like I heard that about that. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. I saw some people saying that it was Saw's Bandium. I did a video on this. Did you guys Did you guys see the video that I did on uh, yeah, with the Darth yeah. Vader? And how he planned. Yeah, that um, was so yeah, funny. Just the, the bonk the, on the bonk. On the, I was like, guys, that was so good. I'm sitting there editing this damn video, and I'm losing my fucking mind. I'm like, this better pop off. Like, this better be one of those like <laughs> 67, 2,000 views. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, oh, I was yeah. so, so happy with that video. I was it's like, this so is so funny. good. Um, yeah, perfect Vader impression too. Um, I'd love oh, to transition yeah. and talk about the score in Obi Wan for a minute. Obviously, we have. Yeah. Uh, confirmation that uh, John Williams came in and uh, he wrote the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme, the theme for Benny, yeah. as he called it. Yes. Um, and he also wrote a suite. And I've seen people talking about how if he wrote a suite, that should be the original music and they're not using it. So I don't know. My thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Spen here too, is that that suite could also have just been all of the different versions of the Ben Kenobi theme. Because um, we don't just hear the one version. We've got a sad version. We've got a triumphant version. Like That was my understanding of that. And when they're like, hey, he's done the, the, the theme and a suite. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's like nine different versions of the theme. Right. Um, I'm not sure how much of it is um, because obviously uh, I don't have a copy of the, of the score or anything like that. Mm. But um, yeah... Or, or, um, nor do I have a, uh, you know, uh, have I had a chance to listen to the score, uh, and it's like without all the stuff, um, brought on. But, uh, I will say that, like, uh, there are different versions of, um, of his theme kind of interspersed without. There's, uh, yeah, there's one that is accompanied with minor chords, and there's one that is accompanied, it's the same. Uh, it's the same theme, but accompanied by major chords, um, which take with what take uh, what you will. But um, I thought that that was interesting. And if you look at the if you look at the chords, 
it's actually the same chords that are in uh, the Imperial March, almost to almost exactly. Really? Um, people have pointed out that there is no Imperial March in the show that we've that we've seen so far, but I would argue that it's in the Obi Wan theme. It goes dun dun da da dun dun da 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 back to back to that one chord, right? Dun, dun, dun. I, I could do this better if I had access to my piano. Oh, sure, yeah. I hope you get. I hope you get. Yeah, no, I definitely understand what you're saying. What I'm saying. Um, it's really interesting that, and I found that one of the things that I liked about the Obi Wan Kenobi theme itself is how much it is influenced by like any other themes. You hear the Force in there. Yeah. You hear across the stars. You hear a little yeah. bit of Imperial March. To and that the main, point, and just, the main theme, Luke's theme. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Um, and to that point, a question for the, the two of you guys as well: like, how do you feel about? the obi-wan kenobi not using legacy tracks uh, well um so uh one thing that that people have again i want to go back to that idea of not using the imperial march so um if you notice in the original trilogy uh, a new hope also does not use the imperial march with vader instead it has this theme that goes Dun, 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 da, 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 and throughout uh, the Obi-Wan series, we're hearing, I'm at least hearing, uh, something akin to that when it comes to the Empire Invader. It's like, it's using those two chords that dun, 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 back and forth between those two. So, if you will... I wonder if we can consider that the Vader hunts Kenobi theme. I remember this and from your course, video. And of course, after uh, after that, he's you know he's dead, and now the Imperial March takes uh, takes over, and that's his new theme, and that and that can be the Vader you know Vader hunts Luke theme, you know, mm. or or the Vader is is a conflicted theme since you get it in the yeah. prequels as well i know um, that um well, one of my f one of the interesting things about the imperial march for me as well um is this has now become like diegetic in universe music yeah. it's not just vader's theme it's the imperial march it's it's the music yes. of the empire um yep. and so for example in solo where we hear in the background where they're like we want you to join the empire um, yeah. And it happens in Rebels a lot as well. I feel like, yeah. while yes, it is synonymous with Vader a lot of the time, it's because Vader is the face of the Empire. Yeah. And this is a theme that belongs to the Empire, not to Vader. It's the Imperial March, not, not Vader's March. Um, right. And I feel like, particularly with what Natalie Holt is doing with the music, very similar to how I felt with how Michael Giacchino did for Rogue One. The score for Rogue One is phenomenal. Um, I, yeah. I feel I come back to that opening theme, which becomes, I think, Genosa's theme, where it's just like, um, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I just actually had it in my brain, um, and now it's gone. Uh, how does that <laughs> opening theme for Rogue One go? Da na 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 na. na yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 right. And it opens with the same two notes as the Star Wars theme, like da na da na na da na. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Absolutely. You take influence yeah. from everything that's come before and you create something that's wholly your own. Um, and again, that, I think Giacchino did the, the same Rogue thing. Rogue One theme. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, my understanding was that um, that ends up being slowed down and it becomes kind of Jin's theme through the, the film as well. I might be wrong on that. Um, I don't remember. Jin's the theme is a little bit different. It goes, uh, 
Na, 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 yeah, you're right. Na, yeah, that's the one. Na, 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 okay. That one which is which is taken is just... from uh, which is taken from Dies Irae. Which, if you're if you're familiar, I did a video and nobody watched it <laughs> about Dies Irae and and how it uh, how it how it really ties it. I pinned it even though it only got a few views. I pinned it because it's so important and John Williams uses it. It's this... um, I actually I have watched that video of yours. It was very interesting. Yes, and how it's not just a theme in Star Wars that shows up because um, you know he really uses it. Uh, he really uses it a lot in in themes, and it, it kind of becomes its own theme at some point. Oh yeah. And um, but um, where was I going? <laughs> I totally lost my train. <laughs> well, we were talking about how other composers are taking influence from John Williams and still making phenomenal music. Ludwig, Michael Giacchino, and now Natalie Holt. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like to, to your point there, it's it's this mentality that it's coming back to the we're not judging it for what it is, we're judging it for what it's not. People are going the music is yeah. bad because it's not Duel of the Fates, or sorry, Battle of the Heroes, oh. because it's not. But Star Wars is never, and, and like, I think the thing that people always forget, and this this is, and I understand, like I think Jean Favreau said in in the Star Wars gallery, uh, where it was saying like the. The Mandalorian is not an homage to Star Wars. It's an homage to the stuff that created Star Wars. It's like if you're yes. going to make something, especially music-wise, obviously John Williams is iconic. Arguably, very few franchises. You don't judge the MCU by its music. You don't judge like these no. like big. A lot of people don't even remember the themes from the like MCU the only the, the only memorable like uh, MCU themes. Uh, maybe I mean broad generalization, but I would say probably Loki because of the meme that happened. Uh, yeah. But like blew up uh, on TikTok. the TikTok sound, but uh, Natalie Holt, that, I would say, exactly. And again, she's doing a great job. But I'm saying it's yeah. the Avengers theme and Black Panther are like the oh, the two that are like yeah. in the MCU. However, with Star Wars, the music is just as synonymous. Oh, Kevin Kiner, I was about to bring um, him up as well. Yeah, like, I was going to mention him in the chat. They are, like, uh, the Kiner Bros are incredible. Oh, like again, Omega's theme. You brought that up a, a while ago. Omega's oh, theme, and how and how. Uh, like, I'm sorry, I made your girlfriend inconsolable after my theory based on that. This guy didn't even reply to my message. My girlfriend walks into the room the other night and is bawling her eyes out. I'm like, what's going on? At this point, she she doesn't even know what to refer to you by as name. <laughs> she was like, I watched <laughs> your friend's video about Omega and how Bad Batch is gonna end, and she. I literally held her. I actually, I voice recorded it. I haven't told her yet, but I, I recorded her crying, <laughs> and I was gonna show it to you, um, so you can see how heartbroken she was by your damn video, you piece of shit. Um, I've also, I, I wanted to just touch on, um, obviously Kevin Kind is phenomenal, but yeah. this mentality that Star Wars needs to continue using the same music, there's a video that I've just popped into the chat, which I'd love you guys to check out later as well, and this is by that guy Sideways that I was telling you about, Spell. Oh yeah. And this talks about how the music in Rise of Skywalker feels misleading because it's used for nostalgia and it's used in the wrong way. He talks about things like, for example, when Luke lifts the X-Wing out of the water and it plays Yoda's theme. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's reminding you of Yoda, but right. um, like this is a Luke moment. Why aren't we playing Luke's theme? Um, this is a triumphant Luke moment. And it talks about how that happens throughout the movie a lot. What is, what is the music saying? Because in Star Wars, a lot of the story is told through the music, you know? Like, again, those moments where Anakin is going a bit darker and John Williams has that little, um, what's it called? I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, the motif. Like the, yeah, like the, the light motif, motif where it's like, dun, dun, dun. like those little moments where you go, oh, I, I know. Um, 
Star Wars has always told a story through its music, and it doesn't do that in Rise of Skywalker that well. Yeah. One thing, one thing I would argue about that is he he uses different odd themes, and I'm going to bring this back to Kenobi. Yeah, because when um, when Obi Wan dies, and this has not made sense for 45 years, it right? makes sense to me now. Obi Wan dies. Whose theme plays? You would think Liz. it would be the Force theme, which used to be Obi Wan's theme. You would think luke is reacting to it you would think maybe uh maybe it would be uh the luke's theme in a in a minor key uh which john williams does in some in some parts of the original trilogy um but it actually plays leia's theme which genius <laughs> in hindsight makes so much sense and and it's that kind of stuff that for me what i love about it is like that there are little themes and with star wars just that music has always been used to give you a grander sense of the of the universe and all, again i think music is your real key into how you tell the story like how how an audience like when i approach music for my own projects i go music is so important to me because i also think that music can be so manipulative like jaws is the perfect example i know you, but but like obviously naf like obviously you haven't seen it but everybody knows the dun 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 like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> the classic theme but the, the the key with it is if you muted jaws sure some of the stuff could be scary but the music is what drives you if it you play that it. theme alone in the middle of the dark it's unsettling yeah like it's it's that stuff for me where i go it, because music is so powerful i also understand a lot of people cover up bad um bad storytelling with good music mm. like because it's so easy that it's right. the idea of if you have a john williams if you put a john if you put duel over the fates over like me you know brushing my teeth it's gonna it's gonna be the most epic teeth brushing you you've make ever that seen. a tiktok like, it's please like, it, oh my god oh, <laughs> that sounds well, like it's, pure well, it's, gold well exactly well it's the idea of like it's that's how it changes our perception of a scene mm -hmm. where you can even yeah. take the same scene put two different tracks of music on it totally different scenes but it's the same scene like it has the same yeah. thing but the subtext becomes different yeah and what i think right. is and, and then yeah, beyond people, that what ahead. you're saying is that like the concept of taking the music and adding another element where we can hearken back to a motif you associate with something else to show you thematically why what's happening is significant yeah and sure it's used better better at sometimes than others but what i think is so important is the fact that if you're bringing it back and putting it in something does it have a narrative significance having the vader theme a lot in clone wars when anakin does something sketchy is like important having yeah. the fact that omega's theme is the bad batch's theme but done with this more legato heroic sense of it's not this pop serialized yeah. version of it yeah. it's a or the fact that the bad batch theme isn't in full until crosshair joins back at that scene in the penultimate episode it's yeah. like the fact that that wasn't there for so long and you would hear the theme but it wouldn't be fully there until it's the batch fighting again yeah and yeah. and I'm like it's it's brilliant when you use it because an audience doesn't understand unless you're you are nerds about this stuff or are just incredibly perceptive you don't notice and you shouldn't notice that's the idea right Absolutely. it's 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 that's it's the, just in the back it's like good editing you don't sit here and go that like yeah. that was that's one of my favorite things when I'm watching a film and I'm just like 
hold on. For like this whole time, I haven't felt jarred or anything like that. I love really good editing. Um, also, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but I believe that The Last Jedi actually comes with a feature on the disc where you can watch it with no dialogue, just music. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw I somebody mentioned that. this to me on TikTok the other day, and I didn't know, and I was trying to find it. It's not on Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus has standard and audio commentary, but I have the Blu-rays. So, like, I actually I kind of want to check this out because one of the things that I thought was really interesting about the production of The Last Jedi is that Ryan Johnson got John Williams to um, basically do all the music before the movie came out. He's like, I want to edit to the music, not the other way around. He, he works the other way. And John Williams has always been like, all right, there's the movie. Let's play the movie in the background. Let's go. And he would conduct and, and, and record the music that way. Last Jedi flips that around. And there's an interesting thing there where th some people might argue that maybe like it, it doesn't feel like it matches as much, but I feel, and I don't know if you guys even knew that that was something that they did, but the music in The Last Jedi, particularly of those three films feels so much more elevated to me i feel like because the scenes were shot with the intention of the music behind it um they a lot of those scenes tend to hit a lot harder and there's especially the scenes that have silence because all of the music and all of the the, the shots are uh have been composed to fit the music and the editing's done to match it there the second you get silence silence becomes very important in this film right um yep and Matt Reese, well, batman did that as well that kind of um it's I'm interesting it in there. don't get me started on that theme when we're done i, I wonder I, I wonder if that same chords uh, much. oh i've actually i've actually done um i've actually done a TikTok that was uh about about the batman music about the batman theme when it when it came out so um, but I, I was actually gonna say um that um that it's interesting because uh, I use this guide called uh, Frank Frank Lemon's um, a musical catalog, Star Wars catalog of Star Wars themes, something like that. Go to franklemon.com um, to check it out. It is one of the most in-depth um, catalogs of Star Wars music that I've, I've ever seen. And if I'm feeling like creatively bankrupt, I'll look at that for inspiration. Uh -huh. Well, one of the things that it, that it, and you guys are getting a uh, an exclusive here because I have I've been planning a video about this, um, but uh, I haven't done it yet. Um, there is like a uh, there's a moment in the Last Jedi where it uses um, where it uses something very close to uh, Battle of the Heroes. You get that that main melody, and it's the scene where yeah. uh, where Paige uh is sacrificing herself and you see the, the mm -hmm. like bombs drop you hear da, 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 right and um it's it's interesting because you don't get a lot of callbacks to prequel uh themes in the sequels and um i frank Le frank lemon speculates and i don't know how much of this is it because it, it is just speculation Obviously, I don't have a window into uh, Ryan Johnson's house or anything like that, or his head editing room, but that he, Ryan Johnson, used Battle of the Heroes as a temp track for that scene, and then John Williams was like, okay, and and did something similar, so. Huh. That's pencil. I, and I find that interesting, like, because, uh, I don't know, like, I, I get that, and I think that that's really, uh, again, that stuff's just really compelling and interesting 
uh, obviously, uh, spend. How are we doing on time? Should we move on to our rankings? Like, do our quick like uh, ranking stuff. Do you gotta go soon? Um, I think I think maybe I can go until like nine thirty ish. Perfect. Well, why don't we do uh, like go move on to the rankings? Like, obviously, so you're obviously. I think we all are enjoying Obi Wan. Excited to see yes. where it goes, and yes. excited to see kind of what comes next. Is that kind of where we're all kind of at? Yeah, um, I agree. I'd love to touch on, on just one small point before we move on to our rankings that I've been thinking of that, I'd, like I said, I just wanted to share with you guys, just based on the show. Um, and it comes from the conversation around um, why did Vader let uh, Obi-Wan go? Um, and a lot of people have been giving their different sort of insights to this. I don't know how you guys see, but my current mentality is Vader didn't let um, Obi-Wan go. Anakin did. Um, I don't know if you guys would agree with that. Um, I, I, something along the lines of that, I subscribe to the idea that he's been dreaming and plotting this moment for 10 years. And it's not perfect. And that when he finally gets there and Obi-Wan doesn't put much of a fight, he goes, this isn't satisfying. This isn't, mm. this is not, I, I, I need to, and I really want to savor this. And um, and that's why he lets him go to live to die another day. Um, and I feel like that is such a, an Anakin Skywalker thing to do. Yeah, he is a drama uh-huh. queen. Yes. Um, yeah. I I do love that mindset as well. Um, I, I remember seeing that and I was like, this this makes a lot of sense to Vader as a character. The reason I ended up leaning more into the concept of like maybe Anakin is showing his face a little bit more is based on like other context cues that we get throughout the series. So I come back and I start thinking about the scenario of um, at what other points post Vader's birth do we see Anakin Skywalker? Um, there's the scenario that there's basically obviously this potentially if that's what he's doing. The next time I see him in canon doing that is Rebels. And you have this mentality right. of if the world between worlds is a constant loop and Ahsoka was always saved, why did Vader leave? Why didn't he wait for her to come back? Why didn't he hunt for her on Malakor? What was the case there? Is it that Vader was like, eh, whatever, I'm damaged, I'm going to go? Or was it that Anakin came through again and was like, okay, she's dead. If I believe she's dead enough and tell the Emperor that she's dead, I won't have to hunt her anymore and she'll get to live. Um, there's that sort of potential undertone there too. And then you move into... Um, the other aspect, which um, Jedi Starkiller, another amazing TikToker, made a video which actually oh, prompted yeah. this theory, where he said, "Why did Vader let him go? Oh, like this is so stupid. It's bad writing. Vader should have stopped him or grabbed him with the Force or whatever." And then he goes back and he goes, "Oh yeah, Episode Three of Kenobi. Yeah, of course." And he's like, "No, Empire Strikes Back." And I'm like, "Yeah, of course. Vader could have caught Luke with the Force." But Anakin didn't want to kill his son and didn't want to turn his son. Yeah. And it influences his decision in Return of the Jedi where Anakin shows his face and saves his son. And so I yeah. end up subscribing to the theory that Vader has gone from being... Uh, like, he is a force of nature, but he's also a tormented character rather than pure villain. And while there are aspects of pure evil, there's a deep-seated regret in this person. And you see that a lot in the comics. Um, there's a lot of of moments where you know when he finds out that his his son was the one who destroyed the death star he's like, i have a son and then it's just empty panels and then a crack on the the glass of, yeah. the, of the the star destroyer and it's beautiful storytelling and you're just going that that crack is his, is his heart breaking going fuck yeah 
there was I love something. That. There was something. And this is why I subscribe to this 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 theory that Anakin has been showing his face in Vader many times throughout the saga. And, and why I come back to the um the element in potentially in episode three that there's there's more to it there's more to this character than than what people are wanting to see they want to see brutal vader i'm like cool that's awesome but vader being a character um and somebody that has a lot of complexity to them i find infinitely more interesting um so that was my little theory on on the 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 vader of it all <laughs> the vader of it all yes yes like i i kind of share the same opinion you guys no, not much more to add in that regard i think that it's it's one of those things where yet to be seen I agree with the concept of not wanting it to be, uh, uh, not wanting to let him. I, I like the idea that it's not as satisfying. It's like, not yet. Again, your pain has only begun. It's oh, like, yeah, I love that. I know you, it's, it's more yeah. for me. It's like, I know you're alive. If you think it's like, I know you are. And I know that you're around like sort of thing. Like, like I will find you. We will meet again. This is yeah. going to be brutal. I love it. Uh, it like, exactly. So, Let's move uh, on. Let's let's do these rankings. So uh, obviously we have some firing off rankings, which I believe will become a staple of uh, kind of this podcast so far. So right now we have basically created different categories. We've all come up with the top three answers to some of these, and so uh, obviously I guess we'll, like we'll start off with uh, our should guests go first? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, uh, which which, which uh, category did you want to start with, Moon Man? Uh, I mean, I guess we can all obviously go in the order of uh, which you sent it, if that works. Like the uh, do fi- uh, or do we want to do uh, like because Bad Batch is first up, uh, like there, right? Or what order do you have it spent? I have Bad Batch Visions, uh, films, and uh, Clone Wars arcs. That's what perfect. Mine is. I that's how mine's oriented too. All right, let's do I don't it. Know about you? So let's go all top right. three Bad Batch ships, and then give us you know a quick uh, why. Okay, I said, um, I said, and these are in no particular order because I don't believe in rankings. Not, not to try to cop out, but you know, I. No, I just, think we're uh, all on the same page there. Yeah, everything. Absolutely serves not. A I disagree fully. <laughs> <laughs> I respect your opinion, your take, but you're wrong. Your, your, your take. L L. <laughs> How am I supposed to Mine judge number you one. if that's the case? If yeah. you say it's in no particular order, how am I supposed to say it's wrong? anyway continue right that's 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 my trick you see it it can't be wrong um that's what i said uh in no particular order um aftermath which is the first episode just because uh it Mm. how good to get it was so it was such a nice way to open up the series and uh to see it kind of um interplay with moments of revenge of the sith you just see how um how those moments uh you know they weren't just moments that affected uh the main characters of of the films they are moments that affect the entire galaxy which is obviously why we keep getting uh order 66 it's a huge uh it's like somebody taking a giant rock and throwing it in a pond and you see the ripple effects going in all directions it reminds um, me sort of um like doctor who that sort of fixed time yes but like these right. are points that you can't change this is it this yes. has happened go right absolutely irreversible um, yeah 
I uh, I also said um, cut and run. Ooh, so, yeah, love that one. Which was the second episode. Um, uh, it just was so cool to see uh, Crosshair and to see elements of the Republic and the um, the clones starting to transition into uh, stormtroopers mm. and do it in such a way that that makes a lot of sense, um, at least mm -hmm. to me. And uh, and then I had uh, I had the finale. I <laughs> I kind of cheated a little bit. Uh, I kind of put the last two episodes together. Understandable. Uh, yeah, because I kind of I kind of see them as one story, one one bigger overarching story, and uh, like it was so cool to see Camino, uh, which you know twenty years ago when we saw it in Attack of the Clones. I think we knew it was important, but I don't think that we realized uh, just how important it was going to end up being in the whole entire saga. And oh, uh, so to right. see it, to see the end of of that, and to see uh, just how important it was, was really, really uh, special, I thought. I, I hadn't really felt heartbreak for a place like I did for yeah. Camino. I feel like yes. if A New Hope had come out post obi-wan kenobi and we'd you know been attached yeah. to alderaan i feel like going back and watching a new hope after kenobi is going to be a, a different viewing experience right but yeah we are now even more attached to bail we understand how much he's loved by his people and alderaan is beautiful and yeah it's just it's alderaan you know like it's a paradise it's a perfect combination yeah. of of the future of technology and the the softness of nature it just it's it's wonderful um and camino like like you said it's, it's that same sort of thing but like we actually got attached to Camino, and you know to yeah. Poker City. Like, we have seen this for years, and it's gone. Um, it was a beautiful and perfect uh, story beat in in that finale. I love that. Really great ranking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was absolutely right, now, traumatic. Wanna... Oh, one hundred percent, absolutely. You want to go now with yours? I would love to. Um, so my again, no particular order. Sorry. Um. Battle Scars. Uh, we Ooh. get Rex back. We get Rex not oh, trusting yeah. that the Bad Batch are neutral, really. He's like, "What? Well, you guys haven't had your chips removed. And that mentality of Rex, uh, Wrecker. I'm it's still a, here. I just got to take this real quick. I'm still listening. You're all good. Yeah. Um, the mentality that, um, that uh, we've been getting seeds planted for about five episodes that Wrecker is going to kind of turn. You know that... Yeah, and I think the yeah. episode before where he knocks his head and he's like, good soldiers follow. And then just yeah. go, I was like, oh! Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. that pin dropped, oh my God, the emotions that I felt. And obviously they've also been playing heavily on the Omega and Wrecker relationship up to that point. So it feels like an earned character beat. It's beautiful. And then obviously they finally, they beat him and, and, and that's the core of that episode. I just find that that, that relationship between Omega and Wrecker is so beautiful, and we end up like it, yeah, it influences Wrecker's character a lot and makes him more than just like the brute that he was in the Bad Batch episodes of the Clone Wars. I think yeah. Movie Man talks about this quite a bit. Where I liked the Bad Batch, I thought they were cool, but that was about it. Like, what else did they have to offer? The show made me love them. It, that simple. They, that challenging of their um, purpose is just phenomenal. So that is one of my favorite episodes. 
directly after that, we get the episode um, reunion, which is where mm. Crosshair comes back and we start to see how dangerous somebody that has been on your side and now isn't is worth. And now thinking about it out loud, um, this kind of influences a lot of why Order 66 was so successful. The clones knew how the Jedi worked. Anakin knew how the Jedi worked. When he went into the temple, that was calculated. That was a calculated attack. Um, and this lines up. I think I'm just I'm like blowing my right. own mind thinking about it out loud right now. How that makes a lot of sense. We've got an inside man here. Continue this conversation. Apart. I gotta go pick up food for the wife and have sure, okay. Give me a second. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, he disappears on the Bad Batch conversation. Or, yeah, right. Um, but the way that it ties all of that together is it's it's beautiful it's really beautiful um and then of course we finally we see the 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 cad bane scene at the yeah. end of that episode which just right. ties together an already perfect heartbreaking when the when the the what's it called the engine falls down and it cooks yeah. across his face that was the moment where i thought maybe his chip was damaged which is why I subscribe to the fact that he didn't have his chip removed, but it was damaged. Yeah. But then at that point, he's so filled with fury and anger towards his friends that even if he thought the Empire was wrong or didn't believe in it, he's still going to be like, you guys did this to me. I'm not going to forgive you. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which is beautiful. And yeah, obviously Cad Bane showing up. Like, and the fact that they went full into the Western vibe for him, that right. gunslinger, oh man, so, so cool. Um, and the way that they composed those shots, um, again, it's very Dave Filoni, right? They did the same sort of thing in, um, episode seven of Boba Fett. Uh, we were just talking about, um, Cad Bane showing up in Bad Batch. Oh yeah. No, that's, yep. That was such a big moment. And just no part of me at all expected that. That was one of the most beautiful, um, moments for me watching where I just, I didn't anticipate it. To the same way that, like, the same thing yeah. happened in episode 6 of, of Book of Boba Fett. These little moments that feel like they're worth so much more because these characters aren't everywhere. Um, All right. And then Especially also, Cad Bane. Yeah, you're right. Especially and Cad. The Previously to that, we, I was also just saying, a movie man, that the moment where the, the engine cooks Crosshair's face... Yeah, I subscribe to the theory that that has damaged his inhibitor chip. So he hasn't removed it; it's been damaged. So um, it's no longer functioning. So same as it being removed, but because he's filled with so much fury and anger for what's happened to him and how his brothers have basically betrayed him, of course he's going to stick with the Empire no matter what. Um, which is where where I land on that that conversation. I still subscribe to the theory that I think. I think it's in replacements, if I'm not mistaken. You see him come out. I th you assume they're doing a scan. Mm -hmm. That's what the audience assumes. Oh, yeah. But it very says, interesting. it says, it says, it says procedure complete or something akin to that, like huh. some sort of thing like that. And I still believe my thing is if you go back and watch, we assume that's just a checkup on like maybe make sure the chip is working you know doing vitals you know standard stuff to make a note of this but in my head i'm like my head i believe that's when it's removed that lines it's up because with the kind Tark, of story because tarkin also because also tarkin goes and says something essentially even like because they said that the chips none of their chips were working at full capacity yes you could argue maybe 
Crosshairs was active, but even in the opening, they said yeah, they had to dial up. Oh, his up. wasn't as act, and they had to dial it up. Which I think, obviously, the dialing up had an effect clearly. But I think Tarkin realized, oh, this guy's loyal. Regardless, he he like he was already doing this, and again, you see his efficiency. What I love, I heard somebody talk about it. There, there's a person that uh, on TikTok who uh, I, I I love their content about um. Uh, they love Crosshair. And I I overheard a bit of a live saying that, oh, well, it's kind of predictable Crosshair would be the one that would be kind of the, out of all of them, be the evil, quote-unquote, evil one, you know, Dark Sniper, of course he would be that. And, uh, you know, it'd be more interesting if Hunter turned, but then, and it got me thinking, I'm like, they're absolutely right. If Hunter had turned, oh, that would have been scarring for the batch. However, if Hunter would have turned, it would have been only because of his chip. There would have, the, the, like that. Mm. There's no way Hunter as a character. There's no complexity there it, it, with his decision. Well, right? He's a good guy. Ex exactly. Well, it's the idea that as soon as his chips removed, he's reverting. Yeah. He'll feel tremendous guilt. He's a Rex archetype character. Yeah. Like there's no. Once Rex had his removed, he shot his own brothers because they were trying to kill Ahsoka, and that meant a lot for him to do. Mm. But anyway, going going to kind of like my ranking with it because this is why I love this show. But that's Not my opinion. Finished. Why. I have one like, episode oh, to go. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, shit, man. Asshole. Fuck. Sorry. Give me two This films. is what happens when I leave. Um, I was going to say, um, also just on that point as well, because I, I think that you you might be right there with, with when Crosshair gets his chip removed. But that also lines up with the kind of storytelling they're doing in Babbage with misdirection. Think about how they, they revealed Omega to us. Oh, there's five, five uh, genetically modified clones. Echo's not modified. He's just a clone. It was Omega the whole time. How did you guys not think of this? So it lines up. It right. tracks. It's a good pickup. Yeah. Um, the last episode that I wanted to talk about is Rescue on Ryloth. Um, I find that... And Hauser is just like... He has a special yeah. place in my heart. And it's this mentality of like... he His chip isn't working. It's not working. He has this insane loyalty to his commander that he's just he's not giving up you know he's at home on ryloth and he's the first clone that we see post episode one um of bad batch that has emotion that has understanding and when he does that speech and he goes are we really gonna stand for this this is wrong and all of the clones drop there i was like ah oh. not all not yes all. you're right yeah not all and but, that's and that's but that continue and that like, that speaks to okay are these guys under control or are they clones that think they're right this this dynamic is really interesting on top of that seeing chopper in um clone wars style animation is just something i didn't know i needed uh young hera incredible the way that she has a relationship with omega like yes. this is beautiful and hearing hera talk about how she wants to fly influence the conversations that she has in rebels again it just it comes full circle there um yeah so that's that's one of the things that i like a lot um and obviously we, we bring everybody together um again too where we've got crosshair there um and yeah bringing back Cham Syndulla meeting Hera's mum who we've never met before and we oh. know that at some point between here and Rebels she she dies right she's not in Rebels we don't she's not in Rebels and there's no and there's like uh no mention of her do well actually spent do we know anything if she canonically like I mean clearly it's a it's it's a Star Wars animated show they're gonna kill the mom <laughs> but like I, uh right. you know yeah. Uh, she um so is the book uh dark lords of the sith still 
still considered canon? Uh, Lords of the so. Sith was the first one of the first canon books that they did. Right. The one that's got Palpatine right. and Vader on the cover? Yes. That was one of the first ones. I'm trying to remember that one because that one has uh, Cham Syndulla in it. Well, they, they, they almost... They almost like I know I was watching something that was saying they almost retconned that with how uh like um Onfrita almost died, but then the fact that he didn't, they said, Oh, well then the candid events still stand, like right. Um, yeah. So but I but to me I think it would make sense if, if uh she dies and that's what sends Cham into They said she dies. Uh, well yeah, like they said it, she died. Okay. And, and it makes sense that that's what would set Cham into his old ways again. It's it's again yeah. that's what people do after grief is they they fall into a lot of those patterns, mm. and so it, it would make a lot of sense if that was the case. It's um uh, what my two credit said for Bad Batch Echo. Um, so the, he's saying that the Teenage Ninja Turtles. Um, yes. so oh, Hunter is Leo, Crosshair is Raph, Tech is Donnie, Wrecker is Michelangelo. I am one hundred percent. That's with awesome. that. Yeah, that's cool. My... And uh so that would that make um would that make Omega April O'Neil? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh yes. it would make Echo Casey Jones. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh except hopefully Echo and Omega don't end up together. That's that that would be that'd be kind yeah, of a, 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 a that, that that's a little the the the, imp, the the metaphor doesn't always go and do it. Era also yeah. had a oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about I, that. I wonder if they have the brother like off world somewhere or if he he died early on in their life. Like I wonder if he died in the Clone Wars mm, or if he uh would have been like maybe Cham's first son, like maybe it's her older brother. There's also and, like, a book he died. um called A New Dawn which tells the story of oh, like yeah. how Hera and Kanan met. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um oh, yeah. which had a foreword by Dave Filoni. He wrote I believe the treatment for the story and then somebody else adapted into a novel. Um, oh, I love that. So yeah, there's lots of stuff like that too. But yeah, those are my three episodes: Battle Scars, Reunion, and Rescue on Ryloth. All right, go movie man. No, I, I love those. I love those. I th- it's funny because you guys talk about them, and I'm like, oh, there's so many good episodes that like I I, I I almost rethought my entire ranking as we were talking because I'm just like all of it's good. But I'll stick with what I have. Right now, I have Reunion is number three, and uh, he d- oh he died young. Oh, that's really interesting. Like, I still think that that'd be cool, to, cool to explore a mm, little bit, yeah. and I hope they do. But I have reunion as uh, my number three pick, mainly because with it, uh, I'm trying to remember because replacements and reunion are so similar to me. I'm just trying to remember what which because reunion, I believe. Uh... Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, reunion. Wow. I thought re- reunion was the one that I loved so much because it not only reintroduced Cad Bane, which I thought was a... To me, it was like, you. they already had Fennec Shand in the show. And I was like, when you put Cad Bane in there, I was like, you're saying something. Cad Bane is one of the most capable characters and competent Star Wars villains in the entire Star Wars canon. He is the best bounty hunter out there. Like, like my boy is, is number two, but it's right. like, but Cad Bane... At, no, two. I know what I said, but uh, but uh, but the whole point is that uh, Cad Bane is without a doubt just one of the most capable characters. Honestly, probably next to people like Palpatine and Tarkin, Cad Bane, if he had enough desire for that, easily could be like of their level. 
But he just doesn't... That's not his desire. That's not his joy. So to bring him in as, like, one of the villains was such a great idea. And I hope that it continues. Like, I hope he's continuing to be a part of the show. But, um... But mainly what I loved about that was also had one of my favorite lines from Tech, which is when they're on Bracca and looking over the entire wasteland filled with Clone Wars ships. And she just says, Tech, what was the war like? And, he's, and he says a very clinical definition of the war, where like like saying like it was a series of objectives, like that, like basically you would achieve or not, like basically of two, two opposing sides. It was sides. a war, bitch. <laughs> yeah. and, and exactly, yeah. like, and that's like, but he says it very tech. And then, and she says, but what was it like? And he says, I just told you. But with the utmost sincerity. And sure, it's a funny line to a certain degree, but to me, it explains so much about tech and how he also saw himself in the war. Was It's like a series of objectives. We go in like yeah like it's just there was no emotion for tech because that's not how he processes the world because he's on yeah. the spectrum a little bit uh and the the concept of how tech is but also how omega didn't live the war is older yeah. than the batch but didn't actually live it and it's like you know to see that there's just so much to unpack there not to mention as one of my favorite openings with wrecker teaching omega how to disarm a bomb and yeah. having that whole moment there where it's like, you think I was going to let your Trayvon alive explosive? I'm not that crazy. And <laughs> yeah. just go and like, and I just thought that was such a great moment. And the relationship is have... like one of the, the core staples of why I love that show so much. Yeah, you have the father-son, then... father-daughter relationship of, of Hunter and Omega, but Omega and Wrecker is something special. Really special. Oh, it's, it, it, it's even stuff that, like, it felt to me akin to the same thing when you felt when you saw Hera and Sabine together in Rebels, where it's like, that's a different relationship. That's, like, a relationship I want to see more of. Or Zeb and Ezra. It's like, there are combinations of characters that you just desperately want to see. That one was an unexpected but one, but once it started happening, I was like, yes. Yeah. And, and so that's why like reunion is one of mine. Replacements is number two, Love that. mainly because uh, like going to your point, uh, spend about it where it's like, I was watching the show not knowing what it was going to be, and after episode two, I'm like, oh, cut the queen. Oh, that was cool, and we're seeing the empire, but I didn't know if it was going to be a one focus story, kind of like uh, Mandalorian, where it's like we're we, we're not really separated from Mando all that often. Like we're not if right. unless Mando's there, we're not seeing that story really you know like right. pretty much like more or less that's a very fixed focal point story and i didn't know if that was what we were getting with bad batch but then they introduce oh no guess what crosshair is the other story so the empire is the other part of this story that they did not tell us they didn't set that up in any of the trailers right. or anything like that much less this is the first death trooper squad mm, i love this that. is oh, yeah. right this is truly the first and then that whole scene where they're taking out saw's rebels talk about the music that was when i was my wife and i were on vacation uh, in florida at the time and i i was watching it and i was like holy holy shit they're, they're having like these guys coming out of the trees just shooting people point blank and then it gets that one moment of like like i'm not gonna tell i don't know anything and it's like i like even if i did i wouldn't and then just bam he shoots her and he just goes i believe you like that's yeah how cold and then my favorite line is then it's like 
they're civilians. Like we're like we're not execution squad. We're packing up. We're going home." And then he just says, "Do you want to know why they put me in charge?" And then you just turn around and he just says, "Because I have, because I'm willing to do what needs to be done." And it's yeah. like, "Are you failing to comply?" And then and then he goes, "Like none of us are." And then he just shoots the guy just straight in the head. And then he looks at everybody else and just says, "Good soldiers follow orders." do it and he doesn't do it he makes them do it and i'm like if you're gonna come over here and say that the bat again it's the classic close clone wars is for kids it's like yeah i'm like if you're gonna come over here and say the bad batch wasn't dark or things like that i'm like what did you what show did you watch i watched right. the show where they burned civilians alive like, uh, like that's that, the show I it's the bad batch is filler which I hate it. I hate it so much. That not the show. I love the show. I hate that, of course, yeah. that complaint, right? Of that course. You fucking yeah. <laughs> the confidence on this man is like, of course you love it. Why wouldn't you? It's the greatest show ever. It's but great. It's, it's great. phenomenal. It's the best. And I just yeah, like it's brutal. Um, yeah, but uh, honestly, I am gonna go back yeah. and watch that episode when we jump off stream. Honestly. You guys are maybe like I wanna go back and watch it again. Oh yeah, and, and the final one for me is still because it's when the whole show took that turn to me where i was like oh my That's this was doing. the story they were telling the whole time was when was returned to camino and crosshair says i had my ship removed and i go and i think you brought up a great point with the, the ryloth arc because what the show has done is it has made the question whether or not crosshair hat still has his chip or not it's irrelevant you're telling me all those clones on ryloth Every single one of the ones that was able to put their shield down had an, a broken chip. You're telling me that conveniently there were enough broken chips that all these people had it. Yeah. I believe that Howard's uh, that Hauser's chip is completely activated. I personally believe that because I go his convictions are stronger than his programming. And the the thing is, and possibly you could argue they had no Jedi on Ryloth, so maybe it the effect was it, it wasn't as strong because they didn't have any Jedi. But I go, you honestly are telling me that you that you set that up, that whether or not we're having this debate that Crosshair has a ship, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Regardless, it's irrelevant. Mm. Because you're telling me all those troopers had broken ships, they still threw down their shields. So you're telling me not those, those, those 10 are the odd ones out, well, then it's becoming pretty narratively convenient which ones have chips and which ones don't. I could, think it's could I a stronger ask a question for you as well. Yeah. Um, just on the chips, do you think that maybe it could be a scenario where, like, when the chip initially switches on, it peaks with its power and then kind of degrades to the point where, like, basically the effects wear off? Do you think it could be something like that? I, I mean, I would say I think that they haven't gone into that enough. I mean, ultimately, the chip's main purpose was killing the Jedi. Yeah. I believe that arguably it doesn't really say much after that. Like, maybe to those defying Order 66, like the Bad Batch, who aren't doing this, which would provoke the idea of, well, Hauser is also saying this, so why wouldn't he be killed on sight if, if things work as he's disobeying? But this isn't related to Order 66. Mm. He's just protecting... Right. And it's like, I think you might oh, be getting so down to technical, but I think that the point of the show is saying, ultimately, regardless, it doesn't matter. Mm. Clones have a choice. And they either can wow. continue to go along with this or they don't. You look at Gregor, same deal. Now you can argue Gregor's been blown up, so maybe his chip was destroyed. But to me, I'm like, 
they focus on choice so much in this series that to me narratively it would be a weaker choice it, it for me i'm like either way with crosshair you with the themes you have set up can make it interesting whether he still has it and believes he doesn't is an interesting concept i think it's personally weaker i think it's stronger if crosshair has been making this decision the whole time i agree which is also why i think they're bringing cody in for season two because it's an opposite to crosshair where not an opposite fully but it's more an idea of two people that have a like-minded mentality but C cody actually shows doubt mm. and what's going to happen there when crosshair is doing this thing and and from the first season from you know the bad batch arc in the clone wars it seems like cody's actually worked with the batch multiple times he's the only one that i think maybe naf i think you were the one that said it or somebody else did that uh as somebody commented on the video i made about it that said cody is the only one that they that the batch actually refers to by name it, like not number or not as like a rank Ranks. They go, oh, yeah. exactly. Like, they don't, we don't work with regs. It's like, they don't, I don't think they consider Cody a reg. You know, it's kind of even like they say with Rex. It's like, I thought we didn't like the regs. This one we like. And so yeah. I feel like, you know, Rex is one of those, but Cody is too. Oh. And so I think that that's going to be an interesting thing to dive into. But Return to Camino, really, I did not see the crosshair twist coming. I thought for sure it's his inhibitor chip. And once yeah. they get it out of him, he'll feel guilty. But then after that happened, I was like, damn, if that is true. And then it wasn't, I didn't appreciate that moment until I rewatched the series and I said, everything lines up. Yeah. Everything lines up. If you watch this show with this focal point, there's not a single thing in here that doesn't make sense. With Crosshair's explicitly said mentality. And also, it has one of my favorite lines where he says, like, you know, uh, they don't forget, like, they don't abandon their own. Well, most of the time. And him, yeah. and that whole idea of of saying, like, we, Crosshair, we didn't have a choice. And then he's saying, and I did. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, never has in the show, they actually dive into Crosshair's right. In mm. all of those, he did, they did not come back for him. They didn't do any of that. And it points a finger at the characters and it doesn't say these guys aren't perfect either. They don't try to say that the batch is infallible. They don't try to say that the batch is a morality beacon of good. They are flawed, flawed people. And that's what Return to Camino did. And it showed me this series is a lot more deep. And after that, it made me go, I'm okay with this being a multi-season show. Yeah, I am okay. Yeah with this and and it made me i look back at that i'm like that it, it still makes me tear up with that whole thing so that's ultimately that's why i'm like that show just changed the whole show yeah. for me was that's that amazing one. so it's like so anyway that's my top three I, and I think then i know also, we're about, yeah it also um influences um like this mentality i was saying before that like everything is kind of planned right um, and everything's thought out really well. And I feel like a lot of the time we're expecting instant gratification from Star Wars to the point where people um, are asking, I want this, I want this, I want this. And when it's not happening, it's a plot hole and stuff. Yeah. I heard people saying, why aren't they going after Crosshair? Like, why would they just leave their brother? And the fact that they knew and they purposefully told a story where they didn't go after his brother and then used that as a story beat, that's not like a oh, halfway yeah. through the season, fuck, yeah, he should have gone back for him, shouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, but let's go and yeah, change everything. Yeah. No, this was the plan. And so this is where I come back to that, that idea of a story where I go, 
guys, just just pause for a second. Yeah, the story's not yeah. finished. Yeah, cool. Vader let him go. Awesome. There is a reason. Um, there's a reason and for if, everything. And, if there's, and if there's not, and if there's not at the end of this, that's a different discussion. Yeah. yeah. Like if that if that's a Absolutely. different thing later, that's like that's more for me as it's like it's not done. Let's not right. like. Yeah. Awesome. I love so, getting you guys' uh, rankings on all of that. That was awesome. Uh, Spin, checking in. How are you doing, my man? Good. Uh, I should probably, I should probably do maybe one more thing, either a ranking or one minute or our one minute. Let's uh, do uh, the high ground. high ground to die on. Let's jump over there and see, see how we're doing. Um, okay. why don't why don't you kick us off? So, Spin Kenobi, tell me what is a Star Wars high ground? Hold on, I'm going to change the music so we get something that fits the mentality. Something dramatic, dramatic as hell. Um, I want to put Omega's theme in the background, but we'll get a copyright strike. So, tell me, Spin <laughs> Kenobi. What is you a, have one minute? <laughs> one minute. What is a Star Wars high ground that you are willing to die on? And you can time so, him. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Tell me when. Tell me when. Yep. Go. All right. So, uh, mine is about Chirrut Imwe. Now, um, the canon material and the folks involved will tell you that uh, he he does not use the Force. That he's just kind of Force aware. Um, but I disagree. I, I think that he uses the force. Now, the, the argument against it is, well, he's like Daredevil. You know, he's he's blind, but he uses his senses. But but Daredevil's not just not just uses his senses. He also was interacting with the chemicals, right? The the chemicals that were involved with his accident. So Chirrut's Chirrut's uh, chemicals, the force, right? Um, also, we see in uh, A New Hope, Luke, basically, what's the difference between what he does at the Death Star, closing his eyes, turning off the targeting computer, and y using the forest to, you know, let that, you know, to fire the proton torpedo, you know, and Ben Kenobi even says, use the force, Luke, so he is using the force in that moment, mm -hmm. so I don't understand why Chirrut is not using the force when he's you know when he is hitting people and now maybe he's not using it to snap people's necks or lift rocks or whatever but i think that he is using the force and i have not seen a single argument convincing me otherwise beautiful well done well I done i love it well I, done i would agree with that i i think that yeah there's definitely that element of um he is like you said he's force aware but he doesn't use it but like Everything that we see tells us otherwise. Uh, to me, Chirrut is tuned into the Force. He just doesn't have the ability to wield it. I would probably agree with that. And we see that, like, the Force, uh, you know, it, it penetrates every living thing, right? He has the Force within him. He has the ability to maybe not control it to the extent that a Jedi could, but realistically, throughout the galaxy, people are constantly saying, may the Force be with you. They believe that this is an entity that can affect and change their life. And everything is as the Force wills it. If Chirrut Imwe stayed alive to the point where he needed to turn off that, um, or turn on the Master Switch, it's because the Force yes. willed it. Right, and and I think that I also think that if we're all one with the Force, then the Force using him to do something and him using the Force, there's not really that much of a difference, you know, <laughs> like. The yeah. whole point of Yoda's... I'm sorry, I'm I'm going over... No, go <laughs> no, I'm adding hey, more. The, it's okay, it's, it's, it's the hill, and it's then all it's the discussion. It. It's cool. Right. The, hill, the hills, hills need discussion, yes. It's kind of like, you know, what Yoda says, there's, there's no difference between lifting an X-Wing and lifting a rock. I also think that 
there's no difference between um you know like like blatantly using the force and using the force in subtler ways there's no such thing as subtle to the force everything is the same everything is connected everything is one in the force it's beautiful i i, I love it i love that theory Cherud is also one of the most under like that is a plot line i hope they they expand on is the concept of the guardian of the wills i think yeah. is uh there's a book needs to be expanded upon yeah, okay but not a book i want to see it like um i yeah, actually it's yeah. one of the ones it's one of the few books that i haven't got yet because i'm getting everything exclusively in hardback so i'm waiting to find a hardback version of that and then i'll buy it but obviously now that it's not in print anymore it's, i've got to find a secondhand one um mm. but yeah i absolutely agree like the the guardians of the wills are so interesting um yeah. and donnie yen was perfect casting for that character too Yes, yes, it's absolutely. Phenomenal. Yeah. Great take, great work. Um, great, take, man. great take. You have right. one minute, and it begins right. in three, two, one, go. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I would like to present to you Dirge from the Clone Wars of the Tarkovsky series. Yes, he has been brought back in Dr. Afra. However, Dirge single handedly is one of the coolest characters introduced in Star Wars. And the fact that he has made canon, yes, comic book, I think. And this applies to Mike. The hill I will die on is that Tarkovsky's Clone Wars, nothing in the entire Star Wars canon, not anything, has done anything as awesome. Like, from a sh sh sheer standpoint of action, the Tarkovsky Clone Wars made General Grievous horrifying. Agreed. He yeah. was, not, which, if anything, has ruined General Grievous for me in all other mediums, yeah. is because <laughs> that was the perfect use of this Jedi hunter and killer. I think they made General Grievous far worse in Clone Wars because of it. So my hill I will die on is Tarkovsky did Grievous the best. Okay. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And I think, I, I thought you were going in a little bit of a different direction there, where I thought you were going to say- There the were hill... seven ideas, but I had one minute. <laughs> I thought that potentially <laughs> the, the high ground that you would die on is that it's canon. Because- that, I thought so too. I, that's one yeah, of mine. I thought he was going to say that. I'm changing. I'm changing it. Con consider it. It is canon. It is canon. That and, is my. Uh, that is my stance. I just find that. That is my stance. If you play it as part one, Clone Wars. Sorry, Volume One, Clone Wars Volume Two. It kind of works. Exactly. It doesn't um like don't they have a different lead in to the Battle of Coruscant? No, like, so, so we get the Siege of Mandalore and Anakin going off, but the right. volume two tells the story of what happened on Coruscant, which in the film, right. we go General Grievous has mounted a daring attack and kidnapped the Chancellor. We don't know how he did it, but in volume two of the micro-series, we see it. And yeah, again, for anybody who's watching, if you haven't watched the Clone Wars 2D micro-series, it's on Disney Plus now, and I guarantee you, it is a fantastic time. It introduces Asajj Ventress. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you see her training. It's so cool. Um, it was the first time that we had uh, James Arnold Taylor play Obi-Wan Kenobi as well. Mm -hmm. um, which is also super cool. And you get an introduction to a bunch of really cool clones. But I Also mean, the knighting of Anakin? I, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's so Okay. Cool. Have you read the, the book, Brother? You guys haven't read the I book, haven't Brotherhood read the book, Brotherhood yet? No, okay. I'm, I'm really excited. Please don't spoil that. I think there are some things there. I haven't finished, but I think there are some things in there that might contradict. Maybe I'll feel differently after I finish it, but I, I think that there are some things that, that might, like, 
you know, different versions of the same yeah. events in Clone Wars okay. that wouldn't really make sense. Cool. But also, it's a, and what I would also then argue is that, never that also that. there are many, exactly, so then my, I will stand on my high ground and never <laughs> ever check to anything else. But, uh, yes. like, my, my feeling with it is that all the stuff there, like, even some of the other events that maybe, whether, however, Shakti ends up happening, like, with the General Grievous thing, especially, it's, it is that moment of seeing how he collects these lightsabers and yes we get hints of that yeah. in, the, in the clone wars volume one it's just that moment when you hear him outside walking towards and it's just this michael myers ish mm. moment yeah, of this yeah. and then when he fights and he's like using his foot to grab a lightsaber and just yeah it's such yeah. clever use of how his body was constructed like as a character and i'm Agreed. just like it, it's it's that's why i just stand and then dirge as a character, I'm like, I am waiting for that species to make its live action or animated. I'm like, freaking, I would love to see Dirge and Cad Bane have an episode. Because I know oh Cad God. Bane was actually supposed to be Dirge in the Clone Wars. Right. He yeah, was I remember supposed to be, be. But because I think that they wanted to go in a different direction, they didn't want to confuse it with yeah. the Clone Wars. Yeah. They changed it. But initially, it was supposed to kind of take the idea of what Dirge was in that and put him into like clone wars so cad bane wouldn't exist without dirge huh. so which That's would cool. be cool to then have dirge meet cad bane yeah because i think they're two very badass characters and i just would love to see dirge done by like feloni or or like something like or just have him pop up in bad batch or something yeah. like yeah. that'd be so cool i love it or like, like a horror villain even that fucking really like cool. put him in high put him in high republic and just have it be like, because his species oh. lives so long, have it be like an ancient Mandalorian enemy, like, mm -hmm. like kind of these, because that's what, oh, that'd be why, because awesome. that's why he hated clones was because he hated Mandalorians. And at that time, Jango was full on. And so that's why he killed clones with such prejudice was because right. he hated Mandalorians. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. so by hell. Yeah. It's basically until proven otherwise, the micro series is canon. <laughs> It Absolutely may be proven no, otherwise in about a, a month when I've read Brotherhood. I want to finish Brotherhood before um, Kenobi finishes, but I'm reading Master and Apprentice right now, so I feel like I can't mm. step away from that because that informs Obi-Wan's character for Brotherhood. So I just I don't yeah. want to miss any points. That's beautiful. You guys have such fantastic takes. I'm worried about mine. Well, you don't have time to worry. All right, three, two, one, <laughs> go. Go. Uh, Mary Poppins Leia doesn't break canon and is one of the best uh, moments across all of Star Wars is my hill that I'm willing to die on. Now, I also do subscribe to the, to, to the mentality that I would have been okay if she died in that moment. But how she survived, and especially how beautiful that scene is and, and how it's composed, is phenomenal. That is probably one of the it's one of the first scenes in The Last Jedi or in the, 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 the sequel trilogy that actually brought me to tears in the theatre. Um, where some people look at that like, that's so dumb. My mentality is, is, I'm enjoying this as a child, right? This is what I'm doing. And Star Wars yeah, isn't about yeah. how... Um, live, uh, how accurate it is to live action. You know, we have sound in space, guys. Like, if you're okay yeah. with sound in space and uh, ships falling down in space, but you're not okay with bombs falling down in space, whatever. Also, I also find that every piece of media leading up to that, particularly, for example, Rebels, there are multiple occasions where I believe Kanan steps out of the ship without a mask on. Um, and we've yes. now seen it in High Republic too, where I've seen characters jump out of their ships in space and maintain holding their breath in space. Leia, as Mary Poppins, is beautiful. Okay. Love it. Uh, I have stuff to say about it. 
um, <laughs> uh, if you if you don't mind, please, uh, please, let's hear it. So here we go. Um, I'm gonna t I'm gonna confess something to you guys. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, I uh, I don't really like the Last Jedi. As okay. a perfectly valid take. Uh, if you if you got, I'm I'm totally psyched for everybody that loves it. Um, I, and I and I've tried on several occasions. It just on a uh, on a on a visceral level, I I find that that there are certain feelings that Star Wars gives me, and uh, that film unfortunately doesn't do it. I love I love the Yoda scene. Uh, I think it should have been Anakin though. Uh, mm. That's that's for that's for another day. Uh, I love the Ray and Kylo stuff. It's some of my favorite stuff. Um, but and also I would also say that even though I, it's not my favorite film, I like the Leia scene. I when I saw that part in theaters, I was like, this part's awesome. It it makes sense. Like we see many times in uh, the series when people are close to death and they're able to use the force in tremendous ways. Uh, Luke on Hoth, remember when he's yeah. about to die. Uh, when he's in the snow, you know, and he's and you know he's able actually, finally able to see not here, but he's able to see the faint image of Ben. And obviously, as he goes through his Jedi training, he's able to see a clearer image of Ben. Well, um, I think that that's that's the moment for Leia. Like she's so close to death that she's able to tap into the Force into uh, in a, in a, in an amazing way. And um, it just was really, really, and whatever, you know, like, yeah, there's there's a lot of shit that doesn't make sense in Star Wars, like, like from a scientific, there, there's bombs in, there's, in Empire Strikes Back, the movie that everybody loves, you know, I'm wearing <laughs> the shirt right now. Uh, like, like, there is a scene where, where there are TIE bombers dropping, and nobody complained about that, but like, oh, well, they're reason... shooting them down. It's like, come on, man. But then, then you're yeah. also arguing that there, there, there's gunfire in space. Like, it's my there's mentality a, a has always come back of to issues. I saw that people also complained about how, like, they had to arc laser shots in space, and they, why would you need to do that? It's yeah. a laser shot, and I was like, okay, one, it's fucking cool. <laughs> the I'm visual, like, yeah, I love that. But right, the piece yeah. that I come back to a lot of the time is the dogfighting in Star Wars is based on dogfights from World War II films. It's that simple. Yeah. It's not yeah. designed to be a space battle. It's designed to be an yeah. Earth battle in space. There's you can't drag. look at it the same way. Exactly. Um, there's so many elements of like um, things. For example, if you look at The Last Jedi in particular, right? Yeah, in space, if you stop speed, you would continue forever. Fine, cool, whatever. But again, in a lot of scenarios in Star Wars, they, they don't... Um, it's not scientifically accurate. It's it's just it's not. So you shouldn't be holding right. it to that standard. And uh, nor was it ever intended to be. Exactly. We got a message in chat too, where obviously, like I said before, Kanan did it in Rebels, and no one complained. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, um, when Leia uses the Force, it's like she's had no training. Blah blah. It's like there's been thirty years between the last time you saw her and now. Just use basic media literacy and infer that something potentially could have happened in that time. Just like the scenario of Luke, yeah. right? Yeah, cool. That's not my Luke, but it it's not. It's a Luke 30 years after your Luke. Things could have happened that would change the way he is. But I definitely feel for you too, man, in the sense that these days I don't look at somebody not liking The Last Jedi and go, you're wrong and I'm right. I go, cool, I get it. I understand that it, it, sometimes Star Wars isn't always going to give you what you need from it. It means a lot of different yeah. things to a lot of different people. 
um, for me, one of the reasons why it stuck with me so well is because of how much it challenged what I thought Star Wars was. And right. you guys will hear a constant theme of myself with Star Wars is I want Star Wars to grow, I want Star Wars to change and adapt. So when they try new things or break the, the mold a little bit, yeah, I love the nostalgia of Star Wars. Of course I do. So TikTok the other day with somebody was like, if you take the nostalgia out of Star Wars, it's mid. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yes, like, because... I love it, but yeah, kind of. But I mean, that's, that's like saying this. if you took the sauce out of spaghetti, then spaghetti would be mid. It's exactly. part of it, it dude. It, it's, it's part it's, of what makes it's it. It's part of the DNA. The DNA. Like... Originally, George Lucas <laughs> made Star Wars because he wanted something to he wanted something to match the feeling that that Flash he got Gordon when he sat down and watched Flash Gordon yeah. in the 1940s and it worked. in the theater. And, you know, and it worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. I feel like Star Wars has a place both kinds of stories. And you have something yeah. that weaves both stories really well too. Think the Siege of Mandalore in Clone Wars. This yeah. broke a lot of the conventions that I expected from Star Wars. Um, while still honoring everything that came before. One of the things that I loved about Clone Wars, people came in and like, this is real Star Wars. These guys understand Star Wars. And you know my favorite thing about it? Is it honors and respects the sequels and everything Disney has done before as well. There's Last Jedi yeah. parallels in there. There's Rogue One parallels yeah. in there. There is moments in that series that connect all of Star Wars and do it with so much love. Um, that that's, that's all Star Wars needs to be, I think. It just needs to be yeah. something made by people who love it. And I haven't seen anything on screen from what Disney has brought to it that has told me that these people don't love Star Wars. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. No arguments here. That's a hill none of us will die on. Yeah. And gentlemen, with that, I uh, probably should sign off at this point. But I'm having so much fun, I don't really want to. (laughs) Um, Well, if you're happy to come back, I'm sure Movie Man would agree. We'd be more than happy to have you back, too. He's going on holidays uh, in a few weeks, too, so we need to fill in some guests. So... I, I mean, we can we can tee up a day, man. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, just before you go, do you want to just let everybody know where they can find you again quickly? Um, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm mainly on TikTok right now for my Star Wars content. It is Spen underscore Kenobi. Um, if you want, if you want to be adventurous and and dive into my indie music um, catalog, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Music. I'm on. Uh, what if people use Deezer, <laughs> Amazon, whatever? Uh, my name is Spencer Lociavo. I think that um, I think that I've uh, 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 yes, posted been... something earlier in the in the uh, chat. I will, and, I will um, grab it and flip back in. And uh, I, I hope I hope to start. I took you know uh, the pandemic took a gave us all a, a hit, right? Uh, especially musicians and artists um so i took a break for a while i was a little bit serious about that i took i my confidence was down and i and i started this star wars tiktok not really expecting it to be anything i kind of started it as uh, a way to talk about the things that i love and um a way to kind of build up my confidence to see if uh see if maybe i could excel uh in in something else that that I hadn't tried before, and uh, and it's really it's really I've really been enjoying the ride. So eventually, I'll get back to the indie music as well. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's beautiful, if, man. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. and thank you so much for coming and having a chat with us today. We got what three yeah. and a half hours ish when you said you had yeah. two. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yep, I just sucked kept in. Life. 
Um, really, really glad that you came on and had a good time, man. Really appreciate it. We'd love to have you back at any point as well. Um, but yeah, with that, what we might do is just do a quick break. Uh, Movie Man and I will decide whether we want to continue or not, but I'll uh, reset mm-hmm. everything if that's the case. Um, if not, we'll come back, say bye, uh, get everything together for you. But hang out Absolutely. for about five minutes or so. Um, we'll be right back. Thank you so much, guys. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, let me just quickly adjust our images so you guys can see us because I have a different frame for this one now. Um, there's me. Wow, so beautiful, such a beautiful man. Um, and then <laughs> let's go to Movie Man here and put him in there too. Oh, there's the handsome chap himself. Oh, yes, would you look at that? Wonderful. All right, cool. So we are back. Um, now, we've got a couple of things we wanted to talk about here too. Um, again, thank you so much to Spen for coming on. If you guys liked Absolutely. anything that he said, please go and chuck him a follow on TikTok and on his Instagram and stuff as well. I'm actually going to check out his music after we're done here too. I'm going to see if it's any good. Oh, yeah, likewise. Um, mm, Mandarins. <laughs> but, yeah, he has some fantastic insight onto the music in Star Wars at the moment and obviously a, a really genuine, lovely guy too. So, yeah, definitely worth checking him out. Oh, it's definitely nice to see with obviously all this. It's like doing these lives. It's really nice to see some of these creators that are like, you know, just get to know them a little bit more and to see beyond just the five or 10 seconds you get with them, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. I loved that where you kind of, you can't tell a lot of the time when you're going to jump on with somebody. Like I had a conversation with him on TikTok and I was like, hopefully this goes well. You know, I've seen him talk, but I don't know. Maybe it won't rock, but I think he fit our um, dynamic really, really well, which was awesome. So, absolutely. Um, moving on to our next point. Uh, we were talking All about right. how we wanted to do just a couple more rankings here. I would like to know, yeah. Movie Man, please, what are your top three favorite Visions episodes and why? Okay. So, you, again, Visions is one of those that, like, while at the time I was like, okay, anime is not really my thing. I love the art style. Like, I love the storytelling. I just have never... It's one of those things that's... It was kind of like Star Trek for a while, where it's like, you hear about it, you know it exists, but if you don't have a guide through it, it's so difficult to get started because you just don't know where. Uh, So when I heard about this, I was like, maybe this will get me into anime. Like, you know, kind of a thing. And so watching Visions, I was like, and again, now it holds such a incredible place in my heart for what it's doing for animation diversity and bringing it to the forefront. And what the stories they're telling are just incredible. However, but to answer your question, I put at number three, and ultimately I love all these, but I would say like, uh, I put at number three, I put the duel. They started off with that for good reason. And just the art style, the intrigue, the story, the concept that here's this Ronin with a red lightsaber. It just, it, it, it begs so many questions. It's kind of like a Clint Eastwood vibe where you have like a man with no name. Yeah. And it's like, it has that classic feel to it. It, it begs you to know more. And that's why it's like, for me, I was like, I just, I, I love that concept. And that was when I went, there's a reason you put this at number one because yeah. it it made me go that that's that so like i i want again as you're saying with that the fact that they'll be doing star wars anime in addition to the book i'm like i want a full series about this or just a movie like i want a full 
Or I want him to just be a character in somebody else's thing. Yeah. Like, I want them to take that archetype and put it into something else. I would Whether love they do that... so much to see more of him. And again, that's why the book I'm really excited to get into. I just I haven't had the time. Um, sure. Which which makes it... Yeah, it's, it's that... All those questions. And it, it's... You could look at it and go, wait, this doesn't... This isn't Star Wars. This is different. Like, what am I looking at? Or you could go, questions! You know, like... Exactly. Every time Star Wars uh, poses a question to me, it's not a plot hole to me. It's, where's the answer? What is the answer? Let's... It's it's that... It's like we said. It's that excitement of a child, right? When a yeah. kid sees something he doesn't understand, he doesn't go, oh, that's stupid. He goes, well, I want to understand it. And this is why I feel like yeah. Star Wars works so well for me. Because every question it gives me, I want the answer. Um... Yeah, I, I love that. And especially when you can find it, like I and I, what I love about it is this, and then another one which we talked about before was the Ninth Jedi is my number two. Yeah, Ninth Jedi just set up this interesting world. I also love the the concept that your lightsaber color was, and, and I know it was kind of even they had a little bit of like a Legends thing with the similar vibe, where it was the idea that your Kyber crystal, depending on who you were, that's where the color came from. And because yeah. that moment when they all turn them on and they're all red is such a great scene. Um, and you guys, I kind of wish that I kind of wish that was canon. Like, like you know, it really worked for that narrative point. Like, I get in canon why it's this way. And again, it's where to me I get the sticking point is I'm like, yeah, but that story point was cooler. Like, yeah. like maybe it wouldn't work for everything else. But I like the concept that who you are determines a certain part of it. Yeah. Well, I think that I love that that has expanded on the canon we already have, right? Because in original uh, Legends, I believe that it was dependent on, like... The, and I mean, if somebody understands a bit better than me, I'm not the most well-versed in Legends. I understand it to a certain point. But my understanding was that, like, it was just, like, there were crystals and there were colors. And in some instances, I think Knights of the Old Republic expanded on that to the point where there were consulars and... Um, and like you know you had the green ones for the the consulars i believe which were going around and being more like qui-gon you know that kind of roaming yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of person and the blue were more for like the soldiers um and then i think that originally clone wars kind of dealt into that a little bit one thing i love about the disney canon is that the color of the lightsaber is determined by yourself it explains why mace has purple you know some people say it's because he uses the dark side it's like a, no but like it, it, yeah it, it's very much got to do with with his internal and why he is the way he is and i love that ninth jedi took that one step further and said that can change on a beat where yeah. currently I, I don't know i mean honestly it could work with canon when have we seen a jedi take the crystal out of the lightsaber and try and touch the force with it again um we know that you have to activate the force inside a kyber crystal for it to work in a lightsaber but realistically if my heart has changed between the time i saw you with my blue lightsaber and that next time, then realistically, it, it would change. Like, it's, it's not really locked oh, in. Oh, yeah. Ray having the yellow suits of character as well. Yes. Like, yeah. I think it's fantastic. It was it's so It was so perfect. Yeah, I, I love wish that we got that more. Yeah, that's one of my, my yeah. takeaways from Rise of Skywalker. Had she crafted a new lightsaber in between, maybe with the remaining part of, um, like, let's say the crystal broke and she had to reactivate the crystal or she mixed that with another crystal and then it became yellow. I don't know. There's so many ways you could have gone. But I love that the Ninth Jedi expanded on that even more to say that this could, like I said, it changes on a beat. If you go evil, you're not pouring all of your um, hate and suffering into the crystal, which I do love that as a concept. But the fact that you can't hide your true nature. 
that and I love element that. is so beautiful. That the Force knows you better than you do. Like oh, the Force yeah. knows. Another like, great tagline for today. <laughs> oh, exactly. Like, and that's what I think that people. And again, I like the Force is almost a, a quasi-neutral entity. Like it's kind of like the yeah. Bendu in Rebels. Like the idea of having it be the, the concept that the Force is neither good nor evil. Like it has a dark side, it has a light side. Innately. There's nothing wrong with either in the sense of, like, the Force exists, right? But when people always tap into the dark side, it always turns bad. Yeah. The, it's the... not that the Force is bad. It's the fact that how people are using it for selfish purposes, mm. it inherently attracts that sense. It's like... It, it, I believe George Lucas said of... it was kind of like, the dark side's like an addiction. It's like it's like a drug addiction. Exactly. You, once, you hit, once you have that high once, now you're trying to surpass that high. And how do you go back and beat that? They go deeper and deeper and deeper, and they become evil. I mean, you have um, Maul, like who's rotten to the core because he, that's that kept honestly. The, exactly. Well, and the fact of like the fact that Maul, like, kept himself alive purely with the Sith code, pretty much keeping his body together in uh, Clone Wars was one of those things where it's like. It's that's mental. why he was going insane and his mentality when we find him in that state as well is it's pure darkness there's nothing there's no light there um which is beautiful um another point that i'd like to touch on is the ninth jedi when the writer when, when the writer wrote that story he imagined it as a thousand years post skywalker saga really so if you consider how much the universe has changed in 60 50 years imagine how different oh, yeah. it is a thousand years later so he's in the same scenario. The Jedi are gone again. They're not a thing. They're a, but you know we have a lightsaber crafter um, and a lightsaber. I maker. love that. I in love English, the fact that it's Simu Liu does his voice. Yes, Shang Chi, yes. uh, which is just I, I, it's mental. Oh, and what I love about that whole thing is the idea of the crafter, because I love the concept of swordsmiths, and I same. love the again sabersmith. That's what that, it was. Yes, exactly, and the idea that. Like, obviously, I love in canon that, you know, you kind of create your own lightsaber, and that's kind of, like, a part of it as well. But uh, the Huang thing, as again, as you are saying, that, like, uh, and who is just such an interesting character, again. And what I love about it is that idea that, again, like a swordsmith, you have this guy who, again, created these lightsabers for others, a person who can't use the Force using it to help others like using mm. his craft i love that to help those who can yeah like it's it, there's kind of an it's like the idea of the swordsmith for the royalty like for like you know in medieval times like where it's like it's a person who does that for someone that he will never necessarily benefit other than financially from doing it it's really interesting. but it, it requires a certain like craft i love it but like, it's just something that, like, to me, there are those little things in Star Wars where you say that and it triggers all these other thoughts in my head where I'm like, you take something that existed in our world and you give it a little bit of meaning. Yeah. Like, you go and say, yeah, well, what if there were monks, but also, like, warriors, like, warrior priests kind of thing. And it's like, kind of, you take this idea of the what if, you know, what if the samurai mixed with, like, a monk, like, you take those ideas and you put them in Star Wars. It's just such, even the idea of a bounty hunter. Yeah, in like this has our existed world, in our world. In, in our world, it's weird, you know. In our world, like I guess, unless you think about westerns, but for me, I've always, whenever I thought of a bounty hunter in like our time, 
I've never liked the concept, I guess, because we use the term hitman more. Like, yeah. that's essentially what they are. But it's like... But when you think about it in Star Wars... It makes sense in that it, universe as a profession. It's, it's like... It's like, oh yeah, you can make a living off of that. I think that's why that that scene in episode five, like, stands so strong yeah. for me. Is again, obviously, it's where they introduced my boy, but I think beyond that, it's it's the it's the introduce to the concept of we saw a little bit of the scum and villainy in Moss Eisley, hmm. but this is this is the darker part of that. Like, they, these are people that are not the villains like Darth Vader, where it's like that the grays and black. These are the guys that are in all these different style of outfits and you're just like who are all these guys that they are called on by darth vader yeah to go and hunt somebody like it's darth vader yeah. can't do his own can't do his own handiwork this is what it, it's i think it's why the concept of bounty hunters has always stayed fresh in the fandom's mind until we've started getting some of this i know that's why i loved clone wars because i was like a, a bounty bounty hunters yeah we'll you're talk about that more exactly but to finish up the one thing that it was funny because i thought ninth jedi was going to be my number one but it was funny when i was looking at visions just to remind myself what episodes there were there was one that ha that i just read the title i was like it, it affected me i know which, which was weird the village bride mm. i i the, i love the jedi in that that jedi character who's kind of at a point where you have the mentor who's like hey it'd be a good idea to use the force and help her out and it's like that's not what i'm doing like basically she's just kind of continuously denying her destiny it's a crisis sort of, of faith it's like a crisis of brought her to this planet to go hey i want to show you that there's still good in this world and there's still good that you can do this takes place post order 66 right we've got exactly, droids yeah. in there um but yeah like all right please continue yeah no it just was one of those that and i don't know if again as i talked with you like last stream where it was like I don't know if it's just relating more with the female character side of things again, where it's like, it, it just, I, I related to that character when I, even I just saw her in that image and I loved her design. She had that mask, right? Beautiful, like yeah. she had that kind of like, and it was, she was just gorgeous, but like in like, kind of like this ethereal beauty, kind of like uh in like Galadriel and Lord of the Rings, like that kind of otherworldly beauty. Like, it's not just like, oh, she's cute. She's hot. Like, or something that's like, no, she was beautiful. And, and and but beyond that like i love the crime lords that they brought in and the fact that they had technology of battle droids that they repurposed really to use cool. as essentially bodyguards and i was like that's the stuff that i love and i think that fans put species and, and characters and droids in stuff that's like and sometimes in the best ways where it's like oh i love like even in the duel the fact that a tuscan raiders a part of that gang or like a trandoshan with a minigun like you have all of these different or even back to the tarkovsky clone wars you have like the the Authorian hammerheads jedi. yeah the authorian jedi which i will never forget that of doing the and having the, the whole and it's like that makes sense that it's makes so cool. complete sense and it informs the anatomy of it yeah. you know it's but so anyway that's so so those are my top 10 or top three is like that's what I just did not expect. Uh, I just I just didn't expect it. Yeah. Well, I have... Uh, my top three was very similar to yours, right? So my top three episodes of Visions. I struggled with this a lot, genuinely. Because in the same way I struggled to rank like the Star Wars films, 
I feel like every single one of these episodes did something for me. So yeah, I'd like to start with some honorable mentions. The first oh, is to the duel because it's not in my Ooh, top three. Yeah, but understandably, if it's not a much, it's like three point one. You know what I mean? Like, oh sure. And most it's of like these end up pretty away. close. But the way that this just like, and from the initial trailer of Visions, where I was like, oh, I'm yeah. going to love that episode. Holy shit. The way that it, <laughs> it tells a samurai story, um, the character is super interesting, uh, the droids are wicked, the art style is phenomenal, the Sith character looks incredible. And yeah, you can look at that and go, uh, Sith Umbrella. Uh, but you could also look at it and go, oh, Sith Umbrella! Like, you That's pick, what I'm saying. You get to pick how you react to this. And I thought, exactly. Like, if you're going to go. Awesome. If you're going to go, ah, well, a Sith umbrella, that makes as much sense as Kylo Ren's. I'm like, well, shut the fuck up and let me enjoy it. Then stop watching and get off my page. Exactly. Like, um, So, know. the duel. Like, phenomenal. Um, another one that I wanted to give a special mention to was The Elder. Um, Ooh, I think this has I was thinking about putting that one in there, too. And the way that it has... Do you, do you know what this is? I'll tell you what this is. And it's just clicked to me right now. The Elder is if Qui-Gon were to be a master to Anakin. That's what the elder is. Yes, and that's just that clicked exactly for me. Exactly what it is. Because it, it, that's exactly. It's the centered father figure who can rein in the the emotions of the young Jedi, and explain it. Explain it's, the way that it tells its story as well. Right at the end, where he goes, "Yeah, master, you killed him." He's like, "I didn't. Time got him. He's stronger than me." But no matter what, power is good because when you have power, you can help people that don't. But you need to understand and respect the fact that one day that power is going to be gone. And I thought that that was just beautiful. Um, just... Every time you talk about Visions, I want to go rewatch it. <laughs> like, that's 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 ultimately it. Like... Well, here's another episode I'll give you that you should rewatch. TRB1. Oh, is that the droid one? This is, yeah, the droid Jedi. I watched this the other day and I cried. And I think I put it on my story that I was watching it. And I love this one so much because it presents this beautiful, um, young, energetic droid. Um, Stop, you're still on live on my lunch break. Yeah, Lou's been at work for like three hours and we're still going. <laughs> um, thanks for coming back. Uh, so <laughs> uh, you can probably talk to this as well. We watched TRB1. Um, I'll call him Toby. Uh, like together two days ago. And we're both sitting there like, why does this affect me so much? Like, this, this mentality of, again, it's the droid and his purpose, right? And he's been raised, yes. and it's, it's a bit of Pinocchio. It's a bit of Astro Boy. Um, it's taken all these elements from stories that we've heard before, and it tells this, and the animation and art style is beautiful, but the way that it's like, it's it's just so beautiful. And I love it's, 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 the I, moment I, where this, this droid, did you ever read Skippy the Jedi droid? No, but it sounds familiar. So, do you remember the red R two or the R four unit from um, from A New Hope? You know, yeah. Uncle Owen. This R two unit has yeah, a bad yeah. motivator. So, uh. in there was a series of comics where that Jedi, that um, droid, uh, has a connection to the Force, and he yes. sees he yes, sees yes, a yes, vision yes. of a girl with cinnamon rolls in, in her hair saving the galaxy, and he feels that if he leaves the spot where he is right now and doesn't let R two move forward then he's he's self, failed the galaxy. Self, he basically self-destructs a little bit. He like self-destructs so that they'll take R2. And honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it's silly, right? It doesn't really make sense. But they brought back Skippy the Jedi droid. He's been in Mandalorian twice. Yeah, exactly. 
And like I, confirmed I, by Dave Filoni, he's like, let's make this Skippy. Well, not Skippy, but, you know, R4, blah, 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 whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this mentality that droids could potentially have some kind of connection to the Force is really interesting to me, especially when they're so I humanoid like that. that. Like, um, and like, if I may jump, jump please, in there. Please, please, go for like, it. That was, that was what, like, you know, it was so funny because I had to listen to a podcast that really did it. Because I remember watching that and being like, I agree. It had a quality. That even if I, I would something. say, like, probably out of them, I wouldn't go, like, is that there was some, like, brother and sister, and it didn't quite work for me, necessarily. Like, like yeah. I liked it. The concept was good. And again, all of them are good. It's just a matter of, like, uh Some of like them are what's... peak Star Wars. <laughs> Except, but, 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 again, back to what we were saying before, Star Wars can be anything. And especially when you allow it to not be canon, then you don't inhibit the creators at all. Yeah. Because imagine if Obi-Wan, like, like, for, for a second, like, again, not, not going to go off in this direction, but I'm just saying, but imagine if Obi-Wan wasn't canon and you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Like, obviously, it get confusing at some point, but, like, but nonetheless, like, you could have something particular for it. But back to this. What I did love was that concept, was the idea of what does the Force mean or what does it mean to be a Jedi? Do you have to be human? And it touched on do one of the same themes that? that I love from The Last Jedi. Uh, this is for anyone. Star Wars, the Force, being a Jedi. Broom this boy. is this is Broom kid. anyone. That is one of the quintessential scenes and themes of Star Wars that I think that movie does Agreed. really well. Right? Like it oh, just Broom Kid was my favorite part of that movie. It, and it's so subtle. It's so mm -hmm. subtle. My first time in the theater, I didn't even pick it up. Didn't even notice. Yep. And then when I watched it again, I was like, Ugh. it just it's it's it's, it's so a beautiful cool. mentality and it shows that Star Wars is for everyone, right? That and that's what this is about. And I love that his, the, the way that they do the reveal of his like master and the Inquisitor comes down so it ties into canon a little bit. Um, and then he has that, that vision and that vision of himself as a boy with the power of the force. And he gets knighted by his master in his vision. And he goes, he doesn't call him TRB1, he goes, Toby, Jedi Knight. And I'm just like, oh man. And the crystal was in his chest the whole time, and he puts it in the lightsaber, and there's... It's... It's fucking awesome. It's so cool. And it breaks my it heart that some people look at that games. and go dumb when I look at that, and I go, this is the quintessential Star Wars story. It's the heart of it's, Star Wars. And it's the idea of taking something that, almost in a physical manifestation of it, it can't. Like, in theory. Yeah, everything we have been told is, this is a droid. Droids can't be used to force. Droids can't do that. Like, you know, it's it's a thing that... And to have that moment and have it be like, nope, you're wrong. Droids can feel this. And yeah. droids do feel this. And it's the idea that... Because, again, droids feel pain in the Star Wars universe. Like, like I heard somebody said there is a... Yes, it is Visions. Yes, we have moved on to... Uh, it's in... Um, uh, what is the name of the episode? Uh, T-R-B-1. Yes, it's... It's so, it's one of those that like, after talking with Naf and after listening to somebody else say, it's like, it's one I didn't appreciate as much on the first watch, but it's one that I, I really do see exactly what it was trying to say. And I, and honestly, it's one of those things where all those stories, more than a lot of the canon stuff that I see, I want to see continue. That's like, you my know, biggest takeaway from Visions is, we spoke about this last week, I think, Every episode is a pilot episode, and every single one, again, even the ones that I don't like as much, like I don't love the the twins one. Like that's it's fine. Yeah. It's got some cool themes, but overall, I think the delivery, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. But it if they told me it, tomorrow, yeah. hey, we're doing season one of the twins, I'm in. 
I am fucking in. No I'm questions there. asked. Same deal. First um, The Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, a lot of people didn't like that. I liked it a lot more than most people. But again, if tomorrow that's an anime coming out, I'm in. No questions asked. Yeah. I am on board with everything they want to do there. Every single episode had something for me. And just to touch oh, on yeah. the final piece there on Toby, where he has his droid friends, right? And they've all grown up together and it's a beautiful little thing. But then he gets his arm destroyed by the Inquisitor. But then he connects with all the pieces of his droid friends and basically levels up. And the animation style changes this beautiful like single camera take where it kind of spins around him and he's like bang and then it's just gone and then it just yeah and honestly like I, when i say that i don't like the twins one as much i don't hate it i genuinely don't i think it has a lot of really really cool stuff in it oh but yeah I, for me it's because i watch them in japanese and in english and the ones that are great in both i love heaps more the English voice acting for the twins. I, I agree. I, I have to say, like, I only watched it. Uh, I did not watch uh, dubbed. Uh, I uh, dubbed and subbed. Like, I, I watched only dubbed uh, just because I was like, I knew I was going to enjoy it this way. Like, I'm excited to go back and watch it subbed at some point. Oh, I would highly recommend uh, it. Like, again, I like hearing things in the native language as well. Like, they're yeah. uh, like, uh, uh, just because, again, the cultural aspect is really yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I, I think that something was lacking in some of the voice acting, which uh, kind of took away a little bit from it. Absolutely. Not not bad. Like again, I think it was Neil Patrick Harris and somebody else. And I'm like, Alison Brie. Like they're, that's a, they're yes, two. That's they're right. amazing. And so that's that's where it impacted me a little bit. I was like, eh, meh. But when I watch it in Japanese, you get like one of the best things that the Japanese voice acting does for anime is that, that sort of screaming. <laughs> People say it all the oh, time. The emotion. the emotion comes across in Japanese much better than it does in English. And it matches Absolutely. the aesthetic that you're looking at. So if you go back and watch it again in Japanese, I think you might enjoy it a lot more. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. the way that that episode ends, where he's crashed in his ship and he's looking up to the stars and he's like, she's okay. We're going to go find her. We're going to go save her. I was like, oh, oh so yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're you're right like it, it does make the bland like the, the script kind of bland with when it's dubbed uh it but can be done well it, though and some it, episodes like, divisions are done work. really well again because i'm only attesting from what i feel and again maybe it's also because i don't have the culture of anime with it as well like i'm obviously i love voice acting in general but obviously i know with anime that's a whole debate within the community I'll find anime. a couple of um like uh smaller animes for you and i'll give you some recommendations yeah to like check i know out. cowboy bebop has been the main one that my friends have told me like you go watch start fucking with love cowboy bebop honestly you would um and yeah. i haven't even finished it but i started it and it's like you're not watching an anime like you're watching like a stylized tv show that is just oh yeah somehow been animated by japanese people well exactly and you can and watch it dubbed that's... it's got uh steve oh. blum who voiced zeb i believe does the yeah, main yeah the main yeah. character See, that's that's kind of what I'm probably going to go in. I'm I'm finishing up Arcane right now. That's that's oh, what I'm wicked. doing right now. Yeah. It's like, cause the, but uh, once I'm done with that, then yeah. But anyway, uh, Lou says that um, the Death Star explode or seismic explosions in anime would be oh. amazing. Absolutely. Oh, agree. oh, the seismic charges would mm. be phenomenal in anime. Um, like, yeah. How no one has done that yet. Like, if No Visions season two episode does seismic charges we're rioting like uh you've heard it here first i um but uh, i definitely agree um yeah so i mean we're still on my special mentions um so yeah oh, the, yes. the twins like i said i, I do like actual. i like it less than others i don't want to say that it's a bad episode or anything like that's definitely not the case i love it and i loved every episode of visions oh toby's um, not an uh, toby's an honorable mention i thought that would have been in like your top it's not what, but Which, again this is all this the is same really level difficult. of like 
point like, one, point two. Like, I just yeah. I had to pick three that just were outstanding to me. And while I loved the entire series, that last these three that I pick as my my favorites are just so good. They're just I don't know. I can't explain it. They're, just, they're, they're better, <laughs> but like yeah, yeah. by a tiny bit. So the duel, Toby. The Elder we spoke about as well. The finale, I feel like, copped a lot of flack. I saw people rate that quite low. Akakiri. But I felt like, again, this captured the themes of, like, the, the Anakin Skywalker of it all, right? Where I look at this and I go, this is somebody who watched Anakin kill Padme and went, hold my beer. Um, yeah. And came back and told the story, quote-unquote, better, right? Just that element of the story. You have family drama. Um, you have a, a childhood love. Um, they're going on a mission. It's very classic, um, you know, sort of Japanese fairy tale kind of story. Like, it almost gives me like a Mulan vibe. You've got, you know, the, the funky side characters and stuff too. And then we get together and we build up to this amazing finale where you go, this is going to be an incredible fight. And this guy's plagued by villains. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, plagued by visions, I should say. And one of those visions causes him to kill the love of his life. And this person, and then he turned, it's, it's that I have the power to save the one you love. And when he turns dark, she shows him how to save him, and he goes, cool, now that I have helped you save her, you belong to me. It's tragic. Yep. It's beautiful. It's, uh... The art style, the first time I watched, I didn't love too much, but on rewatches, I really appreciated it. Um, and I just, I love that that slow burn, building up to something. Yep. And, and this is what I want from Kenobi, too. I don't necessarily want a big bombastic fight. I know that's what we're going to get, and I'm going to love it if we do, because it will be incredible. But if we were to get an emotional conversation, I'd be happy with that, too. Oh, yeah. 100%. They're my honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. All right. So go into your top three. Top three. Ninth Jedi and the Village Bride, for all the same reasons you mentioned. Art style, music, everything. Phenomenal. The one that surprised me um, was Lop and Ocho. Um, I put that oh, in my okay. top three. And I love how it harkens back to uh, Studio Ghibli style animation sure. and art style. Yeah, yeah. I really, really appreciate that. And I feel very strongly that this is the direction that the sequel trilogy should have gone. To the point where this told the story the sequel trilogy was trying to tell in 20 minutes. Um, where we have the adopted kid um, and the sister, right? So we have, we've got Ben and we've got uh, Ray there. And Ben has turned evil and Ray wants to save Ben. And the parents, yeah. so Lei, Leia um, and Han are obviously like the, the father figure in that, that episode as well, is just... It's beautiful, and the way that again it ends open ended, where the the it's not a it's like Bad Batch, it's not a conflict yeah. of like okay you've just been turned evil or manipulated by someone like she believes she's doing the right thing, and you have two characters that believe they're doing the best thing for their family and for their planet. That is the heart of good conflict. It's that simple. Oh, it's so good. And of course, it has some of the best action across all of it. It's got a beautiful adventure tale as well. Some fantastic um, voice acting. It just, for me, does everything right. And that's why it ended up in my top three, which that was a difficult choice. But I just, yeah, I look at it and I go, wow, this is yeah. beautiful. Uh, when she, she takes the sight of her father and he's like, you know, he's trying to fight her and he's like, I can't do it. And they give the lightsaber to um, Ocho. Uh, yeah, I think they give it to Ocho or, or Lop. I can't remember which one it was. But they give it to the, the bunny girl and... The daughter is like that weapon belongs to me, and I'm like, that's Kylo, quintessential that's from Kylo doing like it. yep. it's it's grabbed all the perfect themes and put it together. And that's my top three. Videos. I love it. Um, I love. How that. are you feeling for time, big man? 
Oh well, I think that like I'm I'm getting a little worn out, and I'm sure people other are, but uh, I think that let's go through our Clone Wars arcs because I'm just I'm just curious to see what you put, just because I'm I'm curious to see what your feelings are, okay. and then after that we'll we'll wrap up, we'll go with that, but because, uh, sure. but yeah, I just I I'm dying to figure out what you put to this. Absolutely. Like, okay. So yeah, this is this was very difficult for me as well. Because my I'll heart... swap off like because we're doing the three, so you say one, I'll say one, then yeah, you do the next, sure. you do that. So we'll go, but go ahead. Go I'd love ahead, to start, start with one special mention. I feel like this go episode ahead. just doesn't. It's a single episode, not an arc. Um, Shadow Warrior, season four, episode five, I believe it is. This is the episode where um, the uh, king or the 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 boss of the Gungans is poisoned, <laughs> and he looks like Jar Jar, and Jar Jar has the, to take the... over. Now, that element of the episode is great, and I'm glad we got Ahmed Best back. It's really cool to see him getting a, you know, a bit of like appreciation for Jar Jar. Yeah. But there are elements of this episode that are pure Star Wars tragedy um, that I just I, I can never get over. And the first is the death of Captain Tarples. A glupshitter, oh, yeah. if you will. <laughs> Not quite, because yeah. he was obviously a speaking role in episode one, but we never heard anything about this character again. And when we go back and see him in Clone Wars, he's like, hey! That's my glup. Yeah. And the fact that Grievous comes what down. What is What does that actually refer to? So glup Shido is based on a um, uh, a Tumblr article where somebody was like, every Star Wars film or show is literally just fans clapping and going, oh my God, that's glup Shido. Um, because oh, we love background yeah, characters. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. So okay, a glup Shido is like yeah. Quinlan Voss started as a glup Shido. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A character in the background of um, Phantom Menace. That now has become a thing. He became an undercover Jedi. Like, it's just so much. IG-88, potentially, doesn't speak. Nothing. I would say say I would see IG droids definitely are glove shadows. Like, it's 100%. um, I love that Grievous comes down. And Grievous is, shows how much of a warrior he is in this episode. Um, We see a little bit less of the stupid cowardice Grievous and more of the... Um, the fearsome droid leader, Grievous. Yeah. With that in mind, the Gungans still beat him. And oh, there's, a, yeah. there's a line that he delivers to Tarpools where he says, um, your death was meaningless. And Tarpools looks back at him, pulls the spear in, and goes, not death, sacrifice. And then Grievous turns around, he got captured by the Gungans. And this was a pivotal point in the Clone Wars where... Uh, yeah, Max Rebo's the OG club show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck me, man. Just like, this was, a, this was a turning point. And fucking Palpatine was able to manipulate Padme by getting Dooku to capture Anakin. And had they not been a thing, we would have won the war. Like, they would have taken out, out Grievous. But we've gone from this moment where it was a sacrifice, not a meaningless death. And it's been made meaningless. And it's fucking painful. Because when he dies, he dies going, I did it. I did it for my people. I got it. And then it's just reverted. You're right. And so that episode, I feel, deserves a lot more love than it gets. And obviously, there are episodes that are better, absolutely. But I just, I wanted to call out that episode as something that deserves praise. Now, I'll give you my number three. Okay, I don't have them ranked, honestly. I'm going to give you one of the three. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll start with Siege of Mandalore. I'm going to guess that that might be on yours as well. Mine, it, it, it's somewhere. <laughs> um, so Siege of Mandalore, like I said, 
it did everything that fans wanted it to do without doing all the things fans wanted it to do. In the sense that some yeah. people were like, let's get Clone Wars back because fuck the sequels, right? But this took all those pieces and made a beautiful homage to every piece of Star Wars that came before it. It's that simple. It's the last mm. piece of George Lucas Star Wars that we're probably ever going to get. Um, mm -hmm. And it just... It's beautiful. Episode 3 of that arc in particular, Shattered, I believe it's called. Um, this is this is post The Phantom Apprentice, so after Maul's been captured. That is the best episode of Clone Wars. I would say, yeah. yeah. The finale, obviously, second best. But the way that this episode, uh, the music in Shattered is phenomenal. And the way that it toys on your emotions with, you know what's coming. I've spent, what, an hour so far telling you what's coming. And you know it's coming. And you know it's going to hurt. And you can't stop it. You're on a train that you can't get off. You're on a roller coaster. It just, it's phenomenal. Um, it does oh, everything right. And obviously Rex, um, Fives, find him. And the tear, oh. it, it's a perfect, boy. perfect boy. Star Wars shattered. My boy. Um, oh, yeah. man. So, I mean, I could talk about Siege of Mandalore for hours, but in, in short... Oh, and we'll, we'll have a second chance to talk about it. Like, yeah. in, 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 like uh, I, I won't reveal where, because I, obviously, again, ultimately... All these are interchangeable depending on the day, but uh, Maul versus Ahsoka this... was uh, my favorite all-time Star Wars fight, hands down, is what was said in the chat. And Maul was quotable, oh, yeah. and the mocap was stunning. the the vo The voice work, the mocap, all of it was was phenomenal in in that episode. Sorry, brilliant, brilliant. Like it, it was so good. And so I would go. My first entry on this list was, I guess, my honorable mention of an arc is the uh child jedi arc oh man uh like because hondo is one of my favorite characters in all of star wars but beyond that to see hondo hondo's fascination with the jedi and it really latches into something that's deeply explored in rebels but hondo and it kind of shows you what the rest of the galaxy actually thinks of the force where it's like you have this this criminal who looks at it and goes profits like, like exactly like he goes he goes i smell profit but uh what i also feel with hondo is he looks at this this the beauty of the the force to see the weapon of a jedi crafted in person that is priceless like that was just such like it had just that that feeling you know like yeah. that or even or even the uh like okay bye lou bye bye uh, but but that was one of my favorites um to just uh as uh like honorable mention um excited to see gunji and bad batch season two but uh my my feeling is that my second favorite, like my third favorite arc is, uh, I put the Fives arc here. Yeah. The Fives arc to me. Decept no, is, no, the Deception arc. It's, um, yeah, I can't remember what they call it, it but yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's the, it, it's, well, it's the bottom line is it's the inhibitor chip episode. It's the, it, it's that one. And, uh, what I love about that 
was we really got a sense of what was actually going on. And you know how you were saying like, oh, you know, we got so attached to Ke like the Kaminoans or like or Kamino as a whole. It's like, yes, love Kamino, fuck the Kaminoans. Yeah. Like going uh like uh and it's um it's one of those things that seeing fives go through this crisis and you really feel how genius Palpatine is with this whole thing and the fact that here's fives at the end of it. Yeah. All and also just the concept of like oh one of the like everybody's pointed it out about that that arc, but my favorite thing is I love the looks that all the troopers give each other when they first hear Tup say the thing about the nightmare. The nightmare yeah. that we all have. Like it's over. They, they all know finally. It's... And 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 you just see even the Coruscant guard, who are some of the more gruesome, like uh, you know, ferocious kind of guys, they kind of have that moment of, oh fuck! They go, huh? And it's almost like the. It's that we've is never that just, spoken about it. But... Is that just me? Like, yeah, like yeah. no one actually has clearly voiced this before. It's not like they go into the break room and go, "Hey, how did you have a dream last night?" Like, yeah. it's like they don't like. like it's a dream of them, like basically taking out order 66 right so is it a dream or is it their programming running while they're asleep exactly like again i think dark side divas dived into this a little bit like very brilliantly they're where fantastic. they were talking about oh yeah and they, and they bring the emotional weight to that are you saying that if this is the case that these clones dream of war while they're asleep that they never have any sort of rest yeah. and it's like and it gives a whole emotional meaning to bad batch when you see all of that but I just, I love when, when, like, that tragedy of when Fives dies. And I love the fact that Fives' sacrifice was not in vain. And that Fives he was, was my brought back in. Clone. Oh, like, Fives was always just one of those that you that you latched onto for some reason. Yeah, he was and like so Rex. But Rex obviously has... Uh, he was like Rex, Rex without Anakin the responsibility. To, yeah, exactly. And, and Rex has kind of Anakin to push him in the sense of, like, yeah, cool, you are stern and you understand how things are, but... Um, you're going to learn like from, from me and I'm going to show you what it means to be like a great leader and seeing Fives kind of carry that with him too was always really interesting in how much he looked up to Rex um, but yeah Fives and Jesse were two very painful losses for me very painful oh well and Jesse's loss is even worse like it's a, two of the most like heartbreaking ones is Fives and, and Jesse yeah. But yeah, so so that's that's my arc go, going forward. So tell tell me what's what's the that's, next um, one. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, I I I struggle with these two because I really wanted to put, for example, the General Krell arc, which I I decided yeah. against. Um, mostly just because it is one of it's the most phenomenal some of the most phenomenal Star Wars storytelling ever. Right, it's incredible, but. There were the things that these other arcs brought to me, uh, brought for me, were just it elevated. <laughs> I, I, I like the Jesse comment in there. Jesse was just cruel. Yeah, that was Dave Filoni basically taking a knife that he already stabbed into us, saying it, going, Don't worry, it's okay, it's okay. Takes it out, stabs it back in, twists it just ever so slightly, and then just goes, Is that better? And just like and that's you know, which one was honestly even worse? Waxer. That was in the Ponkrell arc. He, oh, he, yeah. he told us, he told us it was our enemies wearing our armor, but it was you. I killed my brothers. And then he cries and he dies. It's just, 
it, again, it, it that's one of those fucking Dave Filoni. Who, like, Dave, get your cowboy cowboy hat wearing ass in here. I got a word. <laughs> like, I, I must have words. So, yeah, that does, <clears throat> that hurts a lot. But um, I felt that the Shadow Collective arc, where Mole really starts to... So this is episode yes. 1, and then episode 18, 19, and 20 of uh, Clone Wars. Because this is a four-episode arc, they just did the first episode at the start. Yeah, and the yeah, revival yeah, yeah. arc is already phenomenal. Watching Kenobi take on Mole and Savage, and really sort of bring in that sort of sorcerer vibe to show, I need to, I can't beat these guys, they're stronger than me, I need to find an opening. And when he starts, there's a moment where uh, uh, Savage has killed Artigalia, Obi-Wan has her lightsaber, runs off, and Hondo's like, hey, you can't take out both the Jedi's. And he's like, well, yeah, but I'll have to move them away from you. We'll see what happens. And then oh, and Mola You're Savage... going to face them alone? Yeah, you're crazy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hope there's another line from Honda that I love. We are pirates. We don't even know what that means. <laughs> there's, there's a line that he uses where he's like, um, they're like, coward, scum. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> um, but when Obi-Wan looks at Maul and Savage and Maul's like, you can't take us both. And everyone's like, We'll see. Right. <laughs> like, he just, just... Oh, man, this is some of the coolest action in Clone Wars ever. Um, so that revival episode is, is great. And then, obviously, you move into the Shadow Collective arc with Vizsla, the, the the Shades of Reason episode. I don't know if you know this. Did you watch these when they were coming out on TV? Or did you come back after and watch them on stream? I, I watched them on stream, like, these ones in particular. But I know what Dark Side Diva is talking about, how they aired all out of order in, like, saying how chaotic it was watching it like through the first like yeah it was a little bit but the point that i want to refer to is that these episodes were cut for content um in the shadow collective episode um there is uh, oh one... well there was supposed to be the head heads all chopped off right yep so on tv he cuts the head and then it cuts to the next scene when it came out on dvd i've actually got the dvd for season five here uh the complete season five um, we can see that in the story arcs, it's actually got, yeah, you can see here, um, da -da 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 -da, sunny day in the void, test of strength, oh, it's on page two, let me find this for you, it actually says director's cuts next to the episodes, um, no da -da -da -da. Way. so shades of reason here, we've got director's cut, you can't really see because it it's not focused, but you yeah, have but director's cut and director's yeah. cut, um, that's for the lawless and for shades of reason, oh, sorry, for, no way. Not for the the lawless. It's um, Eminence and Shades of Reason both had director's cuts. Now in Eminence, there's a shot where they go to the um, the Black Sun, and so, uh, they're like, "Oh, so you're not going to join us?" And then Maul's like, "Savage," and he throws his lightsaber, and it cuts all their heads off. When it came out on TV, or when we you know downloaded the aired version, um, you don't see the shot of their bodies standing decapitated that all fall over. That was removed. In the director's cut, again, he throws the lightsaber, calls it back to him, and then there's just a shot of the bodies standing up with no heads, and they all just collapse. Is that um, in the Disney Plus version, or is it only it is in the, on the Disney Plus version too? Okay, because it's um, like it's still just one of those things where I just I love, I both of those choices were just so bold to me, and obviously, as you're saying with the whole Mandalore arc, it's like. How do you get better than that? How do you? Yeah. How? Do, it's why I didn't even include it because I'm like, some of these are givens. I was trying to think like that, beyond. That's where I kind of struggled. I wasn't sure if I was going to put the Siege of Mandalore in there because I was like, it, like it's the best one, but like I want to pick other things. I, I want to talk I about other aspects. I could not put it. 
I could not put it put it in there. Like yeah. for me, I was because just because I'm like undeniably when you talk about the greatest clone, it this I mean obviously it's the finale, but come on, like um, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Hondo yeah, but, to Ezra, you lied to me, I knew I liked you. Some of my favorite lines are are, are like uh, from Hondo are all rebels where he got like one of them. My favorites is just the uh, is just a droid. Bring me the most expensive liquor you can find and something for my friend. And just goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just like He's it's so out good. of that or it's or it's like why would I want an old washed up old relic like you? Hey, let's leave your wife out of this. And just. Kind of, like, <laughs> Um, there's I'm one other piece kidding. I want to talk about in this in this arc because obviously you have all of the great action. Obviously, the, one of the best Clone Wars fights in in the Return of, of Palpatine and him really showing what he's made of. It closed the plot hole of why Sidious has a lightsaber when he gets thrown out the window. Yep, and in yep. a beautiful way to the point where I go, guys, are you not paying attention? Plot holes. Without plot holes, this wouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but there's one aspect I like about the, the most that I didn't really pick up on until recently, and I'm sure other people did. I'll probably say this and you'll be like, oh, yeah, duh. But for me, there's a constant theme in Star Wars that Palpatine's able to hide his darkness, right? The dark side surrounds the Chancellor, but we don't really know what that is. Um, the Jedi should have been able to pick up that he was the Sith Lord, but they couldn't. So he's able to sort of mask his identity, and this is a, an ability that he has. He arrives on Mandalore long before Maul recognizes that he's there. Maul recognizes about a second before... He comes He's into in the, the door. Room. And again, that tells me I masked my identity until the last possible moment and then said to you, announced that I'm here. And he's used that as an opportunity to throw Mole off. Like, Mole wasn't prepared for this. And had he landed, he could have been prepared. He could have run off. He could have disappeared. So many things could have happened. But Palpatine didn't give him the chance. And again, it's just, it's the mastermind. Um, and I love all of that. So, well, and just shows how powerful he is in the Force if he's at that point where he can mask it. You know, um, my two credits is a big theory on this is the arrogance of the Jedi building the temple on ancient Sith grounds where the Sith temple used to be, thus consumed by the dark side and blinded the Jedi. Um, yeah, I mean, it's actually which was a which it's was a cancel Clone Wars. It was a cancel Clone Wars arc. Was that the, like that was going to be focused on? Right? It was it was like a mention? Sure. They didn't do anything with it. Well, it, it is canon. The, um... It's confirmed in like in the comics and stuff. Now Luke went back to the temple and found the Jedi temp the Sith temple underneath and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's. I remember them talking about it in that uh, like old, it was in one of those Artor videos where he breaks down like all the stuff that was was going to be. Yeah. One of the arcs was like Ahsoka and Yoda going underneath the Jedi temple to find out that it is a Sith temple underneath there. Yeah. So it was, it was something that great call. You were going to also see it in Clone Wars if they had as long as show as they were going to. Yeah. Like, um, uh, which, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that would be my second arc. I've got the shadow collective. Um, what's yours? See, uh, I, I wanted to go with the bounty hunter arc and I couldn't, figure out which one and then i did what we were talking where i was like because i was initially going to go with the boba fett arc because that was i remember that when it was airing when it was like oh do you mean the Asad Ventress? Is the, no 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 not oh, the with mace Ventress windu. one with the mace windu one right yeah now i i decided to go again well because that was also the first time you saw bosk not like like so that was boba. kind of cool for me as being a huge fan of the the original trilogy bounty hunters being like oh we got one. Uh, but then I was hey, thinking... Hey, Bosk, who's your girlfriend? 
Oh, who's bot? Who's your girlfriend? Uh, I still think if they're gonna do, uh, if they're gonna do, um, Dengar Simon uh, in live action, action, they gotta bring Simon. They've gotta bring Simon Pegg. But uh, I, I think my favorite bounty hunter arc was the box. Was uh, that concept of bringing Cad Bane in with Obi Wan and having Obi Wan, you know, playing Reiko Hardeen was such a great thing. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I love Cad Bane so much just as a, again, uh, at just his competency yeah, is off the charts. So for me, I'm like, I look at that and I'm just like, that there's no, it, like his whole thing. And then the fact that this was a ploy to basically practice what ends up happening in Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Like it's all meant for this to happen you know like another thing i love about that arc is um when it feels like music is rubbish give me one sec when it feels <laughs> like it's done it's really not it tells the story oh, and they're yeah. like we saved everyone and then it's anakin and palpatine this is probably one of the darkest moments we see for anakin in this arc um where uh obi-wan sorry obi-wan goes to get you know turned back or whatever and anakin goes with palpatine back to the castle and Dooku's there. And yep. Anakin would have killed Dooku in that moment. Um, yep. There's a point where Dooku throws a chair at him and Anakin pulls through with his lightsaber and just pushes and pushes and he's so, so angry. Um, it's just, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and it just really plants those seeds really well. Watching Palpatine look at them fight and just... Oh, yeah. You just see the little smile and then he's like, oh, oh, no. Like, he just, he, it's like, it's just like, you fucker. Like, you yeah. just, you... Um, like, and, there's and, so much good uh, stuff in that arc um, because we get, you know, the Obi-Wan undercover stuff, the deception episode seeing how angry Anakin becomes at Obi-Wan's funeral bold Obi-Wan, mm -hmm. who we're introduced to the most beautiful man ever oh. um, <laughs> didn't you do a cursed image thing recently I with did. bald Obi-Wan I, I was like I, was I did like, one where it was why like it was like I was like I haven't even got coffee yet, Naf. Why do you have to? Why do you have to give me a haunting image? The it's six like... hottest images of Obi Wan Kenobi. And oh, then that was. It was like, why are you still here? <laughs> yeah, why are you? Still here? Um, Cad Bane's alive. I'm just gonna put that out there. I Cad Bane is alive. I I want him to be. They lingered, movie man. They lingered. They lingered. He didn't have. We saw a body. They lingered on the body, and not only that, but he has a little piece here that wasn't lit up when he was fighting, and when he died, it lit up. That, I'm telling you... Do you think... Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, yeah go, go, keep just, going with it's, yours. It's, um... What do you call it? It's like a... Like, clear thing. What do they call it? It's, keep, oh, it's keeping oh, it's him alive. It's a fibrillator. It's something that's keeping him alive. It's a backup option. I also Listen, loved how, they, um... They... In, sorry, just one last point there. Just in yeah, Bad Batch, when his hat gets removed... And he's got the metal patch here, which shows that, that the up. unproduced Boba Fett arc, um, where he shoots Cad Bane, is kind of you know quote unquote canon. And Bald yeah, Obi Wan was a jump scare. That was uh, that was a thing where I was like, I I felt with that moment, and and personally, I don't know how I feel about them making that canon off camera. Yeah, like I like I, I, that's a hill I might die on. Is that I thought that was a mistake, yep. personally, because I go that is really deep cut 
if you know your Clone Wars stuff and you've done the thing of like unproduced arcs. Yeah, there's a line um that really cemented that for me where Cad Bane's like, you know, um, I'm faster than you. Um, and he, Boba just kind of looks back at him and Tamura Morrison, he delivers this so perfectly. He's like, I'm not a boy anymore. And I <laughs> have sorry. armor. <laughs> I'm sorry. When he said that line, I was like, I know this isn't the intention. However, my dirty ass mind went <laughs> went to just the worst of places when when all of a sudden you have Cat <laughs> Cat Bane going faster than you, and then you just have Boba looking over there. You can't hurt me anymore. I'm not a boy any longer. And I was just like, oh no, Kika, don't go to these I hate places. You so much. Don't go. I hate you so don't. Much. Go. But I was like, like you, like when you said that, line, I'm sorry. It's like every time I heard that, I just kept just going. And I don't know. It's because also you're not seeing his face in that moment. So I just kept thinking about him just being like, I'm not a boy any longer. Like, just cut it. I'm like, um, I'm so sorry. No, but it's fine. But back, yeah. to what you, back to what you were saying, like, I agree. And also, I, because I just loved in that arc, the concept of him, that they were just as fast as each other, but Boba had armor. Yeah. Like, like the fact that both of them, both of them would have died if he had it. Mm. Like, you know, and, and I, it was more, I thought that that made Boba earn it. That's what I thought they were going to do in Bad Batch was we were going to see Same. that fight. I would love like, Boba to show that, up but, in, in. And, and that's my issue with like them having him having the plate in that. Like I could see them do it. It's like, I just, I wish we got that arc. Because mm. I was like, that's a perfect thing to establish for people why Boba became Kingpin. It's a perfect thing for somebody like me who didn't care about Boba Fett, but I loved Cad Bane. So if Boba killed Cad Bane, then yeah, that's the kingpin. The, only yeah, the kingpin can kill Cad right. Bane. And I'm like, I, I think that it worked in Book of Boba Fett. wasn't my favorite, but I was like, you know, listen, if he's still alive, I'm fine with it. I love Cad Bane. I will accept it. But I also like Star Wars deaths to mean something. I agree. Like, I end up in this again, it's weird like, place it, in between where, like, I don't want Cad Bane to be dead. Or else it just turns into the MCU where no death ever matters. And yeah. they're just going to come back some way or another. Yeah. So in that aspect, I want him to stay dead. But in the other aspect, I feel like there's potential here for more stories. Oh, Cad Bane's story isn't finished. That, we have, we, we have nowhere near like, enough want, Cad Bane. But I want to go, I want him to go back to, uh, like, animation. Like, have more Bad Batch with Cad Bane. Have, like, uh, I don't know, have a whole series where... Maybe they do that. I know I heard rumor that they were going to do a uh, a Crimson Dawn, uh, ser like animated series. We need Kira back on screen. On oh my god, Amelia Clark. That was the biggest miss opportunity of, of uh, like. Again, that's where I thought it was I going. That's what because well, I also said okay, well it makes sense. Like it, it almost was one of those things where it was so clear that I thought it was going to be one of those like a, uh, Sharon Carter is the power broker thing from like Falcon and Winter Soldier where it was like. We all know where this is going. And yeah. then it was going to be like, oh, yeah. Like, but I was actually disappointed that it didn't go there. Like, I know that, again, as we were talking about the other way, like, you know, obviously don't make it to your expectations, you know, yada, 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 yada. But I was also like, that would have been so cool if it did. And I and, feel like anyway, if they'd given yeah. Boba his full seven episodes, we may have gotten something like that. But the other reason why I dived into that as an opportunity, as a possibility, is that at the same time they were airing Boba Fett, they were releasing the War of the Bounty Hunters. And Kira has just yeah. been brought back into canon, and she is a major so player during the Empire era. Like, she's a major player. Um, and yeah. currently they're doing a Crimson Rain comic. Like, it, it is... They, these well, characters the mean something. Of, well, the fact that none of... 
like the the thing that ticked me off about Book of Boba Fett, and I apologize, I just felt like there was a lot of the strong, the weaker things in the Disney live live action Star Wars era are most prominent in Boba Fett, mm -hmm. and I wanted to love that show, so it broke my heart when I did. Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of that where I was like, none of the War of the Bounty Hunter stuff is important here. None of it is. Yeah. Like, I thought when they were going to go get the Mandalorian, I thought it was going to be a montage of them getting a bunch of the bounty hunters that we had seen. Yeah. It. it was going to be... We need an army. We have a Mandalorian. Exa exactly. Like, well, you got a Mandalorian, a couple of biker kids, Fennec, which is an army, by the way. Fennec like, an uh, and, but yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a really great one. But moving off of that, uh, what's what's the next one for you? Like Box, uh, moving into our arc. final. The deception arc Which was one? my number one. The one we were just talking about. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. Like that's my favorite arc, I, and and one of my favorite things about it too is um, the costume for Rako Hardin is based on Boba Fett concept art, and I yeah. have a statue of that Ralph McQuarrie Boba Fett concept art. I'll send you a picture oh. later. Um, Please. And now when I look at that statue, I don't just see Boba Fett, I see Reiko Hardin. I have a Reiko Hardin statue. It's fucking awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so so that that's me. That's that's my truth. Well, and, well, and funny, funny thing was that you mentioned the other one that I had, which was Siege of Mandalore. It is perfect. Uh, I would argue that my favorite Clone Wars episode is is the is the like uh, the Phantom Phantom Apprentice. Uh, yeah, Phantom Apprentice. Uh, and then it was after that it was shattered, and then um, and then it was the uh, the first one, and then it was the finale. But all of it's like good, yeah. It all of it's like S tier, exactly. Star Wars. You're talking like ten out like, of tens, and like nine point nine 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 nines, and nine point nine 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 eight. It's I have never felt that Clone Wars have been more at its peak than that like obviously like the bad batch entrance is great and things like that and that's an honorable mention but to me i'm more like again as we talked about bad batch still i rewatch those arcs and i'm like they're not as interesting here yeah they're, they're just fun, fun. Yeah. and i the the entrance is my fit is one of my new favorite star wars moments because it's the entrance of the characters that i now love more than life like it's but nonetheless those are mine and i think that Obviously, there's so many we didn't talk about. We'll have to revisit it again. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, this was phenomenal. Uh, another obviously, four guys, and a half hours. Another again. Well, we need we to figure out a way learn. to slow these down. <laughs> Absolutely. So, anyway, guys, you can catch us next weekend, same time, same thing. We're going to be working with a uh, spooky Bree. We're talking with her about what she wants to talk about. Uh, setting that up, and yeah, just keep an eye on everything with us, and you know, just uh obviously like you know where to find us and... yeah absolutely so i'm just putting movie man's um stuff into uh whoops uh movie man there we go so we've got his details in the chat which you guys can have a look at as well and obviously mine will show up as well you've got that link there um so yeah like we were saying obviously thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us for four and a half hours i know some of you've been here the whole time we genuinely really appreciate it love talking star wars with you guys and obviously with lot. each other um as always movie man we absolutely killed it absolutely we do um, we're great yeah i mean we'll, we'll work on ways to like try and really stick to the you know like two-ish really solid hours of stuff and i think that that'll be like really great for people that are listening live too um but especially early on i'm having a fantastic time covering everything with you it's been fantastic yeah and thank you guys and obviously thank you to you guys who stay, stay for us and uh to also just 
help us, you know, get, tell us what you like and what's because this is such a phenomenal thing for us to do. We love doing it. And but obviously we're still new. So we're working the kinks out. And thank you guys for being some of the first to help us know what we're doing right, which yeah. is uh, phenomenal. And hopefully, like, it'll only continue to get better. So we love really glad you, you enjoyed guys. it, too. We, you guys are gonna love Spooky Bree. Like, uh, if follow her stuff on also YouTube and uh, Instagram, uh, as well as uh, TikTok. Uh, she's really great. Uh, loves Bad Batch. Loves that stuff. Uh, also a writer in the film industry, trying to do uh, stuff there. So she's fantastic. And obviously, we'll see you guys next weekend. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, again, we'll catch you on the flip side.